welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fickner Podcast. How's it going? Um, I'm Brandon C. McClure. With me, as always, is Ben Magnet. Hi. Ryan Eliopoulos. <laughs> How's it going? And Sparks Witty. Hi, I'm back. We're back wow! gathered again in the same room. In person, look at this. I know. It's been a while. Because the camera's live. So yes, nice. Back. And you guys are still getting to see this. Back again. All we're, the time. We're all older, right. we're wiser. Yes. I don't know if I'm any wiser. If I'm I mean, honest. I'm certainly one of those things. I am also definitely one of those things. I, I am also absolutely one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get older. What are you talking about? Every day is a new age. I did. Um, What's my age again? <laughs> I'm 31 now. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome. What's my age again? What's my what's that song? What's my age again? What's my age again? Like what age you? Right. No. Okay. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a flashy intro, but we're talking about the Spider-Man movies today. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. This c- this starts uh, the only three episodes of the Pickner Podcast in December. We're doing three episodes of Spider-Man: Spider-Man the Raimi McGuire years, Spider-Man the Web Garfield years, and Spider-Man No Way and, Home. And really, the honestly, I just want to thank theaters and movie change and studios for not putting things on these weekends so we had the opportunity to do this. Seriously. <laughs> we were like, you know what? There isn't anything we have to talk about. Let's talk about the Spider-Man movies. We, we don't have want, time. We don't want to talk about West Side Story. Thank you for not making us cram these into a single episode. Yes. Good Thank Lord. Yeah, that was sucks. Uh, to be fair, I do want to see West Side Story. I mean, yeah. But, but not more than I want to talk about the Spider-Man I don't want to talk about it on the show. No, no, no. I'm good. No, that's between me and Steven. Um, Spielberg. We don't need to talk about every movie. But it's been it's been a couple weeks <coughs> since yeah, we were off the air. Yep. So we have some links in the description, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Me saying so. I mind. Well, you can suck my... No. No. Oh. <laughs> 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 this is a family show. Hi, what, Mag. Four, four minutes and we're in the toilet. Hi, Mag. Uh, Mag says, just indie movies. Yes, just indie movies <laughs> this couple <laughs> weeks. All right. We do have some links in the description. Um, we have two Fake Nerds Watches. I started my Fake Nerds Watch series with Michael Carls from the Die Nerd Podcast. We're going through season four of Star Trek Discovery. Woo! There are two episodes of that up right now. Engage. Um, uh, so, yeah, enjoy the first two episodes. Enjoy. Kobayashi Maru and Anomaly. You can't beat that test. I think uh, those two episodes were good. And I really can't wait to talk about the latest episode because it wasn't. Ooh. Ooh. It's tough talking about something that's just kind of like, okay. That that's why they're my least favorite things in the world are okay things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's Star Trek, so I'm watching a Star Trek show. Um, yeah, yeah, I won't talk. Actually, I won't talk about it at all here. Um, <clears throat> go check those out. They're a lot of fun. I really like talking to Michael. There's a show for that. Hell yeah. yeah. Ryan, you did a downright annoyed just earlier today. Nani? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's on a movie called Hush by Mike Flanagan. It came out in 2016. It's about a deaf lady in the forest living alone, and she gets a she gets a burglarized, and how does she handle herself? It's real cool. Uh, man, Mike Flanagan, he is the if Ari Esther made more movies, I would say this, but he doesn't. Mike Flanagan is the best like horror director right now. He's every single thing he's made is fantastic. Uh, Midnight Mass is like like my favorite thing of the year, I think, uh, and, and that's like I think the best thing he's ever made. Uh, he's just exceptional, and every new thing he comes out with, I'm like I can't wait to see it. He's, he's just he's mwah. he's uh, riding that comfortable line between like the mainstream and the indie horror space. Yeah. like he's he's dabbling in both. Yeah, he made a sequel to The Shining, and it's really good. Yeah. Some would say he's the Christopher Nolan of horror movies. Ooh. I wouldn't say that. I would never say that. I remember the, the there's like Christopher Nolan rides the line between art house and blockbuster. And oh, like, no, he just oh I see why you're saying it now. Okay, okay, okay that's fair. Yeah. No, he's just he's just he's the best. He's, I think he's Matt the best Flanagan at, has a lot more to say than Chris Nolan. Yeah. That's true. Uh, he's the best at like doing Stephen King shit. Like like he his influence of Stephen King is so there and like everything he does and like <laughs> he he is like 
he's like the next best Stephen King. Like if he did his own like original shit, which he does. Like if he keeps doing more of it, he's like the next generation Stephen King. Like he's yeah. so good, man. He's so good. He's doing no Scott Derrickson. Sorry. Black, yeah, yeah. Black phone. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, Ben. Yeah. You have two things in the description. Oh, um, you do. were on an episode of Synth Spaces this week. Yep, that's uh, one of my uh, buddies down from Australia. He was also a, a guest oh, yeah. of mine on Base Arcade Pause Menu, and he has his own show, and this was one time I was actually able to be on it because when he normally records it, I'm at work. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was really cool to be on his show. I've listened to it. I've listened to a few of his episodes. I'm like, man, I really want to be on a show. This is a bummer I normally it's, miss out on. It's really funny you say that because, like, generally the normal populace would also say, I'm asleep when he records <laughs> yeah. the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but, uh, that's your work hours. There is, so I have the Twitch link and the YouTube link in the description uh, for those of you who want to check out Twitch, I guess. Um, and you have an OSG article. Mm-hmm. That I do. It's a, So obviously the pandemic's winding down. And, um, is it? <laughs> Kinda a there, little bit. There's a new variant out there. I Depends heard. Depends on who you talk to. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> either, either, okay. Let me rephrase. Stores are opening up. There you if go. they haven't been open already, mm. and people are going out and to buy things, it's the holiday season. But <laughs> as we have seen, a lot of collectibles that we enjoy over pandemic have gone up at price. I.e. retro toilet video paper. games. Oh, sorry. That. <laughs> you don't collect toilet paper? No, I do not collect toilet paper. You're missing out, man. Oh boy. So it's pretty much a little, um, it's an article about buying retro games post the pandemic and because things have gone up in price and you, and people say like, Ryan, you, you mentioned to me about that game I got at GameStop that I got bought for $14. I, I keep checking eBay and sometimes price charting. The price is still in the hundreds and I'm still looking at this like, what the damn hell? So yeah. well, oh no. So you got, so if you're a, a retro video game collector, be careful out there. And go to GameStop apparently. And I have a link in the description. Um, I wrote an article, a listicle, um, I should say, of all the live-action Spider-Man villains from the Sam Raimi films on uh, and where their movies left them. Mm. So a little bit of a refresher if you don't want to do what we did, in which case, which is watch five to seven Spider-Man movies. But you should. But you should. Um, I, I'll tell some behind-the-scenes stuff about it. I actually got one entry wrong when it was first published. Oh, Brandon. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and I wrongly remembered that the lizard died at the end of The Amazing Spider-Man. Did you tisk, tisk. You did do the just research it? I researched everything else, but I was so confident in my Brandon, knowledge of well, The Amazing Spider-Man. Learn. This is how you learn. This is how you learn. This how, is how, could you learn. You, how could you Wait. forget the important Sinister Six setup scenes where the guy in the the man in the hat visits See, him I while he's in prison? I forgot about that oh. in The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, so like, mm. but so I was watching the Amazing Spider-Man. This was like an hour after the article was published. Um, and so I was watching the the I was watching the movie and I was like Oh shit, he's not dead. Yeah. Oh crap. Well, that's why you can't shortcut. Oh no. Things. Oh no. Yeah. Retraction. Retraction. <laughs> we haven't retracted um, in twenty years. We uh, we uh, we were able to correct that with a quick sentence change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you know, there you go. Um, I had I had a really fun time writing it. Honestly, um, outside of the lizard, I researched a lot of stuff and it got me really excited to rewatch the movies, which I've done now, um, which is why we're here. Um, so yeah, that's in the description below if you want to check that out. Um, that's that. That's all the links. Beautiful. Who wants to go first? There, I'll go Please. first. Do it. I played Halo and I watched some Spider-Man movies. Go. Cool. I'll I want to get through this week because we have a lot to talk about and everyone else has a lot of things to talk about. So go. All right, I'll go next. Uh, I played a lot of Pokemon. Pokemon's awesome. I watched the Spider-Man movies. That's great. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I played Pokemon and also I did other stuff. Okay. I want to hear what Sparks do. Uh, okay. Uh, it's kind of impossible for me to talk about my time without talking about why I haven't been around. Absolutely. But, which we, we've addressed if you've been around on the podcast like it came up, but um, my dad did um, pass away way sooner than we thought he was going to, unfortunately, from 
from the cancer and um that happened just before thanksgiving and so that was really hard and i was with my family so there was a lot of you know like i did pop culture stuff and i did consume a lot of things um in this span that i haven't been around which is a long time um just uh as distraction um before I talk about my week, I guess I just want to take a moment and just say that um, I thought a bit about like what I kind of wanted to say something about my dad uh, on the podcast, and I thought about what I wanted to say, and um, I think the main thing is that I thought a lot about that my dad is is the core of where my passion for movies came from. Uh, he's the person who brought Turner Classic Movies into my life. He's the person who... Uh, was so excited to share films with me. He had me watch movies, maybe before I should have seen them, but um, a lot of my fondest memories with my dad are tied to him sharing something that he saw value in in film uh, with me and um, us finding a common interest with certain types of films and, and even in our our different opinions about them, uh, recognizing a enjoyment and appreciation that is similar so a lot of what I love about film and why my range for them is so vast comes from him and uh, I will always be grateful to my dad for that uh it's the same with my dad yeah, yeah. um and I thought specifically because we're talking about the Spider-Man films I remembered how giddy my dad was for me to open a birthday gift um the year that Spider-Man came out on DVD, bro, because my, because it was a DVD player and Spider-Man all in one thing, I and uh, and like thing, he yeah. he was like, you gotta open it, you gotta open it like soon. He was he was so excited for me to be able to watch that movie at home and and me to have access to like DVDs now, and he because he knew how much I cared about it, and I remember my dad having that and watching it with me when we got it, it all plugged in and everything, and um. I'm gonna miss him, guys. That's that's really all it comes down to. Uh, if you don't mind, Mag, just says my condolences. Thanks, Mag. Thanks, Mag. Thanks, anyway, um, there's a lot of things. Uh, only a few do I want to spend a lot of time on. So, um, we're just gonna go through. Cowboy Bebop. I watched a little bit more of the anime. Um, I was watching some episodes with mom. It was just kind of a thing we were able to do. I'm not done with it, but I did it. I've read some Venom comics. Catching up on Venom. That's cool. Nice. Uh. We watched Enchanted at one point. That's a great movie, guys. Enchanted's like the best Hallmark movie script. I'm really excited <laughs> Honestly, for, that, for that sequel. Disney's oh, yeah. Enchanted, I realized while we were watching, is the perfect Hallmark movie script. Uh, yeah, I am also excited for that sequel. I watched Scream 2 again. Um, Scream 2's great. I watched Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 again to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. I hadn't seen Ghostbusters 2 in a long time. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters the original is cool. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife... I thought it was okay. This is this all right. Uh, I don't need to get into it. You guys did a great job reviewing it. Um, I was not as positive. I, I'm fine with it. I agree about the girl. She's great. Uh, I read Department of Truth. That was great. Hell yeah, baby. Thank you for picking that. I, I want to read more. I really I just that. found issue 13. I'm like, cool. I got to find the seven other issues I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, Supergirl ended. I saw it. It was pretty good. It wasn't incredible, but it was pretty good. Um, was it super? Okay, so uh, the cool thing is that the the emotional arc of the show is put a button on it by the final moments of the show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the last half of the last episode is all about Cat Grant helping Kara to recognize that she's struggling to uh, find balance and happiness in herself. OG? OG? Yeah, OG Cat Calista Grant. Flockhart? Yes, nice. she comes back for the last episode. Good. Wow, yeah. awesome. Um, and she reveals to Kara that she knows she's Supergirl. Um, and because Kara's saying like, I don't feel Kara had stepped away from the paper at this point um, because she felt like she was being split between two and not being good at being either. Um, and Kara reaches a point where she's like, there's just no value in lying anymore about it. Like I need to be, if, if I'm going to be happy, I have to be my whole self. So Kara at the, at the end of this series, spoilers, sorry if you haven't watched it um, or you care, uh, Kara reveals herself as Supergirl to nice. the world um, in an interview with Cat Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was actually a really powerful decision to make uh, for the character and, like, the whole arc of the thing being... And it was... They did tease it very well. There's this whole thing where, like, seven episodes before, there's they're having to do these trials to get these totems that are the special things that Lex and the other villain, Nixley, are going after. And one is the Courage Totem. And... Kara is taken back to the very first day that she saved that airplane in the first episode and became Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And she goes through the trial like three times and every time she fails and she doesn't understand why she keeps failing the courage trial. And at the end, she looks back on it and she's like, I think it's because I chose to hide behind Supergirl that day mm-hmm. rather than be myself. Um, really interesting way to take it. I-, I thought that was cool. Batwoman's the best it's been. That's- Batwoman's real strong. Batwoman's-, cool. Batwoman's pretty good. It's good to know that the bounce back. Yeah, I think I think now that they are completely free of the Kate Kane stuff and able to do their own thing, it's and and post pandemic, like post the hardest part of the pandemic, uh, they're doing much better. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Legends is great. Legends continues to be great. Uh, nothing more to say about that. Uh, I watched the first, just the first episode of the Flash event that's going on uh, Armageddon. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, I I do find it interesting that we're doing like this five episode event and then the rest of the Flash episodes for the season won't air until like months from now. So that's cool. That's weird. Uh, I watched the first two seasons of a show where now I praise a character. Hold on. Sorry. I think I was just doing something. Yeah. Queen Bumpy. Um, Camp Cretaceous. I watched the Jurassic world Camp Cretaceous show, uh, with family while we were there. That's, it was something that I put on, on kind of a whim and then we all ended up watching it together. Um, good show. Uh, not great show. Good show. Uh, Sometimes great show. Sometimes okay show. Uh, the kids are... I want the kids to be more like people than like children's show kids mm. sometimes. Uh, I think the best example of this is like every time they're in a dire situation, and I do mean every single time, that they are in a dire situation and it looks like, maybe they haven't even successfully done it, but it looks like they probably have successfully handled the situation or gotten away or whatever it is, they immediately all cheer and applause each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it'll go wrong again, they'll do the thing, they will resolve it eventually, and they'll cheers and applause each other again, sometimes three times before a thing, is, and I'm like, Why? this is some bad children's show bullshit. Like, these are not people. Like, yeah. they, just, they just barely escaped death. This is not uh there's also like some candidness that just doesn't work for me when i'm like like i know we didn't see the gore but they did just watch a man get eaten alive by a dinosaur like i don't think that this is exactly the kind of jokey joke attitude they would have and i that's that's really where i think the show like rubs the hardest against me is just this it is the problem of it being a children's show where i'm like i want to believe this is in the world of these films but sometimes they do some bullshit that's just so like no way 
<laughs> right. Like you can't you can't be this cavalier about some of the stuff you're doing here. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, Bumpy is an ankylosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that imprints on one of the kids, and then when it's fully grown, it becomes kind of their pet. Yep. And guardian, and she's wonderful. She is wonderful. I love her. I would die for Bumpy. Queen Bumpy. Um. Yeah. There's one character in particular who has like an atrocious accent problem that is rough. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 Uh. But wait, wait, I want to say, I'm actually really glad you started watching it. I I thought you might enjoy it, and I'm glad you did. I do. Um, I think there's some really neat stuff. I, I will, like, shout out, like, a particular moment I told Ryan about that I think is really cool. Is like, they get to show things, like, after the events of Jurassic World. Oh, th- like, the the vet area for the dinosaurs, where they had to be kept in cages so they could nurse them back to health. They just got abandoned. So these kids come upon them, and they're like, well, we got we to gotta let these dinos out of the cages. Um, I think the things like that, the way they're thinking about how the island operates and the things they find is cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's, there is like really genuinely cool, interesting stuff going on in that show. Uh, Daredevil. I had my mom start watching it. So I watched two episodes of Daredevil, the first two episodes again. And that show's great. I'm so pumped. I, I don't know. You know, we just felt like watching some Daredevil, I guess, for no particular reason whatsoever. Why (laughs) ever, why ever would you think so? Yeah, I'm real glad that she's watching it. She's liking it. Um. Daredevil, good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Uh, I watched Muppets Haunted Mansion. I do kind of want to talk about this because basically what I was concerned about in the trailer was 100%, 1,000% true about the special, which is that it's fun. There's some good Muppet humor in it, but the whole thing is filmed in front of green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. all of the Haunted Mansion is recreated, not through sets, but through green screen. And I get it because it is cheaper to film people working with the Muppets and having to operate them if you can just hold them up in front of a green screen rather than like building sets for them. Right. I do get that, but it makes the whole thing behind them look so flat and like they're playing everything very like directionally flat. Um and I like there's an occasional moment where you get like a real background, but it's so rare. That uh, sucks. The performances are pretty good. There's good stuff in it. It is it does have its good humor in it. Um but it just Low effort, like seems low effort. It uh, only in like, only in like the the broader production sense. Not in like the the Muppet writing is more or less there. Mm-hmm. It's just that it it doesn't sing because they're not able to connect to the environment. Like it just it it does feel like something that they just filmed be- because they could. Like there's so many of the guest stars like are not in the same room as the Muppets because they're filming during a pandemic and they're in front of a green screen and you can tell because it's already all green screened and it's like. It just hurts it. Um, it's just visually, like, kind of visually, li- like, one of, overall, one of the most boring Muppets things I've ever watched. Oh. Because there's just because there's just not a lot they're able to do with the environment, so it's all just, like, shtick. It's all word shtick. Right. There's very little physical comedy with the Muppets. Some, <laughs> but not much. Mm-hmm. You good? <laughs> I hope so. Caught her in time? Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it it was a bummer. Um, I I hope that this is just a kind of like because of the pandemic, because of this moment, what it is. Uh, I hope that is not the way they make Muppet stuff going forward because it's it's not ideal, guys. I do recommend like watching it if like you have a passion for the Muppets. It it is a better product, I think, in writing and Muppets representation than those episodes of Muppets Now, at least those first ones that we watched. But it's not uh. It's not the direction I necessarily want the Muppets to be in right now. 
Right. Um, that, that green screen scott really killed me. Maybe that was just like they need to rush it up for because it's a pandemic thing. That's what like. I'm thinking, and yeah. I'm hoping that that's the case. Uh, yeah, they they need they need to be able to interact with their environments. They they could so little phys- physical humor could be done. Mm-hmm. It was a bummer. Um, <sighs> Dragon Ball Super, a new chapter came out. I read it. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Vegeta's written so good, guys. He's great. <laughs> oh my god, uh, he's awesome. I love Vegeta. The best. Same. So, Dragon Ball Super is real good. Um, Scream 3, I watched it. Uh, I was watching that with a friend, so we're getting him all caught up for the new Scrum. Five Cream. Yeah. Uh, Scream 3 is cool. Gilda. You don't like Scream 3? No, I'm Emma's climbing boxes. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, Gilda. Gilda's a really, uh, it's an old movie with um, Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, real good. A uh, friend showed it to me while we were, uh, up there in Monterey, I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a cool classic film. Um, there's a lot of neat stuff in it. I, I don't want to talk too much about, it, but like if you haven't watched Gilda and you like classic films, go watch Gilda. Um, I played some board games because I bought some board games. I played one called Horrified. Huh. Y'all y'all are gonna want to play it. You fight the Universal monsters. It's great. It's really great, and it's really easy to pick up, and you can play with up to five people, and you can also play by yourself. It's, I'm into it. It's fun. I love those it's guys. It's a good time. It's basically like um, like you're playing against an invisible dungeon master. Mm. Oh, that's cool. For the monsters, yeah. Um, Gargoyles Awakening. I also got that board game. That's pretty cool. They have- I saw that on your table. Yeah. They have uh, episode scenarios. So Gargoyles like the show? Yeah, Gargoyles, mm-hmm. the Disney an- the Disney animated show. You have like progressional episodes arcs that you play through, Cute. and you like play through like movement is based around like you can if you're a gargoyle you can like glide to travel a different way, or if you're traveling usual spaces, it's neat. That's cool. I also got Scooby Doo Betrayal at Mystery Mansion. Yeah, is that like Betrayal? At- yes, it's Betrayal at House on the Hill. At- yeah, it's that it's that <laughs> game, but uh, Scooby Doo. That's cool. And it's all based off like Scooby Doo stuff, including Zombie Island, That's classic episodes, all these different arcs. It, it's a good time. Um, it's a little broken because the monsters almost always seem to win, even on the easiest setting. Sounds good. To me. But um, uh, I I still am enjoying it, and I want to put more time into playing it. Uh, we watched Hawkeye. We recorded a thing about it. You'll see it soon. Up soon. Uh. I played Halo also. That game feels pretty good. I got to get better at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. I watched it. Same. Because I wanted to. That's a good movie, guys. Can't imagine why I did that. Okay. And the last thing is today we watched Aquaman Chapter 2 Primordius, which is the animated Aquaman specials on HBO Max. Actually, it goes, Aquaman, King of Atlantis, Chapter 2 Primordius. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, this show's so good. That was really fun. I really enjoyed that. I am looking forward to watching the third one. I probably watched the last half of it. Half of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say three quarters. The last three quarters. Very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Need to go back and watch that show. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend, especially because it's like it's just three forty-five minute specials. I think they're worth it. Uh, and that's it. That is it. I'm done. Beautiful. Cool. I guess my turn. Um, I guess so. I watched the movie Clifford the Big Red Dog. So does it answer the question that's been plaguing us all since this is movie's inception? Is it a kaiju? Is it a kaiju? No. Okay. I don't care. Yes. Um, uh, it's a cute little kids movie. Um, Clifford's real cute. Sure is. Um, Ghostbusters is also a kaiju movie. Yes. Sure. The first one is yeah. First one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Statue of Liberty kaiju. Mm-mm. No. Stay That's puff. a mech. That's a mech. That's You're a right. Mech. People are inside of it. You're yep. right. 
Ratatouille. All right. I w- it's, uh, we, we weren't on for Thanksgiving, so f- on Thanksgiving I watched Knives Out, which I think is the perfect Thanksgiving movie because it's about a family who doesn't want to be there. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Au contraire. I mean, I uh, that's pretty good, I, I, I admit. But I will also, related to this episode, we're going to have a whole discussion about how Spider-Man is actually the best Thanksgiving <laughs> movie I ever. I also watched Spider-Man on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will concede. Um, but Knives Out is an incredible movie. Um, I uh, adore that movie. I cannot mm. wait for the sequels. Um, Knives in. Give us give us that trailer, Ryan Johnson. I know you're sitting on it. Um, <laughs> He's shitting all over it. Meg, still kaiju. <laughs> Clifford. Um, okay, I'll allow it. Um, I watched. So you guys recall a couple? Like I think might have been this year, but it might have been last year. Um, I watched the Ruin Kenshin trilogy. Yeah, the live action Ruin Kenshin trilogy from Japan. Um, they made two more last. This year, actually. They made two more at the same time. One called Roni Kenshin Part 1, The Final, and Roni Kenshin Part 2, The Beginning. Uh, they filmed them at the same time because one is a prequel to the first movie, and then the second one, and then the final is the, sequ- is the, is the sequel to the third movie. Um, so I watched Roni Kenshin Part 1, The Final. Did you catch all that? The final came out before the beginning. You watched the last one. I get it. But the first one I'm supposed to watch, because then you're supposed to watch The Beginning, because it's Part 2, The Beginning. No. <laughs> Whatever's chronological, whatever would chronological order. Um, so I watched Ronan Kenshin Part One, the final. Um, I really liked that trilogy. I thought it was a really fun trilogy with some really cool action. I found this one to be mostly dull, Aww. and I was really bummed about that because of how much I liked the, the first three. They. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm still trying to figure out where this takes place in the Kenshin. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> so the, so the part one. His brother-in-law. Okay, yeah. Right, and this yeah, is him. Jonathan Kench. And this is him getting the scar, right? The beginning is the is how he got the scar. Got, so we okay, see the I wedding. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Cool. So, the, so for those of you who don't know, the beginning the the beginning chronicles the story of how he got his cross shaped scar. Mm. Um, what he was Hitokiri Batose. And then in the 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 <laughs> final is this before Rambo first blood or part two? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final um, is is uh, basically about the the brother in law. Uh, of the of, of his wife that he killed coming back to kill him and everyone he loves revenge so that's and so it's the final arc of Rona Kenshin um mostly like i said pretty dull um it deals a lot there's a lot of there's not a lot of action in it um and the talking scenes are not well written um but i almost turned it off Ooh. and then an hour away from the ending it just became a long fight scene nice and i was like ah shit all right, I'll keep watching. That's <laughs> where all the fun and budget went. It's just that last hour. Yeah. And so, like, wh- one of my fa- it gave my favorite character, who's the cop with the the, the sword, the samurai cop. Yeah, samurai oh cop. yeah, I know samurai exactly. cop. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, they actually do stuff for him. He he gets an action scene in the final movie. And in I was the like, manga, Hell yeah! In this in this era of the of the war or the revolu- of the, of Japan's war where they're fighting, he doesn't. He's just mentioned. He's just like there. He is. That's what he's doing. And then they never go because yeah, it's all about Kenshin and stuff. He has. He, so he he has. He hasn't really gotten a lot to do. Oh, he Jonathan. had a he had a small he had a small fight with with uh, with Kenshin in the first movie. His but, name's not Roroni. No, I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so he, um, but and it looks like he dies in the movie, and I was really bummed. I was like, man, they killed my favorite character. But it turns out they didn't. They just killed someone who looked a lot like him, oh, um, that. and dressed like him, oh, and was supposed to be him before they changed their mind. Um, and so like he comes in and he does mm. this action sequence, and I'm like, hell yeah, that's awesome. And then there's some really cool action sequences. Some bad guys come back from the first movie, teaming up with Kenshin. Like all the people are like, we're gonna save the. Da, da, da. I'm like, hell yeah, this is my jam. It was really cool. I love it. I'm glad. Really enjoyed that. I'm glad the last hour saved it. 
Seriously. Uh, rewatch The Mitchells vs. the Machines. I think that movie rules. It does. Um, True I, facts. It's coming out on Blu-ray soon, and I'm very excited. Sick-ass Blu-ray. Yeah, it is. Um, and I got really inspired. I was like, I want to rewatch my favorite movie of the year, and it still is. That is a fantastic film. Let the dark office begin. <laughs> um, I'll say this one next. I'll skip one. I watched Last Night in Soho. And then I watched... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Last Night in Soho is an interesting movie. Um, Ryan, you alluded to, to having heard some not-so-great things about it. Well, I just I was just shocked because, like... It's Edgar Wright. It's Edgar Wright. And it's like, it's like I guess... Every Edgar Wright usually has all bangers. Yeah, and like this one, it's like, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. tone deaf. I've heard... I've heard... I heard like it's not even like the movie itself. It's like like the material and how it's handled. I'm yeah. Like, oh, this feels like. I won't spoil yeah, yeah, yeah. what it is, um, but I do think it was it was tone deaf. Um, I think it's very well shot. I love the ghost designs, um, and I really like uh, Thomas and Mc- Thomas and Mackenzie. I think is her name. Um, she's from Jojo Rabbit. She's and she's in this. I think she's excellent. Um, when Matt Smith showed up on screen, I was like, oh right, I remember the Doctor. Um, no, don't you mean Skynet? I have to remember the doctor. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, see it make up your own mind. I, I it was a little triggering for Zara too, so I also made it a little uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I watched Pirates of the Caribbean three, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Don't you have to see the first two? I have seen the first two. Oh, okay, good. I've been kind of watching them off and on for the past oh, six months. I like didn't even. I don't know why I didn't write this down. I saw Encanto. My bad. Oh, you did. I did. Uh, that was that was. That's a really good Disney movie, guys. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Encanto. The only thing I really want to tell you about it is um, it's another one of the experiences, kind of like uh, Raya when we watched it, where there's no there's no real villain. You know, it's conflict through like life, uh, and not there is no dastardly manipulative bad person. It's it's just was conflict Raya? and trauma. Was Raya and this trouble. year? Raya was earlier this year. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Man. Um, but yeah, Encanto. Uh, it it is tied to um, real events uh, to to like you know real magical people. Real, no 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 the the where why the family is where they are is tied to like the brutality that was committed of a massacre oh, through Colombia that mm-hmm. was going on at the time. It, it, that is a real historical thing that they're playing off of, and that that generational trauma and how it affects down through the family is kind of at the core of what's happening in the film, mm-hmm. and I think that's executed very well. Um, the songs are pretty good overall. The performances are great. Uh, you got Diane Guerrero from Doom um, Patrol. She can sing. She's good. Hell yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. That's cool. Excuse me, I had a burp coming up. Uh, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, so I recommend, like, you know, if you had a passing interest but didn't get out to see it, get out to see it. That's beautiful. awesome. Beautiful. I really want to see it. I played Spider Man Two for the PS Two as the Shocker. I did. I saw some clips of that on your mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man? Spider-Man, sorry. Spider-Man yeah. for the PS2. I was like, Green Goblin's in that, so that's not Spider-Man 2. That's true. <laughs> um, so I watched Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Uh, for the past like couple months, I've been watching them. Pirates of the Caribbean 1, 2. And then um, I was home for uh, last weekend um, for a similar, for a related re- reason. Um, that Sparks was off for a couple weeks. But mm-hmm. I was like, I need something to fall asleep to. And then I watched two, hour, two and a half hours of Pirates of the Caribbean. Because I think Pirates of the Caribbean 3 rules. I'm, uh, I'm glad you do. I think it's amazing. It's so overly convoluted, so bold and beautiful and weird and just so 
kooky that I just can't fall can't help but fall in love with it. And Will and Elizabeth, I'm this can sound really weird. I miss when blockbusters were horny because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I I love just the sexual tension of of the will they won't they of Elizabeth and 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 will and they know they're gonna end up together, but for some reason they don't. Um, and then the, of course the wedding. And the maelstrom, I think, is just so cool. Mm-hmm. There's things in that movie that are just like I don't, be- I don't believe. There's a, a ship gets toppled upside down, and the water rises, and then they're just like back in the living world. And I think the movie is really cool. Um, that's my five minute rant on why I love Pirates of the Caribbean three. I'm I'm happy for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, man. David Jones also holds up so well. I that's agree. true. And the that's why Dave, that's why the second one is my favorite movie. <laughs> and the uh, um, the bootstrap Bill Turner, uh, mostly prosthetics work on him mm-hmm. is very good. I always forget how good some of that prosthetics work is, and some of the CGI is for the fish people. Jocks. I don't. Barrah. I don't want to start a whole thing about it. We don't. But we um, <laughs> but the only thing in that world's end that like I think it bothered me from when I saw it. It has only bothered me more with time. Is just the even even further like as you get further away from it like it gets even worse like the mishandling of the calypso Teodalma character mm. oh, yeah. oh, sure. is really hard for me to get over yeah. i think it's just sloppy and bad big and, crab god lady uh and and like the the dismissiveness of of the prominent black female character forced, I released you from your forced into antagonist witch role mm. uh, yeah, then just she shoehorned in is just not good um so no, that that I don't have any opinion on that. I I don't. Uh, I agree. I honestly. think it's. I, I I say it only because I think it's. I think it is the coarse thing. Like a lot of things you say about it, I'm like, man, those things are good in that movie. And then I remember that's the thing that really yeah. just like pisses me off. Is uh, it's got a lot of really great elements in it. Hundred percent. I just. I just love that movie so much. You you are allowed. Uh, it, that's that is that is why it's my favorite movie of the three. Um. That oh. first one's a classic, but that third one, man, I just, I just, it's big smile on my face the whole time I'm watching it. Everybody's entitled to feel the way they do about art. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. It's do okay. You're gonna do the same thing to me next week. It's good. It's all good. Oh, I think we'll actually be a little on each other's side next week. <gasps> You've changed. You haven't watched it yet. Who knows how you're actually? Not that well. I, not that much. I just, I may agree with you on some things now. Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay. I didn't. I, I watched Hawkeye, but I, but before Hawkeye came out, I remembered to myself. I made a promise. I was like, I need to read the Fraction Hawkeye run. So I was like, I'm. I'm. I should do that. Hawkeye's coming out in two days. Crap. So I read it in two days. Um, I read the entire. Uh, I have the Omnibus, which collects young, a Young Avengers issue and the annual, uh, plus all twenty-two issues. Uh, incredible series. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Believe the hype. Yep. Um, I really. I thought it was super cool and inventive and unique, unlike anything I've, I've read before. Um, really, really loved it. Can you see why, back in 2012, why we like we wish Jamie Renner was like this for a decade? Yeah, sure, I can see that. Yeah, because like <laughs> that book is so incredible. Yeah, that book's really good. Yeah. Um, I love the tracksuit mafia. Uh, tracksuit Dracula's in the comic. Tracksuit Dracula. I wish they would call him Dracula's, but they can't. I I am also currently reading Hawkeye. Nice. I'll, I will say. Um, and I also read Step on Cedric's new book, Fine Print, um, which is which was promoted as being more risque than Sunstone. I don't believe it, um, but it's about succubi and incubi and kind of love thing. And so it's a cor- Step on Cedric book. It's a Step on Cedric book. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful book. It's very mytho- mythologi- mythology heavy because um, he loves playing uh, uh, playing with mythology. Um, 
yeah, it's, a, it's another step on Cedric book that I really like. Um, and then I watched, well, uh, then I listened to some music. I watched this old band uh, from the 80s. I don't know if you guys heard of it, Star Lord. So I've been meaning to talk about this for a while, but I've been wanting to shout out um, that the Guardians of the Galaxy video game released the album mm-hmm. um, Space Riders uh, that Star Lord loves in that in that video game, and it's awesome. It's a really good album, and I was really shocked because I kept thinking like, there's a lot of tie-in albums for like like you showed me like a Disney album with like Disney metal and like, it's, oh sure, it's cool, but it's still just like the songs with some background guitar. This is all original stuff, yeah. And this is all like original good stuff. I think also like the flaw in that is uh, never mind. I don't want to do that. Well, but <laughs> it's, just, it's just there's there is like whenever they do like this tie-in stuff with metal, it's always just kind of like a warped view of what metal is, and it's just like oh, let's just put in some sure, ba- sure. some background guitars and some heavy drums, and we'll be good. But mm. I thought that this was uh, a very lovingly produced album. If this were a real album. That was released. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the greatest thing of all time, but it's a, It's pretty decent. Like yeah. the the fact that it's like, it, it's like if you put this on the radio, you'd be like, well, that's not bad. Like yeah. it, it sounds like they're re- they are real songs. They're not like fake songs. They're real ass songs. There's the main song Zero to Hero. I think is like a a, a banger. It's it's good. Much really better like than the Rogers the musical number we get in. <laughs> not even on the same caliber, my friend. Yeah, not even. No, I know. That's yeah. what I mean. Like um, awful, awful song. <laughs> but as you guys know, I love metal, so I was really into that. I've been listening to that and uh, the Christmas Truce by Sabaton, which I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Um, I really like both of those, and that's it. Shall we get into our bread and butter? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. So we got some sad news up top. Mm. Um. John Shell Alexander, who played Joy Strong from The Beasts of the Southern Wild, a film that came out a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, um, he died in a shooting this week. Oh, shit. And he was 22 years old. That's awful. Oh, man. In Louisiana, where he lives. That's uh, America. Yep. Goddamn. No, um, at the time of that I wrote this, there was no information on who the shooter was or, the motiv- or if any motivations um, but yeah, I just thought that was, that's really tragic. That sucks. That is a bummer, man. And then Stephen Sondheim passed away, mm-hmm. um, last week at the age of 91. Stephen Sondheim, of course, West Side Story, which is coming out soon. Um, Company. Company, Into the Woods. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd's great. Yeah. I've seen Sweeney Todd. Um, yeah. Really incredible lyricist. Um, legendary man. Yeah. Um, 91, like, man, but that's like... Like that's a good long life. His legacy was secured like forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been like an icon like before we were even born. So like, what what a, what a guy. Yeah, yeah. that's really. Like, I I I get it. Uh, I will ad- like. Ooh, I don't. This is gonna sound weird. Um, <laughs> controversy. No no no. Uh, like I I really like Sondheim. Uh, there there's a lot of reason to love him love his work. Uh, I I am sad to hear that he passed away. Um, there was so much because I I used to do theater, so there's I see a lot of theater like people responding, and there was just so much like, I can't believe this. This can't have happened like like this early and all this kind of stuff. And oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 91. 91, and yeah. I'm sitting there, a couple days after my father has passed away. Yeah, almost 20 years younger than that, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> like I yeah. get it, but like, yeah, that's like I get being sad, but like being like. It's too soon. This I'm is like, impossible. The man was ninety-one. I mean, yeah, he <laughs> yeah. was ninety-one. If he was in his fifties, yeah, too soon. But the ninety-one is like, 
There ain't nothing to sneeze <laughs> at. Congratulations. We, we just sir. talked about somebody who passed away at 22, which like that's yeah. that's extraordinarily sad. And like Sondheim passing is, it's sad. Yes, I am sorry that he has passed. It's, but what a legacy! What a lifetime! He lived a full legend's life. He's not immortal. Ninety-one, like, yeah. like I, I just, good? I, I saw it in more than one space, and it shocked me. I was like, why are, why are people being like too? Did they think he was going to make another incredible musical? It makes me think they didn't just know before he hit ninety. They didn't know how old he actually was. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Also, I have merged the two weeks together instead of separating them because there wasn't a lot that came out last week. Thank, so thank, thank the Lord. So thank the Thanksgiving. So it's actually not that long as it would have been. Gobble gobble. Um, a Mass Effect TV series is potentially in the works at Amazon. Amazon is trying to buy it. Buy it. Yeah. Well, you know, Halo was in the works for like twenty years, so we'll see. Yeah. Start the clock. Um, this is probably likely. They've been trying to do this for a while, but like Amazon is sw- sweeping up uh, properties left and right. Um. And Henry Cavill wants to do it. If he wants to do it, let him do it. Yeah. He's done with Superman. Henry Cavill's like, I will be video game man. Yeah. <laughs> he says, like, I'm going to do Witcher for seven years. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do Witcher and Mass Effect for seven years. Hell yeah. You can't stop me. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Do you think they're going to go with a Girl Shepherd? Or a I hope they go Shepherd? with a Girl Shepherd, but I don't think they will. Henry Cavill is the Girl Shepherd? Yes. Yeah. That's uh, what I thought, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I just think they're cowards and they won't do it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Rangers of the New Republic, if we recall, that show was announced, Disney Plus Day, mm. had some news, not Disney Plus Day, the one before, the Investor the Day. The Investor thing. Day, the year before. Yeah, yeah the year before. Um, had some news, actually. It's not happening. Oh. Um, it has been shelved, as we kind of suspected uh, it would be, and the uh, story elements will be folded into the Mandalorian. It's a bummer that that mm. sound that signals to me that that show was all about Cara Dune, and I'm like, damn, yeah. that's a bummer, because I was really hoping that show was about, like, other people too. Yeah, I didn't hear that about. I wanted to see. Yeah, I didn't hear about this one. Like uh, on Twitter earlier, I heard rumors that they wanted to recast Cara Dune, and I, I didn't. That wasn't like uh, substantiated or anything. So I was just hoping that like they would just like move on and recast her. But yeah, guess Kath- they care too much about that brand. Kathleen Kennedy was like, um, we had, we never even started writing scripts. We just had the story. I mean, um, I guess if you're. If yeah, you're, if you're not far off, yeah. I think the only thing that I'm really lamenting, and again, like it doesn't even sound like the show was going to be that if they're canceling it because like it sounds like it was just a vehicle for Cara Dune, so whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I wanted to know more about what the New Republic was yeah. at that moment in time. Those pilots, yeah. That's that's what I, I wanted to explore, that political side. I wanted to have like the, the kind of morally gray cop show in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sad that we're pretty much just going to get more of kind of the appearances we've had of them so far and showing up in their X-Wings and that kind of thing and we're not yeah. going to explore that. I hope that yeah. um that Ac- Acolyte show, which is about the Sith or whatever, still still is happening. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Because that's the, like a the def- High Republic show, right? I, I don't remember what era. I just remember it's about like the Sith or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just wanted I just want the evil perspective. I'm pretty really, sure it is a High Republic show. I right? just want that. Um, And uh, speaking of Ryan's birthday... Ridley Scott is making a Blade Runner live action TV series. Is really? Yeah, I did not hear about this. He said it himself. We've written scripts. We got the first ten episodes ready. <laughs> I believe him because that dude just won't shut up about anything. I love it. Uh, does, do we have any information about like studio? Or no, do? that's it. It's I a, would suspect it's going to be HBO Max. Yeah, yeah, likely HBO Max because yeah. he already did. He's a Warner by guy. Wolves there. That's true. And Blade oh. Runner twenty forty nine was done by Warner's. That's true. Cool. Hey man, if it's good, like, I mean, the last time he returned to uh, beloved. Property like I didn't love it, so like we'll see. Yeah, then uh, he did it. I don't know if I need another one. He's also he's also um, I didn't know this, but I guess I should have. He's executive producer on Alien, uh, the Noah Hawley show. That but executive oh, yeah. producer doesn't. That right, but mean, he but he's making <laughs> he's like yeah we're like a creative guy on Alien too, and I'm like oh, are, are you? I don't think so. 
Executive producer is like the the most like yeah hands off. Spielberg is an executive producer on many NBC TV shows. Yeah, Chris Nolan uh, is a producer on the DC movies. Yeah, he's definitely involved for sure. I, I respect Ridley Scott in a, a lot, but I do feel like he's kind of high on his own supply right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Secret Invasion. Colby Smulders is returning as Maria Hill. I, I no figured this was a given. Okay. Yeah, no big surprise. I would be upset if they had announced she is not, and then I'd be like, whoa, what? Man, yeah. that's slowly like... My only question is, I hope... She's not a scroll. I'm, I'm curious. Are we going to find out, has she been a scroll the whole time? Yeah. Has she always been Talos' wife? Right. Mm. Interesting. I'm wondering. Huh. Hmm. I've, wondered, I've wondered ever since the end of No Way Home. So here's the thing. They are absolutely... Because Secret Invasion is a thing where, like, some of the heroes that you know are not who they say they are. So, like, they have to do this to at least one or two characters. And I definitely think of everyone listed, definitely Maria, Maria Hill is the one. Even if, like they said, they're going smaller. Like, it's got to be someone we know. Got to be, yeah. Um, even if it's not the whole time. Like, an extended period of time it's been her. Although I would believe the whole time, considering what we know about the scrolls in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could have been body swapped during any movie. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The Chucky TV series is doing very well and got a season two order. Hell yeah. Go I'm, gonna start, I'm definitely going to start watching that soon. I'm so excited. Yeah. And that's all the TV news. So on to comics. I sometimes read those. <laughs> uh, Little Monsters is going to be a new Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn book. Um, this is going to be an ongoing. I'm very excited. The new series is akin to Lord of the Flies with vampires following the last children living on Earth, though living may not be the right word. These vampiric children have lived out what feels like an eternal youth amongst the remnants of human society's fading achievements. Mm. So he's just taking that that um, that monster girl concept of like you're young or, or you're like young in an old body, yeah, or you're old in a young body uh, to the extreme where everybody is going to be <laughs> old in a young body. Yeah, uh, there's going to be an image image comic book series and out in February. So I'll pick it up. I love Dustin Wynn's art and I love Jeff Lemire. So yeah. yeah, it's cool that he's doing like something like Dustin Wynn's doing something mature. Yeah. it seems like Dark Horse. <laughs> is Excuse a, you. I'm sorry. Dark Horse is uh, apparently interested in being sold. Hey, we're broke. Who wants to buy us? Uh, they want to sell. They are looking into. They're looking to hire a bank to get a major studio to buy them. Hmm. And I think Universal is in their crosshairs. If I had to guess, because hmm. they Universal have done a lot with Dark Horse. <clears throat> okay. But this could mean like a, a ton of new Dark Horse properties being turned into live action movies. No, absolutely. True. It's just Universal is never my first choice for anything ever. Yeah, well, they did, they did all three Hellboys. Cool. I like. I like. I liked two of those. Yeah, sure. No, I Twenty like, years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens there. I mean, I definitely w- would always like more movies of things. Um, just whatever, do whatever you need to do. Whatever's best for you. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. That's probably a couple of years away. Um, Tomorrow, it's it's news. <laughs> right. Uh, Metal Men. It's getting an animated feature. Sorry, film. This is a, this sounds like it's a director's DVD thing. A director Dan DiDio. But the, d- the creative team leads me to believe otherwise. Because it's going to be directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who have done many Disney animated movies, such as Aladdin and Moana, uh, The Little Mermaid. Tons of those. Oh, that's a, those are big directors. Wow. Um, are directing the film. They've written the treatment for it. And Celeste Ballard, who is one of many writers on Space Jam A New Legacy. Mm. Um, one of many. One of many. Um, sh- we're going to write the script for this. This sounds kind of like it, it's going to be like its own separate thing, like just Metal Men being its own weird thing. Yeah, I, I would imagine if you get those guys as directors, you know, they're not doing direct-to-DVD D- Disney. They're, yeah. they're doing 
features. This sounds like like how DC Super Pets is like a real ass movie. Well, but yeah. but not everything they've worked on has always gone to theaters though. True. Yeah. Like like even since post Aladdin, like they they have not exclusively made movies for theaters. The last movie was Moana though. No, I know, I understand that like their last movie was Moana, but that I'm just saying like they are not theater exclusive directors. Right. That's fair. Metal Man is such a it's such like a, a, a obscure like only Dan DiDio loves kind of thing that like I think this just like it's a cool idea you can do literally whatever anything you want with it. Yeah. Um you know, dartboard approach. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh how many Crisis on Infinite Earths do you guys want to see? All? I don't know. Well, here's another one. How many you got? Well, so as you remember, there's the live action one on TV. Uh, there's the comic book one, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's another one. It's going to be an animated three-part uh, film. Oh. So three oh. animated films uh, called Crisis on Infinite Earths that will drop in 2023 and 2024. And will reportedly, this has not been confirmed, nor has this movie been confirmed. This was a scoop um, that I thought was interesting. Um, this will reportedly feature all of DC's animated universes. Yeah. In a Crisis on Infinite Earths. I believe this. This, sounds, this is this is the crisis that I want, where it's actually the co- the real comic book. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. It's the char- it's the also the this. characters that we've been begging for for years. Yeah, yeah, that actually sounds really cool. Yeah, it's like the big, it's like their big like end game multiverse thing, but for like animated form. Yeah, that sounds great. Like you you cannot you can't do Infinite Crisis in like one comic or one movie. It's just too big. Yeah. So like doing making it like the big event that it is. Like I like that they're they're making so many two parts now. Making this a three part thing makes sense because that comic is huge. That comic is so big. It's twelve issues. Oh, yeah. It's fucking massive. Oh yeah, I would definitely say that this is definitely worth the trilogy treatment. I'm excited. This yeah. is there's so much stuff in those issues alone. Yeah. And I'm man, I'm looking so forward who, to it. So who are we seeing? We're seeing Teen Titans. We're seeing Teen Titans Go. We're seeing the DCAU. We're seeing the DCAMU. We're seeing Young Justice. Uh, Fleischer Superman. Fleischer Superman. Sure. Ooh, I yeah. hope so. Batman Beyond? We got Batman Beyond in there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Batman? The yeah, Batman. Every, the Batman. Static Batman. Shock? Yeah. Static Shock? Hell yeah. yeah. Um, Reboot? I'm, I'm pretty... Yeah. Look, Batman the Brave hey, of the Bold? It. Do it. Bold. Yeah, yeah. Green Lantern. I want to see Green, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. The animated show? Yeah, yeah. Justice League Action? You mm-hmm. think Justice League Action with the other Justice League teams? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. All of them are going to get one second cameos for sure. Definitely. 100%. Just like the, uh, just like the um, live action uh, one. Um... Mag says Shazam family. Did the Shazam was there, there a Shazam animated show? Because I, I remember the live so. action show. There is an animated something like an old an old one. There's an old animated something. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get that old old Superman cartoon. Yeah, yeah the, the old Flasher. Flasher. That's yeah, right. I want Flasher. that. I want mm-hmm. that bad. Then Batman Caped Crusader. Let's throw that one in there. It's coming out soon. 1981. There was a cartoon apparently. Bat cars. Oh wow. Bat cars. Bat wheels. Yeah, that we have called. a bat movie coming out. Bat wheels movie coming out. All right. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that's cool. Um, it's a show, isn't it? The little kid show. I have no. Yeah, idea. it's a kid. It's a kid show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the kid okay. show about the the bat vehicles with Ethan Hawke. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, in other related DCAU news, um, Batman the animated series is coming back again, again, again. Okay. Um, Batman the animated series will return as an audio adventure with the original, with the entire original living original cast returning. Sounds good to me. Uh, okay. Kevin Conroy said that himself at uh, LA Comic Con. I uh, think I think a a like radio style drama was always a good move for where to bring that back, especially sure. like with those voices. Yeah, mm. like I yeah, just listening to Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill just like talk to me. Yeah, I love I love I love audio audio plays audio drama. Yeah, so this will. I although I'm I, I'm interested in this. I just wish that if we return to the DCAU, I kind of am getting a little sick of it be always being with Batman. Like I'm like, why not? There's that Justice League comic. 
There is the Justice League comic. You're right. Um, but that's like one in like there's already two Batman comics going right now. Well, because that's Batman. I know. I yeah. know. I know why they do it. I just the DCAU is so popular not just because of Batman the animated series. It's because of all those shows. And I kind of do wish that we would like maybe revisit Superman the animated series or maybe revisit Batman Beyond. Legion of Superheroes. Let's do that. No, I'm saying in uh, yes, the Crisis, I, know I want you, that. I know what you mean. Let's do it. Love that. Super Friends? Or was that something else? No, yeah, let's do Super Friends. Super Friends. Let's do Super Friends. With the shitty Aquaman? Because I, I forget that if Super Friends and Legion of Superheroes were kind of like, I don't remember. Super Friends uh, was a Justice League. Robot show. Chicken. Oh, I want to put past them. Maybe for like a one second cameo. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then kind of the biggest news in the comic book realm is that Spider-Man. Not the other Spider-Man news. This is the Tom Holland Spider-Man news. Uh, Amy Pascal and Sony are, and Marvel are, I should amend this, discussing doing a new trilogy with Tom Holland in the MCU. Um, no deal has been struck. Uh, they were they had to walk this back once Amy Pascal was like, yeah, we're working on a new trilogy. But the deal hadn't, there's no ink, ink to paper yet. That, so. that woman can go out there and say whatever she wants and... Kevin Feige and everyone else just has to yes and whatever crazy shit comes yeah. out of her mouth. Yes, I, I, so much power. I do think that there is um, an interest from all parties to keep doing an MCU Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, as even Tom Holland said said after this dropped, he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I can't wait. We're doing some really interesting stuff." I think it really just be- comes down to a matter of like discussion about how how much control does Kevin Feige have over what's MCU canon and what isn't. Right, I think I think that Morbius movie sits there as a big question mark right now. Yeah, uh, which Michael Keaton is currently doing reshoots for. Right, um, and I because I think the thing is like they went out of their way to bring Venom into the world, establishing that Venom, yes, he is in fact not part of the MCU, but he can be MCU adjacent and appear. Great. So like, Sony needs to get on its own deal of we're doing our own thing and the MCU is doing a thing, and then we meet in the middle sometimes. And I think that's where, like, the heart of these negotiations are really going to rub up against each other is that, like, Kevin doesn't want them to have to say, yeah, whatever bullshit they decide to say over right. at Sony is in the MCU, I have to say, yep. Right. Um, Tom Holland, um, this kind of also echoes what we've been saying and what uh, what we assumed should happen is that um, they were always looking at this as, like, the Homecoming trilogy, the Home trilogy, and then whatever happens next would be unrelated some other word that continues in every title yeah but like different themes and whatnot uh-huh, so, yeah you know aging peter parker which is what we always wanted yep. to see from the mcu so you know i'm sure that a deal is being talked about i'm sure that the, that amy pascal can say whatever she wants um but i i hope it is true i, I, see them, like, I also hope going forward because because of tom holland's interview about it i think the better move would be to not hold now that we're getting to where he can like start growing up and be an adult uh, Spider-Man, um, not hold him to this two years contract. Yeah, uh, give him a little more leeway to do other things he wants to do at the same time. So, yeah. like, we can have a Spider-Man movie every three years instead. Mm-hmm. We don't need to have a Spider-Man oh, movie no. every two years. Another every, th- Yo, every three years. Doctor Strange wait is going to wait what like f- four years. But that's <laughs> yeah. but that's what I mean is like you know like we can loosen that yeah. that strictness up a bit, especially if he appears in other things. There's at the two same Spider-Man time. movies in Phase Three. That's really that's really weird. Yeah. People are going to show up. You don't need to release him better. Right. And he's in. And he's in two other movies. He's in two. Of, yeah. Like that's three other movies. He's in three other movies. He's in five movies in Phase Three. Like that's wild. Yeah. Uh, like there. nobody like, else is that. No. Right. And I get it. Like you wanted to get as much content with him as he's young as possible to cover that ground. And, and like you and you've done it now. Now make him especially old. with what he's expressing in in like you know 
wanting the capability to do other things and not just be Spider-Man. Like, I think I, I hope that they part of that deal, Tom Holland may be working it out for his return yeah. is him saying like, yeah, but like not that often, <laughs> like yeah. not 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 so frequent that I have to do it every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Remember that Renfield movie we were all kind of interested about with Nicholas Holt? Yes. Well, now Nicholas Cage has been cast as Dracula in it. Yeah, I'm going to watch this. Movie. And? There's an and? Yeah. Someone else just got cast with him. I didn't see this. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, hold on. I'll pull it up. Tisk tisk. I just saw Nicholas Cage as Dracula, and I was like, cool. There's more to this news. Go ahead and talk. Well, that's really cool. That's, that's all Oh, that's all? That's oh. all I who's, had. Who's directing it? Oh, this is... um. Shit, I had the director. It's the director who did uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I can't pronounce his name. Timur Beknikov. There you go. Aquafina. Aquafina's also been cast. Aquafina from yeah. what? Huh? Uh, you don't know who Aquafina is? Shang-Chi? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's cool. I had. I was thinking of the water bottle. Yeah, Aquafina <laughs> has also joined the cast of the Renfield film. Very cool. I like her a lot. So her and Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Holt playing... That'll be fun. The movie's going to be weird. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Spartacus. I oh, am. Not the movie. You beat me by that much. Not the I'm, character. I'm fast. I'm so fast. Uh, Sony uh, is reportedly developing a Xbox Game Pass competitor called, a codename Spartacus, but it's probably most likely going to be PlayStation Plus when it's when it's released. You're um, not going to call it PlayStation Plus because that's what their sub- subscriptions thing is called. Right, but uh, there, there's... So, okay. So, um, it's going to have three tiers. Whatever this is going to be called... It's going to have three tiers. There's going to be the one uh, would offer the current PlayStation Plus perks. Another would include a catalog of PS4 and eventually PS5 games. Mm-hmm. And a third would have extended demos, game streaming, and a library of classic PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games. So many so many, P- so many th- things. So that's that's what they're working on to compete with Game Pass. Hmm. Sounds good. When, it, when it's out, I'll, I'll try it. You know what else would have been great? If they just made their system backwards compatible. Yeah. You are absolutely They don't need right. to now because you'll pay for it. Will I? Yes. I still have a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 2. Come on, 2. bro. Who are I know you. I mean, I also I, just not, got a PlayStation I am not, 3. Look, here's the thing. I don't play video games enough to have Game Pass and the PlayStation 1. I can have Game Pass and not get this PlayStation 1. Okay. We'll see. All right. Trailers. Hell yeah. That, that was, was quick. quick. We blew through that. Damn. Uh, Good. Reacher. The new Jack Reacher series on Amazon. I love this guy. So here's the thing. Uh, I love this guy. I think the trailer looks fine. <laughs> yeah, I also think yeah. it looks fine. I was more excited before I watched but the trailer. I, but I like him anyway. I, I want to support that guy so hard. He's so good. Not going to lie, the second you guys said Reacher, I'm like, what's this about? What's he reaching for? And then they're like, Jack Reacher. And then I, my brain goes, did yeah. Tom Cruise play that guy? So yes. Tom Cruise is wildly miscast. Yes. Because uh, Jack Reacher, and my dad reads the books, uh, Jack Reacher is like this big, uh, really muscular, like like overly huge. muscular. He's like, he's, a, he's like a hulk of a man. Like a, yeah. It, the furthest point a man can go before he becomes a Hulk. That's essentially Jack he's He Man. Yeah, pretty much. He's mm-hmm. very large. Yeah. Um, and so like this guy fits the bill way closer than Tom Cruise ever did. Yeah, Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, Alan Richson. Richson. Yes. Uh, that Tom Cruise movie is really good though. He's uh he's absolutely one thousand percent the best thing about Titans. If there is a best thing, it's him. Hell yeah. Uh, is he as Hawk? And he's uh, Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. Poor guy. He got screwed um, over. Yeah. Uh, he's great, and I want to support him entirely. So, like, hey, a bad trailer can still be a good show. It's true. I've seen it happen before. That's true. Um, It's true, all of it. Halo Infinite had a campaign trailer for the single player. Comes out in three days. Very excited. I'm going to get home from work, 
and I'm probably going to play that game for eight hours straight. Today was mm. the first day I played Halo in years. And we won our matches, Ben. We did. Because you're, you're a gamer. I appreciate that. Thank gamer. you. Oh, yeah, there was one other thing you and I did. You and I did the Fortnite event together. Oh, we did. Yeah. Fortnite got flipped. I'm going to yeah, be Spider-Man. Yeah, the, the island got flipped over, and it was really cool to watch. And then the servers went down, and Ryan's like, hey, these are going to be down for like days. I'm like, okay, because I'm not playing Fortnite for a little while longer. It's okay. Knockout City will be there for you. That is very true. Knockout City is going to be there for me. Um, all right. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm Fortnite's back, by the way. Oh, it is? It, it, yeah, I was playing it earlier. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, re- it's really... I'm really glad to be excited for a Halo game again. Yeah. And I thought this trailer looked really interesting. Yeah, by all accounts, everyone who's already played it, uh, this one's a winner. Chicken dinner. We Baby Bears. This is actually kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, I love We Bear Bears. I'm I'm down for a weird, kooky spinoff. A uh, chibi that's, that's version? A, a chibi reinvention, because this is not... We've seen them when they're young uh in flashbacks and like we bear bears is a much more like tone toned down normal show uh and this is more fantastical which mm-hmm. is fine um I'm, I, I still enjoy the energy of the bears so i don't mind like good times yeah cute cute show who's your favorite bear jonathan jonathan really depends on the episode but like it's usually grizz ice bear's my uh, favorite i do like ice bear but i feel like Ice Bear doesn't always work. Mm. Like, sometimes they rely on Ice Bear's stick, mm-hmm. and sometimes they actually make Ice Bear good. Mm. And those those two things are difficult, because Ice Bear's bit is being, like, stoic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes they use that as, like, that's the bit, uh, and then sometimes they actually make that, like, character stuff. Okay. Hell yeah. The Silent Sea. Panda would be so sad that it wasn't him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Silent Sea. Great name for a space movie. Oh, yeah, this is the South Korean one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. interested. Yeah, uh, it's a guy I got from, from Train to Busan, and he's in Squid Game. Uh, hell, yeah. Uh, something's happening on a space station. I got to find out what's going on. Oh, wait, it's on the moon. Sorry, on it's on the, the moon. moon. It's on the moon. Some, there's a oh god there's something in the moon, moon. actually moonfall moon. it's pretty cool to moonfall if I remember correctly they're actually the spot where like the it's movie happening at the same time uh, well the spot in the where the movie takes place they actually do call it the silent sea mm. oh. yes that's why it's called the that's why it's called that in the that's why the TV show is called that it's because that reason nice it's a great name that's where um spooky that's where uh, um help me Leonard Nimoy Dark of the Moon Transformers, Transformers. no 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 the character. Sentinel oh, Sentinel Prime. Sentinel Prime. That's where Sentinel Prime crashed. Oh. The Silent Sea. Mm. It's like the blue side of the moon. I don't know if that's true. Don't yes, at me. <laughs> um, at him. Please at him. <laughs> Please at him about Transformers make, 3. Make him have to to deal with the ramifications of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> the Texas Singing Saw Massacre. I, I heard the Texas Singing Saw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a chainsaw. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't feel anything in particular about this. It's a teaser. It's I'm a like, teaser. It, it, yeah. Who knows? I, I really like the first. I, just a lot of the movies are bad, and then a lot of them, some of them are pretty good. So, like, the last couple have been bad. So I've I'm, only I'm seen the original, the second, and the first remake? The Jessica Biel one. Yeah. That one's awesome. That's yeah, a, I like that one. That's a real great remake. Um, Ben? I was going to say, it looks like the the dude's old because it says 1978 horrors or something happened and now it returns. And you see an old guy hold up the leather face to the yeah. sun. So it's like, oh, okay. They're doing the Halloween thing um, where it's like, yeah, 50 years later, he's back, I guess. Uh, that's cool. Like, I just hope it's good. Um, leather face. Like, that first one is, like, really scary. <laughs> like, it's really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, true. Yeah, I love it. League of Super Pets. Not for me. Not for my demographic. I <laughs> like John Krasinski as Superman, and I like the designs of the Justice League. I think they're unique and cool. 
Yeah, I will agree with both of those. Sadly, it's not about them. I'm glad that Dwayne Johnson is the Logan to Emily Blunt and John Krasinski's Cyclops and Jean Grey. Don't at me. <laughs> um, They're clearly getting along real good buddies. I'm happy for them. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess so. All right. I'm reeling from that. I'm sorry. Anyway. That's okay. Um, I Astra. love the Super Pets, so I was really excited for this. It's a cat problem. Yeah, you're fine. Keep talking. Yeah, so I was really excited for this because I really like the, I really like the 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 super pets like Streaky and Kanga and um, Ace. Oh, you mean all the ones that aren't in this movie? And so watching this, I was like, oh, they changed they changed Ace's breed. That's whatever. But then none of the super pets are in this movie. This is just a bunch of random animals that get superpowers. Right. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey man, it could still be a good time, but like, uh, not for me. Yeah, me neither. I I will likely end up seeing it mm-hmm. because Megan wants to see John Krasinski as Superman, Dwayne Johnson as Crypto, and I'm fine with that because I don't actually have anything necessarily against this movie outside of what you guys just said. But like, it could be, it could still be enjoyable even be as time. it is. I agree. Like, I'd rather that it did have the classic super pets, but there's so many movies that are coming out that I'm like, no, wow, for sure. This I'm, is, I, I don't this expect looks like nothing. I don't expect I race the theaters to see it or anything. I think the animation looks good too. Sure. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. Our peacemaker. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the show. The the, uh, the trailers. I think the show is more serious, and I just these trailers are kind of weird to me. They just. I'm excited for the show. The trailers aren't hitting for me, mm-hmm. but I really am excited for the show. Uh, I love the idea that he's like changed by killing um, Rick. Rick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's not sitting right with him the way that I'm Rick feeling like, things. Uh, uh, commented on him uh, also, as he died. Also, I like how in the trailer where he because obviously in the movie it's one of the taglines of the movie is like I cherish peace with all my heart. I don't care how many men, women, or children. And then he has a sniper rifle. Is like even the kids. Yeah, the kids terminating them all doesn't pull the trigger. And then they bring that up. So it's yeah. not something they're just gonna brush under the rug. It's like oh, so yeah, something that, okay, something cool. clicked in him. Uh, and it's kind of it's dealing with like you know maybe my motto is wrong. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. And then he goes to meet yeah. his dad, and like his dad is like a huge heart. I I stuff, love yeah. the idea of his blossoming friendship with uh, the the new intern girl mm-hmm. who's there. I love the idea of that, and I I like the weird energy coming from Vigilante. Oh my god! Dude. And I think and I think <laughs> Peacemaker has great lines. I think he's got great yeah. one liners and good moments. And I, I'm I trust John Cena's performance, so I'm I'm looking forward to watching. It. I agree. Like the trailers do feel a little weird, but I see where there's something I'm gonna. Oh like yeah, in it, it feels like. Like most trailers, kind of tell their own little story. They just felt like all like a bunch of scenes put together. It didn't feel like like a trailer, you know what I mean? Like it just felt like oh, like it's I'm gonna watch the show soon. There's a lot. There was a pace. Yeah. yeah, the trailers are paced weird for yeah. sure. Um, also, like oh, any trailer that's over three minutes, it's like it's those are too long. Trailers yeah, you kind of feel the length there. Yeah. Eat peace, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, that's good. That was a good line. <laughs> um, Mag says eagle too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh. And if you get fifty percent, you get a D. School stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm super excited. Like man, I didn't realize Vigilante had so many fans. But on Twitter today, people are like, "Oh my god, Vigilante looks so stupid. How could they do that to this character?" I'm like, "What character? What are you talking about? Shut up." Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The inter- Twitter Twitter makes fans out of anybody. <laughs> I I love the scene. I energy. know Vigilante in the comics because yeah. I know a lot of obscure DC characters. I only knew about Vigilante because he showed because he's Joe Chill's son. And yeah. showed up at Batman Beyond. That's the only go. way I know Vigilante. He's definitely not silly like this, but like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> That's the thing. Like, like when it comes, to, there are there's like 
character tiers, right? You yeah. know, there's it, characters it, that like it's not Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you don't change Batman, Superman, but you can change Vigilante. Yeah, you'll and be. And okay. even then, that's not true. Like the context of the formula you're working in, like Batman can be silly if it's yeah. Teen Titans Go. Right. That's true. Right. That's true. Very true. Hey, who is that one character that was only in the Flash, Supergirl musical crossover, but never appeared in comics? And people on Twitter. Oh. And people on Twitter were Music saying, Meister? No, that was a real character. But they were saying, like, oh, that's not that. Like, he is in the comics. It's like, he never was in the comics, dude. Mm. Well, there is. The, their version of the Music Meister is a fifth dimensional imp, not the same as yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that, the, that was introduced in Brave and the Bold. He's never been in the comics. He was from the Brave and the Bold. Oh, okay. Um, Cartoon, so it could maybe? be that. Yeah, prob- probably. Because I remember the, the uh, Flash Supergirl had a character that was that never originally appeared in the comics. But people on Twitter and yeah, another I think person talking about I think you're talking about yeah um, and another Darren person another person in particular kept saying like oh that's not how they are in the comics and it's like never was in the comics I mean hey if you're mad that he's not Neil Patrick Harris and Brave and the Bold that's fair uh, that's a good song that he sings I've I've seen that he's Neil Patrick Harris and Neil Patrick Harris that version of the Music Meister is Neil Patrick Harris yeah rad um, there's a bit of rat catcher in that character too all right um, Mag says. Only knew he's Watchmen comedian counterpart. Yeah, that's true. Mm. He's the he's who uh, the comedian one of the characters the comedian is based off of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, uh, Sony decided to uh, erase Spider-Man No Home from existence by providing a Spider-Man across the across the Spider-Verse trailer. Man, well, that's I, I that's do not, not true at all. Yeah, I don't agree with that assessment at, at all. I just think it's funny to say. Sure, I don't actually agree yeah. with it. No, I saw Patrick Willem say it, and I'm like. I mean, I mean, I just watched three Spider-Man movies. I mean, I'm, so, like, I'm I don't excited so. about I'm excited about Spider-Verse for sure, but like, I would not say that trailer blew No Way Home out of the water. I was scrolling through Twitter, and then this one random dude just popped up on my timeline saying, "Like, man, Spider-Man fans, they're so happy right now. They got like so many trilogies, so many films. While Superman fans are just begging for one." And I'm just like, I was like, "How many trilogies? We only have like two. But he means like, the amount of Spider-Man, Spider-Man freshman year is coming and yeah, yeah. Spider-Man no, no, 2 the game. I'm, but I'm talking about, um, he, he was talking about, this guy was talking about movies. And I'm like, but there's only like two trilogies confirmed. And then I saw the, and then I saw this trailer. I'm like, oh, that's what that guy was talking about. But then I was like, I'm not mad. I'm really excited because I freaking love Into the Spider-Verse. Well, there's mm-hmm. a lot more Spider-Man movies than there are Superman movies, right? There yeah. Yes. I don't want to count them. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Anyway, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Ooh, what uh, a tease. That was the big re- that was the big surprise that this is actually part one of two. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited for this. I did not expect them to age them up this much, but I'm fine with I'm it. S- I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, college, baby. I like the callback to the song. Uh, of course, Gwen Stacy show- showing up. I love Gwen Stacy's new outfit. Mm-hmm. Got um, the chucks. She, they gave her back her shoes mm-hmm. instead of the ballet slippers. Thank goodness. And we see... Um, What's Spider-Man 99's, 29's Miguel name? Miguel O'Hara. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. We see Miguel O'Hara, which I'm pretty sure it's going to be voiced by Oscar Isaac Why again. would it be voiced by Oscar Isaac again? Because he was in the original? No, I'm just kidding. I know. Well, it's... it's What I want to really just highlight is just... I, we knew that they were going to do something really great with animation again. They did it with the first movie. Um, and already, the two animation styles that we see in this are so unique from anything we've seen before, uh, even from the first film. I'm very excited for the, the type of animation this is going to shepherd. Um, m- maybe not more so than I am for the story, because I think that first movie is incredible, and I have no reason to believe the second movie won't be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just super stoked to, that we finally got some footage from this movie. It looks beautiful. Yeah, they're taking their time. They realize, like, hey, this movie's too big, but let's maybe make it two parts. I really like the new logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's a little sharper, so, but the same. But I like the old one, but I, I still like. You can still see kind of paint dripping off off of it, on the spider. Mm-hmm. But yeah. either way, it's like, it's Miles Morales' Spider Man. I'm looking forward to this. 
Didn't they also confirm that part two is coming in 2023? I didn't see that. I looked for that. It's possible they also confirmed that. Um, or or it was just implied. I I would I would guess they're one year apart. Yeah, because w- they've I been working on them for like for. Let me let me look and see if they're, that was an they're, official. They're thing. working on them at the same time. That's yeah. that I heard that they're working on them at the same time. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, like we see like like uh, the Indian Peter Parker's world in here. Like you see like Hindi d- uh, writing and stuff. So like all across the Spider Verse means they're going to go to a bunch of different places. So that's like that's that's real cool. Yeah. Different art styles for every different place. Like they did that for the first movie. Like. We're blessed. Hashtag it, it, blessed. It's really cool, and it looks like this type of this type of like change in their um uh uh this this type of travel uh changes their animation yeah. to match whatever world they're at, in. At the current moment, unless something comes up, part two is planned to release in twenty twenty three. Awesome, beautiful. Um, it looks because when Miles and, and Miguel O'Hara end up in that world, um, they are animated in the same style. It's more like hand drawn, yeah. Yeah. So it looks like this type of travel, the more controlled type of travel, changes the animation style. Whereas in the first movie, they retain their animation style in the, in an unfamiliar world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, it looks like twenty ninety nine Spider Man's going after Miles, so that's yeah. gonna be interesting. Why he has to do that? Uh huh. Cool. The only reason why I brought up like it coming out in twenty twenty three is any kind of relevance is because when the part one part appeared, I had a little hiccup of like, oh. Because I didn't want to wait like a whole bunch of years for a part two. Yeah, sure. Um, and I don't want this one to feel like an incomplete film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hopefully it won't. No, see, you know at least we'll only wait a year. You know what's gonna happen is, um, g- at the end of at the end of this movie, it's gonna be Gwen and Miles. They're gonna be in a desert, and they're gonna be walking. And then Gwen's gonna look back and say, "This is only the beginning." And it's gonna cut, and then we have to wait a year for two years for part two. That'd be awful. That's a that's a Dune reference. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. No, I, I'll, yeah, I got you. <laughs> For the people who didn't get, yes. get it. Um, that's all the trailers. Hell. That's all the news. Yo, what a sp- Spidey, Spidey. I played Spider-Man. Beast. I played Spider-Man on the Avengers. I played Spider-Man on the PlayStation 2. I played, I watched Spider-Man movies. I watched trailers for Spider-Man. I didn't read a Spider-Man comic. I got to fix that. It's all, I'm all up in it. I'm all, all right. webbed up. I'm all webbed up. Let's get into our main topic then. Go, Web, go. All right, so full spoilers for movies that are very old. Um, I'm just I just get into the habit of doing that. I don't know why. Um, yeah, we're talking about the first three Spider-Man movies by Sam Raimi, um, Tobey Maguire. You know these guys, these classics. Kristen so Dunst and James Franco. Franco. Franco and Willem Dafoe. Um, so let's talk about like movie to movie. I guess. So let's start with three. R- really? No. Really? Okay. <laughs> let's get the bad one out first. No. Spider-Man one then. Uh, excellent movie that holds up very well. It's got some hokiness to it. Get closer to the mic, Ben. It's got some hokiness to it, but at the same time, it's I love it. I don't know if that's just me with nostalgia. There's are there are a few like little outdated jokes, like when he's in the cage match. He's like, "That's a nice outfit. Did your husband make that for that's you?" That's the only outdated joke. Yes. Yeah, that's the but only one. Out of that's out true. of that, it's still very fun movie. I absolutely love it, and of course, Willem Dafoe's performance as Green Goblin cements Green Goblin for me. Every Green Goblin since that movie. Outside the animated shows, it, I, I was comparing it to Willem Dafoe. So then it's like, there's no contest. Willem Dafoe is the best. Excuse me. Um, hey, I'm really glad we watched these three movies again because it's been a long time. And I loved Spider-Man growing up. Um, this first movie is excellent. It's in, in, And like the nostalgia goggles aside, like I now that I'm at the age that I'm at, I can just look at this 
and this is just an excellent movie. It has nothing to do with the comic books or Spider-Man. Just Sam Raimi made a really good movie. And the thing, watching these movies again, and I'm like, holy shit, I really miss that when movies can just be movies. Because <laughs> as much as I love the MCU, guys, holy shit, this can just be a movie on its own. It does its own thing. It has a beginning. It has a middle. It has an end. Satisfying. It's hella campy. Yes, it is 1960s Spider-Man 2 of the T. And it's excellent. I loved it more than I remembered. I think it's excellent. You get random shot. Like, one of the times while I was watching this movie, there's like this random shot. I think it was a jump scare when Green Goblin goes, mm-hmm. I forgot what scene it was transitioning. Is it when in the, in the fire? No, it no. wasn't in the fire. It was just like this random. I think Peter was trying to, was dreaming or something. Mm. And it was, it might have been right before Aunt May was, was attacked by Green Goblin. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I just watched this movie this week too. But it was one of those things where I'm, I'm watching. It's like, I don't understand why that's there. Probably could be a jump scare. But at the same time, it adds to the movie's charm. It's that Sam Raimi's filmmaking well, they, style. Yeah, it's it's Sam Raimi's filmmaking style comes through in in all three of these movies, um, in in uh, in a way. And I, I think that when he leans into like the things that he is good at, it heightens the movie in an interesting way. Even though for the most of the time he's doing something um, not generic, but like something more mainstream than his normal style. And then he like sprinkles in his normal style throughout. But Sparks, hmm. you, you haven't said anything yet. No, it's a podcast. Yeah, talk. Well, I, just <laughs> leaving time. That's all. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's great. Like, I don't have a lot to add on a summation level. Yeah. No, of, no, let's uh, get it. Let's get into it. Talking about shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Oh my god. Notes. Okay, man. Let me tell you. Spider Man's great. Uh, the zoom ins. Uh, the lines. Uh, uh, I love Bonesaw. I think um, about Bonesaw all the time. There's a there's a thing in this movie that that I really like that I didn't notice the first time I seen it. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um. It, I didn't quite realize how well the parallels of uh, Peter Parker and uh, uh, Norman Osborn were. Uh, the Their journeys together to become Spider-Man and the Green Goblin are so well paired. There's equal amount of screen time for both. Um, and you kind of see how they're both on a similar path but choose to take different directions. They're both scientists. They're both scientists. Mm. Um, uh, and I think that that was... It's something that... It is has been there in a lot of superhero media, but it's really well done. It's uh, almost uniquely well done uh, in this one. I thought. Yeah, I think it, honestly, I think it's a perfect origin. Yeah, I do too. Like of all of every superhero movie of the last twenty years, like the origin is perfection. It's yeah. so perfect. Ben, are you gonna say something? Um, I was just gonna talk about like the meme lines. Uh, the one, that, the absolute highlight of this of me rewatching these films again was just seeing the memes and just me. <laughs> well, not only that, but we grew up with these. I will never forget the weekend Spider-Man came out in theaters. My entire school was a buzz about talking about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We, my mom bought me a Spider-Man anime TV, TV show v, VHS to watch in preparation for the Spider-Man movie coming out. The entire it was one of the, it was kind of like Pokemon in the early in the in the late nineties. Yeah, but that year in two thousand two. It was all Spider-Man all the time that week, and everyone was hyped for it. It was a hot, it was a hot thing. It was. It Sparks, you look like you got your notes ready. Uh, so I think that one of the things this did that I was thinking about when I watched it this time is um, that they did a really incredible job creating the movement of Spider-Man because it, it didn't exist before. The, and like even today, they're still taking cues from what they established in this movie for live action, how Spider-Man moves, how Spider-Man lands and swings and turns and does all these things how he's framed uh 
they've evolved, they've adapted, they've introduced new ideas, but the basic idea of his motion is established by the CGI artists in this film mm -hmm. and some of the stunt workers. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really foundational. Uh, and I think it holds up really well. I, I, I think the CGI, you can see where it's dated, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Um, like, it still holds pretty he's well. He's a little smooth, Spider-Man is, when yeah. he's fully CGI. Yeah. When his, when it, because it is weird only because his suit is so textured. Yeah. Um, so when, he, when he's a fully CGI character, you lose that texture. The, the nice thing uh, about it being the early 2000s, and it's really like Spider-Man 3 is the real case, but like, they did practical as much as they can. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't have a Green Goblin flying around in the middle of the city. That's impractical. But like, you can have a close-up shot of the Green Goblin. That's real. You but can do that. You can also build a set. You can also build a set. But, but yeah. even the suits themselves, by both Spider-Man's and Green Goblin's suits are gorgeous suits. The mm -hmm. amount of emotion that Willem Dafoe is able to get out of that Goblin outfit is incredible. He's very oh, expressive. He has to be. <laughs> Especially when, even when his eyes go up and it's just his eyes, you can kind of see his mouth through his He's screen. got the crazy eyes. I, I will say, like, the, the disadvantage of, like, super high definition at this point is, like, there are some, some moments where, like, I need to not look right at the, at mouth, the mouth of the goblin mask or I can see that Willem Dafoe is not talking yeah. at the moment when his line is happening oh. on the outside. Like, <laughs> 4K has ruined me. <laughs> like, it's oh, yeah. like, Funny. I got like, no, don't look at his lips because he's so, not talking. So I still have both of my original copies of Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 on DVD that were uh, full, that are full screen editions. So when I'm watching yeah. it oh, on my PS4, it's just, it's in a four by three with black bars on the side. Oh, Zack Snyder be oh, blessed. Oh, poor baby. Like, I would have just let you watch the high definition codes. <laughs> I, I already had them in my house, so I figured might as well. Hey, does and, it, yeah, the way God intended. No, even though it, doesn't look the best. It's it brought back so many fond memories of me falling in love. I've always liked Spider Man. Spider Man was uh, already a big uh, was a household name in my house because I mean he was one of those most popular superheroes. My brother mm -hmm. and I would rush home to school after school to watch the new Spider Man show. That's how I know Morbius, Scorpion, all those guys. Hell yeah! And just that live action movie just put it on a whole nother level. And if I if I knew about the comic book store close to my house, oh you. Bet I would have been going to, to buy comic books yeah. after that. After watching this movie, I got uh, for Christmas. I got Spider Man and, and a DVD or a uh, PlayStation Two, and I was like, "Oh my god, mm. my life will never be the same." I even bought those like silly string web shooters. They oh get. Uh, me too, hundred percent. There oh, was god. a there was a, a youth center by where I used to go to school, uh, and they had a PlayStation whatever played Spider Man One, um, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Two, and uh, we had Spider Man One, and uh, I played the shit out of that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played that on GameCube. I will, yeah. hell yeah. Quick little story. I will never forget when my parents came home and they gave us Spider Man on, on DVD. We were ex so excited, but unfortunately, we were going to our friend's house down in Marietta for a visit. And we were thinking, okay, cool. Well, we did. But right before we were getting ready, they said, oh, but this other family is going to be there and they don't allow their kids to watch anything above PG. Mormons. So they were super religious, too. But so the entire car ride over, my brother and I were like two lawyers trying to build up a defense of why they can they should let us watch <laughs> Spider Man. Because even though we were like, well, we could just watch it and they could go do something else. And my parents were like, oh, but that's not fair. You all kids have to play and do something together. That is not fair. And we wanted to watch Spider Man, damn it. We did not. And we were pissed. That's why you shouldn't be religious, folks. To be fair, like. There's a scene where where he vaporizes people's skin off and they're just skeletons. Out am I? That's just, that's just Mars attacks, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's cartoony. Uh, I really, I real, I was um, I watched this with Zara. She'd never seen it before, and and when that moment happens, like, whoa, she loved the movie. By the way, um, the so that's why I kind of like push back, like, 
This movie holds up so well that yeah. like you can watch it today and still love it. It's just a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's just a good like, movie. Like yeah, like the comic book relevance of it. It's like not nah, just like a, but also a good movie. It, but also it it leans into maybe not necessarily all the aspects of Spider Man, but definitely most aspects of comics. Like mm-hmm. it is, it, it, it is, leans into he- Spider Man sixties hundred percent. Yeah, where he, he Peter Parker isn't as cool as he is modern. Like he's still a nerd, but like sixty Spider Man is a dork. A dorky dork. Nobody likes him. People make fun of him. Like, old school bullying. Not, like, modern bullying. Like, old school, like, people would, like, push his shit down. Like, that's all real. That's all, like, old school Stan like, Lee shit. When he's trying to chase after the bus, and then you... Or Flash Thompson's giving him shit. Yeah, that's all... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I really... um I really think that that works out really well for the movie because it's not afraid. You know, at the same time, look, there was X-Men happening at the same time at this mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, one franchise was doing so well embracing its comic book roots while as the other was, was ashamed of it. Um well, for the most part, like they really leaned away from the comic book elements of X Men. They wanted to be more sincere. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, so Spider Man yeah. comes along, and it's this, just this, this. It's the, you know, it's kind of a modern day Richard Donner Superman. Yeah, hundred like, percent. The inspiration's everywhere. Yeah, all and, over. and it works because Spi- because Sam Raimi uh, has an affinity for that era of Spider Man, that sixties era of Spider Man that Ryan was talking about. That's this era of Spider Man that Sam Raimi read. Yeah. It's also like the most bright and colorful New York has ever looked. Yeah. It is. Every other time I, I think about New York City, it's like, are like movies up to like after Spider Man or like in the, the next 20th? next set of movies? Like the next set of movies. Yeah, it's like it's so Honestly, dark even, and sad. Even though like the rundown parts of New York are still pretty damn colorful. Honestly, yeah. like even Spider Man Two, it starts to get a little less. Yeah, yeah. like I, I love Spider Man Two, but no, it yeah, does. The, the one is the most comic booky, like like uh, campy. Like two definitely tones it down a bit. Yeah, um, I think there's incredible transitions. Uh, oh yeah. god, dude! They're they're so all many. around. Like I, when I was watching the movie, of course, like there's the one that that's been going around on Twitter lately, which is the explosion of the generals that cuts to the graduation caps flying in the air, and I'm like, that's cinema, this baby. movie, man, it knows mm-hmm. what it's doing. Like it, incredible transitions throughout. That's when that's when Norman Osborn graduates to become the Green Goblin. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the energy throughout the film it's just really breezy and dynamic. Willem Dafoe's a force. He's so good. Willem Dafoe is so good in this movie. Um, I. I always loved. Well, I think this was the first movie I knew. I when I every movie after this, when I saw Willem Dafoe, I never saw. Oh, hey, it's Willem Dafoe. I'm like, that's the guy who was the Green <laughs> Goblin. Uh, the this Green is Goblin. viewing it this time was the first time where it really stood out to me. Like, wow, Harry's just kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, as, yeah. A, as he's far a, as a friend, he sucks. He's a trust fund. Yeah, like like yeah. He's well, <laughs> he's like he knows how Peter feels, and he like goes behind his back and sneaks around and like gets with Mary Jane, and then he's like, he is oh, like, Peter, my roommate. Yeah. I'm real sorry. I'm sad right now because Mary Jane, I didn't tell you about like, her, and yeah, also yeah. she's now upset with me and. Make me feel better, Peter. Make me feel better. Yeah, he's so he's so jealous of Peter that his dad likes him and like, like he has he has everything, but he actually has nothing because he's kind of a loser. And he's he's so jealous of his nerdy friend. I'm like, oh, what a yeah, what a what a loser. He's uh, he's just so, so constantly such a bad friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene. There's a scene in this movie that I. There's a couple of scenes in this movie that I thought were interesting, and it harkens back to like if you watch all the Spider-Man movies, you can watch like the evolution of comic book movies like that. It's chronicled in those movies. Um, and I really, I really forgot about the era where they were just kind of shoved character names into dialogue just because they didn't think they were going to get a sequel. This is the only time. And so like Dr. Kirk Connors fires Peter Parker in this uh-huh. movie, yeah. but he shows up as a professor in the next movie. Eddie. And then Eddie yeah, Brock. He was, Cause he was an intern. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, Eddie it Brock. tracks that he's like, cause it's right after he's finished high school. He was interning for Connors. He's, he's always working with Connors. Yeah. And I then, love it. And then Eddie Brock has mentioned, uh, two movies before he'll show up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I thought that Eddie was Eddie Brock, but not Eddie Brock Jr. Mm. Oh. Daddy not, journalist. I'm not Eddie Brock making, Jr., sir. Hold on. I am not making a case for 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 um canonicity. <laughs> I'm not making a case no, that I this know. ruins the movie at all. No, no, no. I know. Um I just thought it, I just think it's really fun mm-hmm. going back to these early comic book movies. Those are just Easter eggs. The, yeah. And hearing the Easter eggs. The only reason throughout. I respond that way is because they make such a point of him always saying Eddie Junior. Brock Jr. Mm-hmm. in Spider Man three. It's true. <laughs> it's uh, like Doctor Strange. Oh, that's good. So uh, let's take I it. just oh real no. quick I just think it's just cool inclusivity because I was thinking about just this movie I'm like man it's cool that there's just a dude on the board who's a dude in a wheelchair yeah that's cool he's yeah. Just, like yeah. it's not it's not for any reason he's not a comic character they're not trying to build something with him he's just a dude in a wheelchair yeah mm-hmm. that's nice uh, it's also fun because like if you read if you like watch the show or read the comics like uh, Doctor Strom turns into Robot Master who is a guy who just like who is like a Norman Osborn like lackey turns into a Robot Master and it's like man comic books like they're so like it, I, he's that character dies, but you know, like if it's the MCU, like he would show up like three movies later or something. And I'm like, it's just cool to have a little. No, the, the leader, st- the leader, still hasn't shown up. He's the only one. That's true. He come back, come back. What's this guy's who played the leader? Tim Doesn't Blake matter. Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it's a perfect Thanksgiving film. Gobble gobble. Yes, it Thanksgiving is. happens in this movie, and the, all the themes of the movie are like, this is Thanksgiving. Macy's, yeah. This Macy's works for Thanksgiving. Gray. This, theme is, this is it. Macy Macy Gray Day Parade. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Jameson's amazing, obviously. Uh, J.K. Simmons. He, he has one of his best scenes, which is when he's protecting Peter. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, I love that scene so much. Um, when when Green Goblin so, shows th- and Peter's in the room and J- and Jameson is like, I don't know, he sends his stuff into the mail. Like, y- you know, uh, it's such a great scene. And J.K. Simmons is an iconic performance right out the bat. There's every time he that buzzer. That buzzer is such a good comedic device and character building device mm-hmm. because as it goes on and Betty Brands is trying to give him like notes and whatnot and 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 there's a bit I think it's in this movie I hope it's in this movie it's either this one or the second one where he goes chief chief your wife lost her wa- lost her checkbook and he goes thanks for the good news <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's this movie that's this movie um, and I think that's all hilarious and tells you everything you need to know about J Jonah Jameson yeah he's sure like truly perfect casting oh yeah every scene yeah the the protect- <laughs> Spider Man two tell, call the caterer. Tell her not to open the caviar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, he's good with money. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's so funny. And of course, the last one where she, where it's like, it's like, burn the, it's like, yeah, what? we'll get to the bit. We'll get to the bit. Yeah, we'll get to. We can't talk. All right, let's talk about performances real quick. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think Tobey Maguire's totally fine. Uh, he is. He is very dweeby. He's very good at being dweeby. Uh, I think he's. I think everyone excels so much better in the second movie. Uh, I think everyone. Um, of all the Sam Raimi movies, like. The characters are kind of not in a negative way, but they're kind of like simple and flat. But it's because it's a '60s comic book movie, right? You know what I mean? Like they're not. Yes. They're not. There's uh, not a lot of depth, but I don't mean that in a negative way. It's no. just it's very. The second movie is the perfect like what I want those characters to be, and I feel like here they're they're all kind of softened up because mm-hmm. the second movie everyone has so much more personality. I think. Yeah. I think I think Tobey Maguire does a really good job of internalizing a solid Peter Parker in this film mm-hmm. and across the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, he just never fully becomes like Spider-Man. Yeah, for me. Yeah, when he's in the suit, like I and maybe that's okay because I think for these movies, like I see Peter Parker when I see Spider-Man. Yeah, and I I I think other films, the Garfield ones in particular, have a sense more of like Spider-Man and Peter Parker kind of feeling like two separate performances from him. Mm-hmm. And McGuire, it's always. Peter Parker in the Spider-Man suit, like that's the sense you get. And, yeah, there's no change. Yeah. And it so it makes it feel a little less like Spider-Man. 
but I do feel like it's consistently Peter Parker, and maybe that works because this this movie is so much more emotionally about yeah. Peter Parker. And yeah. he is like he obviously is not as quippy or jokey as he is, but also like sixties Peter Parker wasn't joking because he's nonstop. A, it's because his jokes are terrible. Yes. All of his jokes are bad. <laughs> yeah. He's like a dweeb. He's bird. a huge yeah, yeah. dork. It's yeah. you who's out, Gobby. Out of your mind. Yeah, I love uh, that. That's the, so good. The entire adaptation and rendition of the tragedy of Uncle Ben is super good. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, Cliff the, Robertson the, is everything about it from from the the lead up the car scene of talking and why before he goes into the wrestling match to coming out to mm-hmm. the moment it's with him chasing down the burglar all great all great it's uh, honestly, classic classic film stuff it's honestly just a really well balanced movie with everything he's trying to do it yeah. is it, it it wholly succeeds and at at what it set out to do yeah. um I think that and that's always to be commendable when something succeeds so well um who's the at, at Rosemary what what's her last Rosemary name? Harris Harris yeah Rosemary Harris amazing aunt may always always bringing like nails it like what okay when i was watching rosemary harris it brought me back to the time we read uh the six some of the 60s spider-man books and when she's talking to peter parker you know obviously he doesn't say in the movie but it's the scene where he goes aunt may your cake is the most <laughs> yeah oh it's so good. i was just watching this i'm like god damn this is just like that scene i mean he doesn't say oh i forgot that yeah. but he I, it's not straight from the book but it's it, like you were saying, this is that 60s comic book It's that vibe. mentality, yeah, And yeah. I've never seen that before as a kid until now rewatching. I was like, this is the 60s comic book Spider-Man. It's hokey. It's got, it does have good action. I was like, oh boy, I do love you, Mary Jane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's got that. It's got sort uh, it's got all that. Inf- uh, it's got all those elements. But at the same time, I was watching this, and I'm like, he could have, Sam Raimi could have put Aunt May, this is the most, or some sort of slang. And Aunt May goes, Peter, what does that mean? Yeah. And it, you could have had an interaction like that. I'll bet this is perfect. Yeah. It really is like why I think my parents were so enthusiastic about like enjoying Spider-Man when it came out and watched it because like it was their Spider-Man. It was their ch- childhood Spider-Man mm-hmm. on film for them and for us, but for them. Uh, and I think that's why it works so well mm-hmm. yeah. um, for that audience necessarily. Uh, it's an incredible script. Uh, I want to shout out David Kep for being the screenwriter of it. Hell yeah. Um, because like we've, we've said a lot about Sam Raimi, but it is a tight, well done script. And he did all three. No, he? he did not. Not even a little. And we'll talk about the other screenwriters after. Oh, okay. Uh, he only did this one. Interesting. It is just this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a tight script. It's got some incredible stuff. I love uh, something I was making notes of as well. I was watching is like there's there's lines that are repeated to Peter by different people. There's obviously the don't tell Harry is a motif that's carried over. But there's also thank God for you, Peter, people saying it in different circumstances mm-hmm. and reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just kind of like these things that keep just pr- repeating themselves in different cycles through Peter's life. Uh, also, we are who we choose to be mm-hmm. um, is, you know, we are said by both said by Goblin, but also said by Uncle Ben. Yeah. Um, Really keeping all those ideas constantly circulating around Peter, poetry. I think is a super strong. But it's even it's it's like done even better than poetry because no, it's all just like yeah. it's all just like circulating around Peter constantly and keeping it like he is being burdened by these things at all times. Uh, I think it's it's rare you see a film be that tight in how it chooses to use lines like that. The the fact that like don't tell Harry isn't like a bit, but like a thematic choice, mm-hmm. yeah. and that usually it's said in a different context, uh, especially the thank God for you, Peter. Like those are two. Wildly different readings of that line. Um, Bitter. Uh, I really love, in a similar way about the writing, I, I love that Osborne sees himself as a hero who the people turned on. Oh, yeah. I, this was the first time that I really read that in his performance. I'm like, oh, he's saying all this stuff to Peter. It's not just like a bit to make Peter want to be a bad guy with him. He's not just saying, like, you know, what they love to see is a hero fall, fail, die trying. He's saying, 
this is what happened to me. Yeah. This is what they did to me. I was the hero, and they loved that I failed. They didn't I know failed. how much he sacrificed. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I love that that's, that's what's in that script. Uh, I think that's an incredible thing. Um, uh, bone saw is ready. His bone saw is ready. <laughs> First appearance of Mysterio. True. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Uh-huh. Um, you can't say that though, because he plays three different people. I know, but like the fourth <laughs> film, the the fourth. Yes, film, I know. I know the bit. I know the bit. It was it was supposed to like we saw the concept art for the fourth film, and the guy dressed as Mysterio, looking a lot like Bruce Campbell. I'm just saying. Uh, goblins scream when he turns in the fire. Always, <laughs> always oh. a great moment. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I love that. His, uh, there's a lot of so predictable. There's a lot of just so quote such quotable lines that Goblin has. Almost every oh, line. absolutely. Sleep. Uh, much yeah. much like the Star Wars prequels where there's just, you know, shit that's we've uh, we've kept in our yeah. cultural osmosis forever, um but like yeah, Spider-Man's super good. Um I really finish love, it. I really love yeah, okay, so I wanted to tell a story about finish it because I I I told Ryan already, but um when I first saw it and a few times after the first time I saw it, I didn't hear finish it. I heard um uh Oh, sorry. I did hear finish it, but it's not the context that I got out of it. I thought it was a goblin telling Norman to finish it as in kill Aunt May. Oh. And and that Norman was resisting it and Goblin was like shouting at himself. And that was the reading I had like the first ah, time I saw it. Yeah. And for like a couple of times after until I was like, Oh, he's telling her to finish the prayer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Deliver and, us from evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I but like the first time I saw it, I remember distinctly like thinking Norman was struggling against the goblin. That's the a goblin good, was shouting at him one. going like finish it. And Norman's Norman's no. like resisting it. And he's like, finish it. And he's just shouting it at her. That'd be a good that's like a Dark Avengers thing that happens. That yeah. was that was the reading I had, and I'm like, because because before that you have like Norman and Goblin kind of conflicted about it. I could see like Norman not wanting to kill Aunt May yeah. and like pushing back against that concept, but uh, being more okay with killing Mary Jane. So real quickly, if I may pause, pause uh, have the chat uh, be acknowledged. Grayson is in the chat. Hey, hey. hello, Grayson. That's why I like Toby as Spider Man. He really sold the fact that he's more nerdy and a bit of a brainiac. Yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and uh, Mag. <laughs> Says, uh, love the fact that how the Spider-Man, how this Spider-Man started out in entertainment work before as a superhero. Mm. You mean as a wrestler? Oh yeah, wrestler. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like that goes yeah. back to the classic comics mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, I love the way that he gets his ass kicked. Uh, in that last scene, we love battle damage suits. And oh, I do. Yeah. I love that you just watch him get the shit. Bro, the beat thing out about the, all three of these movies, Sam Raimi knows how how to like to to, to like how to hit. Yeah, like the, the impacts in all three of these movies are like you feel them when somebody gets hit or they get like punched or knocked over, they fall off a building. Like you, f- the boom, the impacts like, ow, owies. Or even when the like when his arm gets cut when he's fighting Goblin inside the oh, the, the burning the, building. Uh, yeah, uh, the, he has a there's a Stan Lee cameo. Blink and you miss it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in this in, one. In the first two, they're blinking and you miss it. That's because they're the same cameo. He's just pulling someone away from falling debris. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think that's really funny. Before he finally got a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I I can't remember when was the first time I noticed that was Stanley. It must have been well after I had this movie on DVD because I was watching. I was like, "Is that Stanley?" It was definitely yeah. I was too young to, to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably didn't even know what Stanley looked like when I first saw Spider-Man. I had no clue who um, Stanley was when I first saw Spider-Man. The couple of last notes I definitely want to get through are, are I really love Norman's last attempt to like appeal to him just the way that it comes out uh i think that's just a really well written and well performed you saved me yeah yeah yeah. yeah. uh thank god for you peter um it uh incredible visual choices and uh, throughout the film but like i I specifically love the one about um when peter parker when 
Norman dies and Peter like lowers his head and then the goblin mask is overlaid next to him as yeah. he's like kind of defeated by goblin and goblin's like grinning there even though Norman is dead. I think that's just the movie's full of that kind of imagery but like it's so good. Uh I love that uh like it, I think it's like the same year because the two towers comes out like with all the Gollum stuff with like Gollum talking to himself. Uh, oh yeah. Uh Will yeah. the foe just talking to himself in a mirror and them not even doing a cut. It's just like it's him being the goblin but then just immediately reverting into Norman. I'm like that's just acting. They're just letting him do his thing and I'm like hell yeah. I really love the design and feel of the <clears throat> pumpkin bombs as you said yeah. like you feel every hit. You feel when that pumpkin bomb explodes. Yes. Oh, the slow motion. Every yeah. every time that pumpkin bomb goes boom, you feel it. Right. And they they like they like take their time to have that moment be something that you're just going to slow it down a bit on it or mm -hmm. even go fast on it. But it's something that you're, that the audience is going to be like, Oh dang, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and then the last thing is like, it, it starts here and it's going to come up for, for these films and also for the next ones. But one thing that Ryan, and I've talked about that, like is something that for a lot of reasons, it's very obvious. Like the current Spider-Man films don't have is New York is a character in these movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, and New York is a character in these movies big time. And like as hokey as it is, there's nothing better than uh, them being like, you're going to pick on a guy who's trying to save a bunch of kids? You yeah. mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, it's and then throwing the shit at Goblin. Like, love it. That, shit, that shit is so good. And it works so well because it's such a good balance of, especially in Spider-Man 1 and 2, of New York loving Spider-Man and Jameson being mad about it. Because they and don't you love get him. both of those things. Because when you just have Jameson being mad about Spider-Man but don't have people praising Spider-Man, it feels one-sided and yeah. it doesn't work as well. Uh, we haven't wanna... talked about the music at all. Danny oh. Elfman's incredible. Bro. The score is so good. You know who's... So, Sam Raimi is directing the Multiverse of Madness. Do you know who's doing the music? Yeah, it's Danny, Danny Elfman. It's Danny Elfman, yeah. baby. I can't believe it. Um, and he... <laughs> I mean, he's coming back from Age of Ultron because he did half of Age of Ultron soundtrack. But I'm talking about you start going to Sam Raimi again. I know, I'm just saying. Um, Age of Ultron, get that shit out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny Elfman's music is, is is really great. I really love his Spider-Man theme. Um, mm -hmm. It's honestly iconic, like for real. Like I listening to it again, I'm like, oh my god, this this isn't nostalgia. Like this is truly one of the best soundtracks ever made. All, for, for me, it was like, oh, this is nostalgia, but it was like also like, damn, this like this hits this hits hard, and also, you feel its absence in the third one. The uh, the music choices, the needle drops, the credits. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Take me right back to high school. For sure. <laughs> the oh, soundtracks of my high school, uh, my high school life, and in, in these movies. Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely a person who really appreciated that. These were films that had pop culture music needle drops. That I think fit the theme, fit the moment of what you're doing in the movie, but fit the time of the period that you were watching it as well. Yeah. They're not egregious uh, or and, anything. And yeah. releasing those songs in tandem with it, like the soundtracks that came out in tandem with it were really strong. Mm -hmm. This is something that I also think is lacking in Spider-Man 3. Um, you don't have great needle drops like you yeah. do in Spider-Man 1 and 2. I, I don't think it's as well orchestrated bow, together. Bow, 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 I, mean, I mean, outside I'm, of uh, like, kidding, yeah. but but like there, there really aren't. And like you think about like, some of the sequences here in Spider-Man 1 or like the one of my favorites in Spider-Man 2, which is the, the um, I don't remember the artist or, or the song title off the top of my head, but it's the part where Peter starts like weighing between the wearing the suit and the Spider-Man suit. And it's like you, the song saying like, you know, you tried so hard to be someone, but you forgot who you were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like that song plays through the whole sequence of him trying to get ready to go to the Mary, Mary Jane show and trying to be this person. Uh, I it's, it's so well calculated into working into the film. Uh, yep. Sam Raimi's very smart about what he chose, where he chose to include it. Yeah. Um, two more things I want to say about Spider-Man. Um, one is that watching a movie from early 2000s is always fun because you get to see a lot of cameos from from actors that you've come to know. Oh my gosh, yeah. Joe um, Manganiello, damn. Yeah, mm -hmm. Joe Manganiello. Um, there's um, uh, Xena 
Xena's in Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless. Um, she has a brief cameo, and um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks before mm-hmm. she was like really Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Raimi, of course. Ted Raimi shows up. He's in every Raimi movie. Um, I so like seeing all those was really fun, and I really want to talk. I want to say one more thing about J.K. Simmons. Um, I. Uh, talked a bit about Star- real quick because you were talking about the, just the Cameos. small appearances. The one that that I was like, "Holy shit!" Didn't even register Ma. in this movie is Octavia Spencer. Oh, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, Ma you're right. Herself. Um, there is a uh, there's so in Star Trek Discovery season two, um, Anson Mount shows up as as Christopher Pike and he walks off the transporter pad and he's a fully fledged character that you immediately get and you immediately know and you feel comfortable with because you feel like the moment that man walks off the p- transporter pad you've been watching him for like 50 years mm-hmm. and play this role jk simmons filled the D- J. jones james role in much in the same way where the moment he's on screen he's a fully fleshed out fully formed character that has just existed for years before mm-hmm. that moment as far as i'm concerned like jk simmons doesn't exist it's that that is J. it's Jones just James. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the guy that's him um he also has fake teeth which is real funny yeah <laughs> a teeth <laughs> um, I love I love his performance. There's there's just such good stuff. Anyway, so we go into Spider Man Two then. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Spider-Man. I'm sure we'll reference back to this one, but Spider-Man. but amazing film, amazing film. Yes. Yeah, definitely better. Like I liked it before, but like better than I remember. Closer or, to Spider Man Two than you thought. It honestly, was in your like memory. Yeah. honestly, like real good. Yeah. Like, less, yeah, less negatives than I remember. Mag suggests that the song title be Raindrops. Oh no, no that's, that's, that's a different one. There, no, 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 no that's is... a different one. But that, but that's also a good use in Spider-Man Two. But oh, that's not yeah. the one I'm I will say. To. Something that only only is better with age, the Macy Gray stuff. Because in two thousand one, that's kind of like cool. Macy Gray's in this movie, or whatever. But twenty years later, that's irrelevant. She's just a musical artist that's happening. So it's like it's not as uh, intrusive because it's like a pop culture reference at the time. Oh, I thing. see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like oh, it's just like they're, they're at a they're at a parade. Yeah. yeah, it's not like we're this Macy is, Gray's just singing at a parade. Not yeah. a big deal. No, nobody knows who Macy Gray is anymore. That's what I mean. <laughs> I do, but I get because we were there. <laughs> no, I yeah, I get it. Spider Man Two, yeah, uh, infinitely better movie. One of the greatest movies ever made. How do you top a great movie? You make a greater movie. A- a- everything we just said about the first movie, yes, but better. And yeah. I'm not joking. So every so, element. <laughs> so real quick, uh, this is based on a story by Alfred Go, Miles Miller, and Michael Chabon. Uh, and oh. it, the screenplay is by Alvin Sargent, and Alvin Sargent would go on to screenwrite with Ivan Raimi and Sam Raimi for Spider-Man Three, huh? Based on a story by Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi, huh? But yeah, so David Kep didn't come back. Uh, One and done. Is, this is mostly on Alvin Sargent. Well, Alvin. this movie is incredible. Yeah. Um. Like for real. Like every. Like all the complaints I had about like like any of the acting, it's gone. Like Toby is like so much more. Like he feels so much more like in the role. Like he's still that dweeb, but he feels like, like looser, and like he just feels like the character. And he's just like he is so put upon. This is I said to Sparks like this is there will never be a more perfect example of Spider-Man dealing with his life life work struggle. This is the pinnacle of him trying to be Spider-Man and a person at the same time. Nothing will beat this. Funny, okay, not funny enough. But well, as I was watching this movie, <laughs> I was like, damn. For a movie that came out in like what 2003, 2004? Four. Yeah. For a movie that came out in 2004, this is still so relatable today because as I was watching um, Peter Parker deal with him being Spider Man, his school life, him trying to work at the pizza job, at the pizza joint, it's just, this is burnout. Pizza time. This is putting so much on your plate and you're not being able to do, you want to do everything, but you can't do a single thing. This is. How this is him dealing with burnout? Yeah. Jack is, of all trades, master. Why is why is this like so relatable to me today? Of, because of, because this is the one where 
Peer, Peer and Spider-Man are allowed to be what they're always meant to be, which is it feels like it could just be you. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. even Spider-Man 1 has that, but this is like directly hitting like this is anybody. He's a this regular is person. A, this is a regular person who's also a superhero. This is how it is. Yeah. Uh, and no no other movie has captured it this well because even even like the Superman films and trying to like do Jonathan Kent like Superman still has it pretty easy as Jonathan Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Clark Kent. Um but this is this is the pinnacle of like yeah you get this because this is everybody at some point yeah. this is everybody being we all over, have the same time even if time. it's not work specific it's just overburdened by responsibilities mm-hmm. everybody hits that point um my favorite line is in this movie sure butterfingers hey spider-man just stole that guy's pizza uh, <laughs> i thought it was i don't know why but i thought it was gonna be rent oh no rent's pretty good yeah. uh no but that, that i forgot about that line completely and just the whoa Spider-Man just stole that guy's pizza. <laughs> he's, he definitely went the rest of his life thinking Spider-Man stole some pizza. He went to Jameson yeah. saying, you were right, 100%. You were right. I, wa- I, I watched him stole, <laughs> steal this guy's pizza. <laughs> like 10 boxes of pizza just gone. It's the same one where he does a, where, where he almost gets hit by the car and he does a flip and the kids are like, how'd you do that? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you that, know, oh, yeah, drink your vegetables. milk, eat your vegetables. That's, that's what mom's always saying. He's such a cool dork. Yeah. yeah. He is. Um, um, there were... One thing that did a little okay, it didn't bother me. It was just something that I was like, "Oh my god, just say you love her already." Was the whole "I love you, Mary Jane." No, I can't be with you. It, I don't know why. It just like it just bugged me a lot in this movie than it did in the other ones, because mm. he's like, "Oh, I do want to be with you, Mary Jane." Well, you don't want to be with me because you can't make the time for me. So I'm gonna go with this other guy. And then that's, that's, I'm trying. That's I'm trying life. to understand what you're saying is bothering I, you about it. I'm, I don't know. It's just like it's the whole like yeah, I I do I don't I do I don't. Oh, the you're whole... gonna hate the next set of movies you watch then, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it it bugged me a little bit, but at the same time, it didn't take me completely out of the movie because at the very end, it's resolved that oh, she understands because he's Spider Man. He you has just protect wa- so her. You you just wanted him to say, "Hey, I'm Spider Man." Like, That's why we yeah, can't be together. Like the whole phone call when he's when he's when the answering machine stops and he finally, you know, confesses even though he knows the machine is done. You wanted that to be real. You wanted kind of kind of yeah. Uh I don't agree. Then yeah, yeah, you're just that's missing the point. Cuz that's I think. that's that's the arc of the movie. That's the whole I know, that's his I whole know. thing. I I know. The thing is I know. It mm. just bugged me a little bit for some reason in this viewing. It might not bug me the next time I watch it. Sure. Gotcha. Well, Interesting. Peter Parker. Lazy but brilliant. I think uh. the thing that's important, Ben, and maybe I'm misreading what you said, is that it's not that he's changed. His feelings for her aren't changing. He loves her the whole time. What's changing is that, like, he's like, "Oh, I think I could just maybe stop being Spider-Man." Oh no, I can't. It's not like mm-hmm. he flip flops back and forth. He's hardline like, "I can't be that. I want right. to be as close as possible without of... being that." And then he's mm-hmm. like, "Maybe I can be that." No, I can't. Mm-hmm. And then circumstances are revealed, and so he's forced to like say like. And in Peter's mind, he's still saying, like, mm-hmm. I can never be with you because of this. Mary Jane has to make the decision to say, I get to make a choice in this, too. F you. We're going to try this because I love you, too, you dumbass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's important is that Peter is always of the mind except for the one time where he thinks. The one time where he thinks, mm-hmm. maybe I can step away from this because I'm sorry, man. I can't be with her even though I love her. Right. Yeah. Right. He's I, not He's not wishy-washy. Right. I... I mean, I also I could be trying to explain it off. It's just I know what something about that was bothering me just a little bit, mm-hmm. and then, but the, as the rest as the movie continues on, I was like, this movie's still a fantastic. I think the human drama in this movie is excellent. Yeah. I think it's excellent. Um, and I guess I can understand like, 
like the will they won't they of of like soap opera dramas and like I get that but like the, the execution of it here it's it is a hundred percent Peter Parker he is that he is that nerdy dude who's like he can't tell the woman he loves that he loves her because he's a nerdy dude but, here, but that's that's who he is here's my here's my rebuttal I guess to Ben's thing um, it's melodrama. Yeah, this movie, all three of these movies are melodrama, are melodramatic. And this, is, this came out in a time lo- in a time period where blockbusters were allowed to do this. Uh, Lord of the Rings is incredibly melodramatic. This melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean melodramatic. Oh hell yeah! Like these these kind of tw- kind of up the emotional the uh, the emotional dial to eleven so that you can so that you're just getting nothing but like raw nerves walking around. I think as blockbusters emotion. peaked around like the nineteen nineties, two thousands, two thousand five. Yeah. Like, that was the perfect era, and so maybe. like they were allowed to be melodramatic. So having, having that, having Peter Parker wrestle with the fact that like if I'm Spider Man, I can't be with Mary Jane, so I don't want to be Spider Man anymore. That's very melodramatic, and it works for this movie. There is nothing in this movie that doesn't tonally, stylistically, uh, story, storily, story wise, yeah. um, narratively, narratively, uh, it just does all of it works. All of it works at a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect movie. I, I honestly, I do. I rewatching. I'm like, this is a perfect movie. I was waiting for something to be like, I don't like this. And we watched the extended edition. Everything is also even better. All that stuff. Yeah, is all good. they did, like, like the only thing that might not work for you, and it's like your opinion. Like, I, I, it worked for me fine. Uh, the elevator scene is like so much longer. Oh, they, oh. it's like a two minute. It's a whole bit because he's like a marketing guy, and he's like, he's like, let me, I can, me I can help ball. like rebrand you. Like, we're gonna make it big. We can get you uh, commercials. Like, let me, let me think of some ideas. Here. Children's books. Yeah. Um, so that it's like a whole bit of him trying to like market to Spider-Man. Does this also include a scene where J. Jonah Jameson puts on the suit? And yes, it's like, yes, oh, it's man. excellent. That's in the that's in the the train stuff. fight. Dang it! It's honestly one of the best fights in movie history. That There's train a, fight, I can't believe it's so good. Still, it's so good. And also, I love the doc There's how they puppeteer slash CGI because I know great. that at some point Doc's Doc Ock's arms are CGI. Yeah. But I remember watching a special feature, and most of the time, most of the time, it's they're puppets. practical. There's puppets. sixteen people working on that. It's so good. I, I love Doctor Octopus. Doc Ock, uh, Alpha Molina delivers an incredible performance, um, just flat out. And then all of the arms can you can see like different characterizations in each arm and how they move and it's how, like how he's talking to uh, how he's talking to them and having something real to kind of work off of is really. Uh, helping him, um, the the arms look great. There's the incredible scene where Sam Raimi's just like, "I'm gonna do an Evil Dead movie real quick." Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where the arms are just killing people, killing uh-huh, the doctors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. is insanely good. It might right. be like honestly like one of the scariest things in a superhero movie. Oh yeah, give me the scene where they're dragging the girl underneath the into and the, the darkness. And the uh, nails. That's a wax God. floor. I know it's a wax yeah. floor. It's just but, like the special effects of it. I love as it. A, I will never forget seeing that movie in the theaters as a kid. Oh and yeah, it freaked me out because that told because I know now I was like okay I'd want to know how they did that now I know the but, cha- the chainsaw hawking it back uh-huh. to, yeah. to Evil Dead. Yeah. So good. But when you're a kid and you see that and you see this lady gripping on these floors so hard that they're peeling off it's like oh she is desperate some some things that we uh the action in this film is incredible it's top notch um super good like the action in the first one's pretty good too this one is like up in the ante big time there in the extended edition both fights with doc ock are have extended bits um in the bank uh scene um, they go uh up the building and uh, at one point, they crash through a window into an office, have a physical fight in there for like 30 seconds, and then pop back out to the side of the building and go around. And on the train, there's a part where they're fighting on the side of the train for a while, and he pins Spider-Man down. Spider-Man gets hit by another train and has to catch back up. 
that's cool. uh, it's a whole incredible scene. And like Ryan's right, like the extended edition, it's all just more good. None of it hurt the movie. Like it's all just more. They good. just cut it for time. <laughs> the the swinging um, choreography is also better in this movie. I think. Than oh the yeah, first yeah. One. Like they're they're able to advance. The He's he the the way he like steers himself with the different mm-hmm. webs is really cool. Uh, there's a bit where he like pin, pins the needle between the between the truck and then like following the train. I think yeah. all really interesting. The d- you could definitely tell the CGI got upped from the first. Oh, movie the budget. I mean, I mean, yes. Once again, it's a 2001 or 2002 movie. 2004, Ben. Two, no, I'm talking about the first the original one. one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the original. Yeah, the original one was 2002. Yeah, the CGI is a little raw. You can tell, but once again. It's but for even, its time. It's still pretty good. Even this even one you here, can, even even here, there's there's sequences where the CGI has has dated itself just by by virtue of being wor- just being it was, old. Yeah, well, old. I, it's well, the, it's the best of its time. Well, I will say, like I watch the not not the 4K 4K versions of of most of these, but the still high definition and scaled up, and yeah. the CGI still looks good even scaled up. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm I just saying the, that the I was I was mostly getting at the there's still the issue that like you know Spider-Man's very beautiful, very textured suit, which I which I have this huge nostalgia goggles for, um, is, is smoother when we get to the CG Spider-Man. Um, there's the only the one time they have a fully CGI Doc Ock close up. Um, looks a little wonky. Looks yeah. a little yeah. wonky, but ultimately, um, it's the CG is used um, in conjunction with how they were choreographing the film and the fight sequences, so they're able to blend it so well. Yeah, um, uh, I think on- the movie looks honestly gorgeous. like some of the special effects in here still look like better than some of the stuff that comes out today. Like it just like the the composition of it and like everything. It's so like you just see every frame. It's never tight. So brightly lit. It's so brightly it lit. Is. Yeah, and it's like it's so focused, and you always see everything. And like I'm and like it's not like a Michael Bay movie where there's a cut every seven seconds. Like that train fight. A lot of long shots. There's a lot of long shots. There's a lot of people beating the shit out of each uh-huh. other. The, it's crazy. The like the physical stunt stuff. Like when you see Spider Man bend like the Matrix to avoid that other subway train that's mm-hmm. coming at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just everything. Ab- the the train scene itself, or in the tra- in the train when he loops around the pole and sk- jump out through the nether pole, but then he gets hit with the tentacle. Yeah. Oh man. So that train scene is just so good, and he, and even the the campiness is still here. It's like you have a train to catch, and he jumps off. Yeah. Oh, his little and, smirk. And yeah, just a little smirk. Like he's, uh-huh. again, the Butterfingers thing. Like he's 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 got charm, man. After, um, uh, Real quickly, real quickly, Ben, if you don't mind, uh, Mag is in the chat. Uh, says yeah, wants yeah. to shout the opening credits with Alex Ross is awesome. He's got to bring them up. Yeah, good I, job. I wanted to. Med- I t- I tweeted about that because I'm watching this movie. It's like, damn, why is this so good? Yeah, Alex Ross art is mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tentacles are nicknamed from the Three Stooges, but there's four of them. Mag, make that make sense. The fourth one is Carly. Um, um yeah. Uh, again, like practicality. Again, obviously, you can't be practical all the time, but like committing to mostly practical, like it really helps. But they, lean, the cl- they like, lean into their restrictions. Yeah, uh, like the close-up scenes where like he's smoking a cigar, he actually lights it, or they take off his hat, or he drinks a drink. Those are actually actually really happening. And it's like, yeah, that took like a hundred takes, but it looks real good. But yeah, because there's a bunch of bloopers of like the thing tipping the glass for him, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's also but, like, what, isn't the in the first film the tray scene is like 150 takes? It's 130 uh-huh. takes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Amazing. like Sam Raimi was uh, knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. See, and now that would just all be CGI. Yeah, that's that, true. That, that all, would be all, CGI. all the Doc Ock arms in the new movie are all CGI, which again that makes sense. It's twenty first. No, century. going back to the tray scene in the first movie, I was like, damn, that's right. That's an act. He actually caught all that stuff. <laughs> and it's yeah. like that's right. It took over well over hundred takes, and then a bunch of the stuff with the arms. It's like this is ninety percent of this is real. Yeah, that's uh, what I love about this. It's I mean there are times like Brand, you were mentioning how and you can tell between a CGI suit and a real suit. Um, that definitely happened uh, in the third movie and in this one as well. But it's still not bad. 
That's why no, I love I didn't about mean it. Is not at all. I didn't mean the special effects this movie hold up kind of. I don't know if this is a bad compare. If this is a good comparison or not, but Jurassic Park, the CGI. I mean, you can kind of tell it's CGI, but the CGI is still really damn. Spider Man Two holds up better than all the prequels. Mm. All easy, hundred percent easy. There's certainly a lot less special effects in them. <laughs> yes, because um, those those movies are like ninety percent. All CGI. <laughs> There's a lot what, of that CG. What, what prequels are you talking about? The Star Wars prequels. Star Wars prequels. Oh, okay. the only prequels. Sorry, with the one that we talk about. <laughs> are we talking about the Hobbit? Who talks about the, the only the only film franchise that is collectively known as the prequels? Just just making sure. Uh, but yeah, okay. it it is. Uh, there's so few CGI shots, and it's so it's used sparingly. Um, you know, and this goes back to like what what we've talked about. Like, you know, you compare like Davy Jones to something something modern, and the di- the difference is really just time. Like, mm-hmm. they had the time back then to work on them. They were working yeah. on them through production. Um, they didn't. They they had a director. They had a directing hand guiding them. You're, they had a clear vision. And they've talked about like you know with Jurassic Park when you have like less CGI shots. Like, why does the CGI in Jurassic Park, even when it shows up, it looks e- better than, like, just picking a random shot out of, like, Jurassic World yeah. in yeah. the CGI department. And it's because, like, they were only having, like, mm, 140 frames of CGI yeah. in Jurassic Park relatively to, like, thousands I that just... will appear in a, in a more modern film. And, like, by seeing that difference, like, you recognize where the artists are able to just put so much time and effort into those specific frames, make sure that those frames just pop and sing. And Spider-Man 2 also has the benefit yeah. of things I like just that. watched the Corridor Crew Spider-Man. thing about the Jurassic Park. And uh, the, way, the thing they did is they first they built a model of a T-Rex, mm-hmm. and then they lit it properly, they did everything so they know what the actual lighting would look like, so when they made the CG thing, they had a, they had a, a, a reference. Uh, and instead, now every, everything is just CGI now. <laughs> so well, CGI know. without, without like, you know, it's all it's all secondhand, like, po- in post, yeah. and, like, nobody but trying like, to that, do the work on like the Like, Jurassic Park, that set, all that's a set, the only thing that's fake is a dinosaur. Now right. everything would be fake. And, yeah. and, here's, and here's what I'm, what I'm saying is that the... We would have much better CGI to look at uh, if these animators were given the time mm-hmm. that they need. And the thing is, they're not. They're beholden to uh, ridiculous standards to get movies out on time. Uh, and and sometimes it works out. We get some good CGI sometimes, but like other times, like sometimes it's good enough. Uh, it just has to be it for them. Yeah. And I, that 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 has more to do with the CG industry and less to do with just filmmaking. Yeah, that's, that's bad business stuff. I I that's true. And also, I think it's just we would benefit more from like just because we can do it in CGI doesn't mean we should just, uh, let's not even bother trying to do it in like practical. Like there are some things where like, maybe that didn't need to be CGI. Maybe we could have just done the work and put in the day yeah. and made the practicals work for that. Yeah. Um, I think that we, in general, uh, it's gotten too, too simple to just be like, uh, we'll just CGI that thing in, like, yeah, uh, yeah, rather than, like, I mean, like, it's the blase feeling of, like, cats, right? Where they're like, yeah, just have them in their regular clothes and then make them cats. Yeah, screw yeah. the animators, right? Have them in <laughs> hoodies. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's that kind of cavalierness about not even trying to, like, give them anything to work with, like, what you were just saying, like, having the model as a reference point. Mm-hmm. Like, it, not even trying to, like, e- even if they're going to do CG, give them a helping guide mm-hmm. in the shots, just like, bleh. Uh, uh, final thing about the train, like the finale with with Toby on it, just acting is damn ass off. Phil yeah. Lamar. <laughs> Phil Lamar's there. Chloe Dyche there. She's in actually both Spider Man movies and cameos. Um, but she, yeah, uh, I I love like uh, the, the the people carrying him. Like we won't tell nobody. Don't worry, Spider Man. I like I like that I like that bit where it's like uh, we won't tell nobody. And it's like you don't even know who this is. No, but you know he's a white dude with blue eyes. <laughs> I think I think Forrest 
a uh, friend of the podcast for us. Uh, he'll come up again at some point, and you'll see him in our Hawkeye discussion. Oh. Um, he he brought up a good point because we were talking about Spider-Man stuff the other night, and uh, that like that is even more impactful, I think, with time because by modern standards, like it doesn't matter that they don't know who he is. Someone would have taken a cell phone video of him oh, in the 21st yeah. century. You know, absolutely. like like somebody would have done that, and like. It, it does make it more impactful that, like, you know, it does mean something that, like, they're not just going to try and, like... Rat them out. Find a way, like, you could you could go to the police. You could give a... You can go to Jameson. You could give a description where somebody sketches out his face. You could do it. Yeah. Um, uh, you could eventually draw the connections, figure out who Spider-Man is. You don't have, if you want him, you don't have to go through all of us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good scene. Even when they're, like, put bring Spider-Man in, of course, birth of another meme, careful, he's a hero... And they're laying him down, and they're all like, "Wow, he's like, he's just a kid. He's, he's only twenty-seven. And yeah. again, like that's obviously the pin pinpoint scene of like New York as a character, but it's in the movie and peppered throughout. Like it's it's the kids with the vegetables line. It's mm-hmm. the kids that he saves from the bus. Even like the um, cop in New York. Yo, I'm gonna tow your car. I don't care. Yeah, it's all it's all these characters of New York feel like they are are present and interacting with the world of Spider-Man rather than just like people living in the background of a world. Yeah. Oh my God, Spider-Man. Like, uh, uh, Doc Ock like kidnaps Aunt, Aunt May, and then like when Aunt May gets saved, the, the girls are like, "Take me with you, Spider Man!" <laughs> like it's 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 great. Like the city stuff in these in these Raimi movies is excellent. I mm-hmm. think I think yeah. Rosemary Harris is great in all three of these Shame films, but I think she's at her best in this one. Yeah, yeah. Kills it. yeah when she... Outside of having uh, one of my favorite scenes in the third one, I think that this is uh, mm-hmm. uh, this has like, some of her best stuff. It's specifically the scene where like uh, I remember like the first time seeing. Peter tell her the truth yeah. about the day with the Uncle hand. Ben. I was just and about like, to say. I was just about that, to say that's some damn fine acting. They're both. Her. They're both given it. Yeah. Um. And the 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 way that she just leaves, and then when he comes back and sees her, and she's like, "It's all water under the bridge or wherever," and she starts talking to him about Spider Man and like, you and know, why a, people need Spider Man. Like, this is such a us. great, well written scene, and she's so good at performing like the deep sadness that's underneath something but not letting it overcome her. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some intru- there's also um uh so the, they did the Spider-Man no no more thing in this movie. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. Spider-Man and I think no they more. I think they do it exactly as much as they should have. Yeah. Yes, I it, agree. It does not overstay. It's not a whole thing. We it's got the great montage. I think this happy. I think this is also the first time where you're really benefited by the or decision to make organic webbing mm-hmm. is all this factor of like Peter not believing he should be or wants to be Spider-Man, yeah. meaning that he loses his powers because his powers are all based organically, uh, I think is excellent for that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's perfect. Like, yeah, like like the, the, the headspace of like you lose your powers because like you're dealing with some shit, like you're, you're depressed right now. Bro. Yeah. It's, it's, like, that's awesome. It's Kiki's delivery service. Oh, yeah. I 100%. love that the, the doctor scene is even yeah. better in the extended edition because yeah. he doesn't just like, he, he like has a full-blown conversation with him kind of like analyzing like, it's more than just him saying like maybe you shouldn't be Spider-Man doing mm-hmm. those things. He has like a whole relatable story about like a nightmare he had and mm-hmm. like an anxiety thing he has that he shares with Peter, and uh, it being like you know this is this is he reveals he's going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor does and like relates to him on this level. It's it's actually a really nice scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool. Um, and I agree with you. Like I do think in that context, like it didn't read to me anymore. Like. The doctor knows he's Spider-Man. Yeah, which it weirdly does in the regular cut. I think. Yeah, it does. Um, but in the in the extended edition, like it's it's very clear that he's just kind of getting back on board with his concept of the premise of the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's not it's not him being let in on like, oh yeah, you're Spider-Man. Like yeah. that doesn't come across the same. 
yeah, man, I like this movie. J.K. Simmons once again. We get um, we get his space his spaceman son, space son, his space son. The reason the, the reason Venom comes in the next movie because that's brilliantly planned out. Great great job, guys. You nailed it. Yeah, that makes sense. I I will say like this movie is about Peter Parker, so it cannot be about. Mary Jane like she's not given a lot of room to do a lot of character stuff yeah it has to all be reactionary to like what Peter's doing but I do think that like when she gets to do things it's great mm-hmm. yeah the yeah. whole avenge me part when um avenge me. Avenge me. I love it like he's because the whole t- the whole movie like Peter is like or Peter Nobel Harry. Prize Otto yeah oh <laughs> Harry just is like he's I so good he's he's a hundred percent better in this he's movie. putting on he's putting on his father's suits he's slicking back his hair he, he wants he's, to be his dad he's so trying bad. to be he's, he's trying, trying to, have, to please he's trying to so have bad. his energy when he's yep. when he's like talking business I'm something of a scientist myself <laughs> yeah and then of course he's like drinking he's like constant and he's like I want to see his face he's like oh no. And then oh, Spider-Man hard on you. Yeah. Like the whole like the when Willem Dafoe comes back for that hot second and he yell, just yells Avenge me and he breaks the, the glass and he sees the he sees the goblin. But when, when I was twelve years old in the theater watching that, that was the hypest I've ever been for anything in my life because I knew Spider-Man three was going to come and he was going to be the Green Goblin. I was like, ah! Avenge me! No, smash! Uh, I guess I will. Yeah, Harry I did- Harry finds out Spider-Man is Peter Parker in this yeah. one. Peter. Oh. Uh, I do agree with you also that like. My read is that Aunt May, uh, it doesn't know, but definitely suspects that Peter's yeah, Spider-Man I, in this movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, Spider-Man three seems to walk back away from hundred percent. No idea what's going uh, but on. But in Spider-Man two, like my read is that oh, she definitely thinks he's Spider-Man. Yeah, this 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 viewing, I was like, oh, I think she might have an inkling. Definitely in this one. Yeah, I was when I was watching that scene at, her, at the garage sale or yes, her putting herself 100%. away. It it really reminded me of the last scene of the video game yes. where she says, "Take that damn mask off. I want to see my nephew." Yes. And oh uh, right the 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 Spider-Man game, game. Yeah. the video game the video game ending sorry the current the uh, PS4 one but just seeing this whole thing where she's like and it's like you know it's like oh, I, all I, mean, I know she doesn't flat out say I know you're Spider-Man but it's one of those like I'm trying to tell you subtextually without it's, exclaiming it's, it to the world it's all about the line where she says like Danny and I agree we don't see his picture in the paper that's anymore that's the line and that it's I'm like, like oh! bro bro she definitely at least thinks it she almost <laughs> winked at the camera. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love her as Aunt May. I, I, I like all the Aunt Mays, but this J, one's like J. Jonah Jameson's bit where he's like, he was a hero. I just couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A thief. <laughs> a thief. He's a thief. He's because a vandal. Because it finally affected him personally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A thief. Okay. So, yeah. It's like he stole my suit. Um, the I want Spider-Man. Precious Tritium. Uh, uh, the the fusion. The first fusion scene's incredible. Uh, yeah. Poor Rosie dies. Glass. Oh, it's awful. Horrific. One of the greatest screams in a movie. <laughs> I love how this movie starts out with Doctor with Otto Octavius and Peter Parker. Like at first, I was like, I don't really want to talk to this kid, but it's Harry's buddy. Oh, I yeah. got it because he's paying the bills. Two well, hours well, later, no, and, they and, are bros. Well, well, and he, uh, I think it's also smart writing that he also has like a preconceived idea of Peter because of brilliant Connors. but lazy. Yeah, yeah, brilliant but lazy. Like, My favorite that, line that adds yeah. a lot to it. Besides just like Harry brought him, it's him having like a concept of what kind of person he is because and then Connors, reading into him. Because Connor sets it up as like... Uh, He's a good friend of Octavius mine. Octavius is a friend of mine. Yeah. And um, he clearly clears about Peter to know like this guy's a genius but he just won't apply himself. And yeah. he said, mm-hmm. and he says to... And he goes... And, and when he first meets him, like, Peter Parker, right, brilliant but lazy. I think I think and then Connor's... That, that callback at the end yes. is, is so brilliant. Brilliant but lazy. Yes, exactly. Connor's is a very good bit character presence in this film. He does a lot of good, important work yeah. in fleshing out Peter's world and what he's going through without like 
overshadowing anything. Mm-hmm. He he only adds to a lot of story, both for Peter and contextually because of uh, Otto. Yeah. Uh, I thought he's used incredibly well in this. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Because he, you kind of see him as like the um, the disappointed mentor figure. Um, yes, you, absolutely. And you get that imp- you get that impression the moment they see each other, uh, and then you see how proud he is that when Peter's in class. And yeah, that, uh, I think that that's some really good stuff. Um, the callback to the brilliant but lazy line um, that Doc Gock has when he's coming to his senses, yeah, is, is after he got his world rocked. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just kind of sitting there, and he sees now why Peter is that way, and he yeah. understands Peter in a different way, um, and you get that just with that line is so cool. And, and, and again, like Peter, like regurgitating the thing about like you know uh, uh, if you're intelligent, you know it's a privilege, and uh, Doc's like. You're right, and I've become the person that I said I never wanted to be. Yeah, like it's so it's such good superhero. Like shit. The, the whole part in the beginning where it's like, look, if you're intelligent, you have to use it for the better of my kids. Like and that is such a good line. That's and, such a good thing. And in that same moment, like bringing back up that, like, you know, I, sometimes we have to give up what we want the most, which is all Peter has been doing through uh-huh. this movie is what he's been pushing himself through, mm-hmm. uh, what he's recognized, and he's trying to impart that. Like I understand, like I had to be this. And I have to give up things I want too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I love that. I'm gonna reference back to that moment when he pulls Otto out later after we've talked about Spider-Man three. But um, I I do really love that they they flip Otto. That Otto gets to become the good man. The, I I love him saying I will not die a monster. Uh, yeah. I I really love that. It was it was powerful the first time I saw it. It remains powerful today. Um. So just to acknowledge the chat. Um. Grace is very episode we mentioned the game. Uh. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Scott. Melville in the chat says, uh, "Just I want Spider-Man." <laughs> he was, he was. Uh, that's a buddy of mine. He was messaging me because I put the uh, "I want Spider-Man" scene from two on my Instagram story. Oh my god! Maybe, like, maybe the best shot in the movie where it's like "I want Spider-Man." Then it cuts to Spider-Man swinging through the city, and then it zooms out into Doc's glasses. Yes, yes. Oh, beautiful. Every so, time it gets me. And uh, so good. And then Jackson again, like incredible transitions throughout. And then Jackson's in the chat. <gasps> your former roommate oh hey um, hey bud i get a lot of crap for this but i think spider-man 2 is right there with the original superman and the dark knight as a contender for best superhero movie of all time you don't have crap for that i don't nope. understand who's giving you crap for that find new friends yep no we're <laughs> we're with you baby uh it's definitely the best yes it is, it is one of the best superhero movies so, of all time it is so good uh, I still holds like, up today like, too in the first movie i find like mary jane she's cute but like She's just kind of like a cute girl. And this one, like, I think she's got the charm. I see why Peter likes her. It's like, she's doing Broadway stuff. Like, it's like, it's all there. And like, yo, man, he loves this model so much, but he's Spider-Man. He she, can't love her. She also does have personality and agency. Like, she's trying to force, like, please, like, just tell me what you want to tell me. She wants, she, like, she wants I, him so she bad, knows, but she waiting. knows. Like, she's, she is 95, she's also like Aunt May. She is 95% confident. She knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's why she does the, like, I need a kiss thing yeah. that's why when they like early on in the film when they first see each other for the first time in this movie uh with the the, the birthday thing yeah and then they're talking after and she's like do you have something you want to tell me peter yeah like she's trying to get him to admit it because she's like i really like i'm like we she's can, putting I in all the work but he's a, dir- a nerdy white guy and like i get that like i i will i'm i have no confidence i will not make you five i will not be the five percent right you're and, the 95 and i think it's yeah. good because it adds a lot of like weight to everything Mary Jane is saying because Mary Jane's also saying like I, I'm pretty sure you are Spider-Man I still need you to be able to show up for yeah. me and be able to count on you as a friend and, then and that just hasn't been happening and then she's dating someone but it's almost more like a test yes 
And then unfortunately, like she's so she's so let down, she's gonna marry someone she's lying for the herself, rest of yeah. her life and be miserable. Oh yeah, great scene. Oh. Great scene with her talking to her co-star in the show. They go out uh, talking That's about the engagement. It's, it's an extended edition scene. Yeah, okay. It's really excellent. It fleshes out like how she's feeling about Jameson in a really great way and what she thinks about Peter at that moment. Basically saying like, do you really love this guy? Do you really want to spend yeah, the rest of your life with this guy? She's challenging it. She's like, I don't think you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, quick correction. It's actually bored and annoys Jackson on the chat. That's what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> it's on a different YouTube channel Got than, it. than is bored and annoyed. He says, uh, bored and annoyed Jackson here. Um... Uh, on my other YouTube stream, and yes, my friends are dummies. <laughs> true, it's all true. You all know of it. That. Um, the score is still is still great. Uh, oh, the yeah, Doc absolutely. Ock theme is, is fantastic. Uh, love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through some talking points. Um, I really love the weight of things, how they are piled up in the beginning, the opening of the film, just like hitting you with the pizza, the bugle, uh, Connors. Like it's all just so piled on, You're so fired. beautifully well his well put together. All of it that he forgets his own birthday in the mix of it. Uh, incredible! Like he, they they do such a good job of putting Peter through the shit mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, really great. Uh, You're fired, Chief. You can't fire him. Wait, can you do photography, <laughs> Alfred? Alfred Molina. Oh, real quick, something I like about this movie is Peter brings in real photography for the first time. He wants to become a real photographer. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He wants to advance as a person, but James is like, "This is crap. I want Spider Man." I'm like, right, "Oh, exactly. you're reading his dreams." <laughs> and that's what he gives him, like. Spider, fine, Spider-Man. fine. Yeah, here's yeah. Spider-Man because I need rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. rent. Uh, Molina's great from beat one. Um, uh, the brilliant, absolutely brilliant orchestration of moments like the one where Peter watches uh, Mary Jean leave the theater and the cop cars go by, mm-hmm. and like just giving you everything wordlessly in that moment where he's watching her walk out and the cop, the cop cars just like you don't even really see them. You hear the sirens and you, you see, see the, the lights, lights yeah. but like they just go by and like you know what's going on. You you get it all in that moment watching him do it. Um, I love the elevator scene. It's yep. so good. Very it's reminiscent so of when I was playing the Spider-Man game, and I'm just trying to go to the main objective, and then a cop, and then a like cop lights just flash on. I was like, gotta help him because yeah. yeah. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rosie's death, which we alluded to, like the the way it's filmed, the tragedy of it is so good. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I love the inhibitor chip. Uh, mm-hmm. he makes a. Ah! I I really love drunk Harry confronting Peter at the party, oh, yeah. and then Slapping immediately him. after he's being told he, uh, that he was an empty seat for Mary Jane, that that it's you're just an empty seat to me. Uh, drunk Harry confronting him, and then I'm announcing my engagement, and oh. Peter's just like, oh my, my life, God. <laughs> my life is horrible. I want to die. It's just so many. Stri- Where's that black suit, <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need that symbiote. Venom, yeah. where you at? Uh, all the transitions are still top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really love that scene between the Doctor and Peter. I'm glad we remembered that. Um, oh, Peter's imagination of talking to Uncle Ben leading yeah. into the No More thing I think was a really good... The fact that like Peter. when he thinks of... When he imagines talking to Uncle Ben, he <laughs> imagines the last time he saw him yeah. like alive. Uh, like... I think that's so good. I think that's that's such a good representation of like, sure, it's easy to do, but like it is it's a mo- last it is the moment that lives so strong. Not only that, like a moment where he carries so much res- guilt, yeah, uh, about responsibility, like, yeah, uh, that that he takes himself back there to have that moment. Um, I think is really strong, uh, and that like to him being Spider Man is a promise to Uncle Ben. Yeah. I, I really love that beat. In Am the I film. not supposed to have what I want? What I need? Uh, you want some cake, Peter? <laughs> great, great needle drops as always. Ordinary. Um, oh, Daniel Day Kim is in this movie. Hell yeah, for five seconds. I did yes. not. Yes. Well, we were Successful talking, fusion, Doctor. <laughs> we were talking about earlier about like Octavia Spencer in the first one. Daniel Day Kim is in this movie, and just is that Fire Lord Ozai, right? 
Yeah, he's gonna be yeah. part of Lord oh, of the Rings. Oh, spicy! Uh, uh, and then um, one more thing. So at the very, end, I just decided to skip through credits because I I knew I probably knew there was a bunch. Like you know what, I might be forgetting something just in case you know that this they have a little Caesar sizzle, but it doesn't. But I get to the end. Michael Bublé sings the original Spider-Man theme at the very end of the yeah. credits for Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. And it's really damn good. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I love the bubbles. Uh, the moment when Peter saves the little girl sounds powers from the fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really great. Yeah. Oh, and then some poor soul. Some poor soul. Like, love. it still wasn't enough. The little girl tries to help him. It's yes. so cute. I really, so I really love that. It looks great. Yeah. The, the way they filmed it, There's it looks so incredible. much fire. Like, I, man, it's real, real impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh I really like. I enjoy it. I think it's very silly. The the I'm back moment to the my back. Oh yeah, oh, my back. <laughs> um, real quick, real, real, real quick. On the fun fact, Tobey Maguire wasn't supposed to be. He's supposed to be in Spider Man Two. He wanted twenty five million dollars, uh, or ten percent of the gross of the of the box office. Right. So they hired Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal started training. Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be in Spider Man Two. Toby came back saying, "Actually, I don't need that much money. Can I please be Spider Man again?" We almost had Jake Gyllenhaal. This is true. He was going to be Spider-Man. Uh, I I heard now, this, yeah. now he's Mysterio. It's a fun world. I mean, he got to be in a Spider-Man movie I'm, eventually. I'm 20 years it, later. I'm glad it kept being Toby because I think Toby yeah. Toby fits these movies. He fits like the dweeby uh, so well. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, It's good that, that we were able to follow uh, a one character throughout. And like, oh man. So, I, okay, I want to say, I wanna, go ahead. If you, I, re- I real quick, real say. quick, like spinning off from the Jake Gyllenhaal comment, like Toby Maguire... Is, is I'm not calling him an unattractive man. I think he's attractive, but like he he feels like real world attractive. Yeah, he's a not regular... like too like movie star pretty. He's yeah. never felt that way, and that helps him so much in this because it makes him feel like this is something Andrew Garfield. That's honestly going yeah. against him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is is that he doesn't he just can't be the the dork loser. Peter Parker like, is not supposed be, to be hot. <laughs> he can't be the everyman. Yeah. Uh, but like uh. Toby Maguire really can capture that energy, and I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal wouldn't have been no, able to he's, capture that. No, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mag says that the landlord's daughter is a good friend of his. No oh, way! That's awesome. That's, that's dude, very cool. Very charming lady. Brings uh, uh, milk and cake to Peter. What a lovely lady. Uh, and one, Gra- of my, one of my favorite bit parts in both this and the third film. Yeah, yeah. And Grayson says, I felt bad for her. She hardcore got friend-zoned. <laughs> It's true, yeah. yeah. Especially in that third one, you he treated t- her. You can tell that she has a crush on him. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for Ursula. Um, Hi, Pete. Ah. There is a there is a thing about early two thousands movies that you know used to be a thing. Um, before we got into the point of like the never ending franchise, and I'm not just saying for like the MCU, but just like in general, like character arcs uh, continue on throughout multiple movies. Um, and no, but it's really cool to see. Just how, like, you know, the f- kind of the forgotten filmmaking of a uh, blockbuster <coughs> filmmaking. We're like, here's a character arc. Mm-hmm. Cool. Here's the next character arc. Yeah. Cool. Here's the next character arc. And so, like, each one's each each film tackles something different. The first one is learning uh, is learning responsibility. The second one learning to live with the responsibility. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that was. Uh. They they each operate as a single unit that don't need each other. Um, yeah, but are enhanced by existing together. True. To uh, to extrapolate on your point, because I actually do see this a whole in these films. Uh, jumping to the third one for a hot second, 
it is. It's like Peter gets his powers in the first one. He's learning difficulties, trying to balance his life with the powers in the second one. And the third one, he thinks he has it all figured out, and it goes straight to his head. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially with all the drama that caused, he causes with Mary Jane by letting Gwen Stacy kiss him during the, key, during the ceremony. Oh, we'll get to there. We'll definitely get to there. But you're absolutely right, because in this movie, it's like, wow, this is like... Kind of like I could definitely relate to him trying to juggle all these things and still live a life. There's not enough time for anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the third one, it's like, damn, he thinks he's the, he's hot shit. It's crazy. This movie's just Kiki's delivery service. Yeah. And then watching the third one, he's like, he thinks he's such hot shit because it, like, it really hit when he's right before he swings in. He's like, they love me. They really love yeah. me. It's uh, like, let's let's finish Spider-Man two. Yeah, let's finish Spider-Man two. Yeah. But yeah. I I want to say I completely get, see where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, I I love. I love the ending of this movie. It reminds me so much, and it's obviously a reference to The Graduate, uh, of Mary Jane leaves her own wedding, which is a wedding she did not want to be at, so that's fair. It's, she yeah, it's, she goes to Peter Parker, and she's like, listen, Peter, I know shit's going to get whack, but I love you, you love me, we, we, should, we should just try this and see how it goes. And they say yes to it, and then Peter, Peter becomes Spider-Man, he runs off, and she's just sitting in the doorway, pensive. Oh, it's even framed like The Graduate with the, with the yeah. door frame. And like, and like, she's not smiling, she's like, Hmm, I guess you see this in, is my life. Now. You see in the reflection Spider Man swinging it's off. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful shot. I like it of... to end your movie on like not a big action scene. It's like uh, on your on your female lead, like in a kind of like, I guess this is my life. I All mean, right. it kind of ends. It does like it. It does end with him sw- swinging through New York. The helicopters are following him yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. But still, I get what you're saying. And also, well, the last shot, Ben, though, is, is Mary Jane. Is Mary Jane. Because oh, you yeah, come yeah. away from the helicopter swinging and you see him and she's just, like, just off in the distance oh. in the reflection and she's leaning against it. The last shot is her looking kind of like... <sighs> you're right. Okay. You're, yeah, you're right. I love also, it. a lot of really good reflection shots. Like you were saying, like the reflection of Doc Ock's glasses, mm-hmm. the one in the... Um, uh, what you call it? The, the one in the window was Peter swinging away. When Rosie was dying. Yeah. A lot of good stuff in this movie. A lot of good reflections throughout all the movies, movie. actually. I love yeah. this movie. Uh, I'm so yeah, glad I watched w- it again. This movie is why I'm scared for No Way Home. Uh, that that yeah. last shot, that last shot is incredible. What an incredibly powerful choice uh, because it basically says that like there really isn't an easy answer to everything we put forth in this movie. Like it's it's kind of gonna be a mixed bag. Like sometimes, that's what it is. That's what life sometimes is. Sometimes yeah. Joel McHale is just a sleazy. Baker. Which I think is which Ow. I think is. Like you could have just as easily ended it the same way you ended the first one with Spider-Man just going off to do the thing, yeah. Uh, and we could have ended it with the helicopter shot, but it's because you come back to Mary Jane, and Mary Jane doesn't even look like she's like happy uh, entirely. Just she's think, like she's complicated. If and you like, think about that's what she just awesome. she just left she just left an a- like a famous astronaut at the altar to go be with someone who can't dedicate his entire life to her because he is saving crime and he could die at any day. And I'm just like. Wow, I really just chose this, didn't I? Wow, 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 wow. But love conquers love all. Love conquers all, or does it? And then Spider-Man 3. And that, <laughs> and that scene, it gave me and my, all my friends the all the evidence we needed. Like, he's going to become Venom in the next Spider-Man movie. Never mentioned again. What? What? Yeah. I'm confused. Okay, so the symbiote comes from space, right? Yes. And he's oh, I see ma- what he's saying. He's talking he's about Matt, Jameson. I'm talking Jameson. about Jameson's okay. son. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. The setup that we deserved. Yeah, the setup that we deserved. That, up and that was do. right there in your face. It's like, he got to be Venom because he's pissed, and he's going to find out that Peter stole Mary Jane from him, and he's going to get this the This just goes to show we, you. We, we talked about that. This just goes yeah. to show you that Venom was brought in like so late into the game that like the way that he's brought in is through, oh, he just shows up in the park randomly. Like, wow, what a setup for your major villain. Well, wow. Sam, well, Sam Raimi, like, very 
like blatantly has spoken to like no interest in Venom. Yes. He did not he did not think there was anything interesting that he could do with Venom. If you look at all of the villains, they're all like duality of man villains and yeah. Venom is just a big monster. <laughs> and he and so like the, the film Venom is not the only problem in this film. No. Um but it is it is a major issue um for many reasons. But I think that if this movie had just settled on Sandman and maybe have the goblins. Even stuff. Harry, I think, is good. Even Harry, and so like you have some of the Harry. Osborne I think stuff I think you still. would you see a clear, strong film of Sandman and Harry. You yeah. cut it the should, Venom. It should stuff, be yeah. both, but no Venom. Yeah. Yes, and I think that that's I because I because I was watching this movie and I always remember it kind of being, a, kind of being bad. But um, I find myself always forgetting how much I'm into the Sandman plotline. I I like it so much that it's gone for most of the movie, yeah. and I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate how so, long we're gone from Sandman. Yes. I Rewatching this, I don't think this is a bad movie. I think there's just a lot of bad stuff in it. When rewatching it, like, compared to 1 and 2, like, it can't, it can, nothing could ever be those movies again, right? But, like, the, the Venom stuff is really just, like, the worst well, stuff. Like, I, the Sandman stuff is on par with some of the other villain stuff in this trilogy. I, I think so. And yeah. I think Spider-Man 3 is disappointing because, like, it's it's not that it's like, oh, it couldn't be Spider-Man 1 and 2 again. The thing is, like, you see, it could have been. Yeah. It could have been. But but it got messed up. Like um, the, the second we saw the tr- I, I will once again, I have a lot of nostalgia. I have a lot of me- core memories tied with these Spider-Man films. Yeah. I will never forget walking out of the Point of Hills AMC out of a movie, and I saw the poster for the first time, and I flipped out. I'm like, holy crap. The trailer dropped a year before this movie came out. Oh, yeah. I, Not only are we going to get Black Suit Spider-Man, we're going to get Venom. I was so excited. And then I saw the trailers. I saw the Sandman. And as a kid, I'm like, no, I don't want the Sandman. I want Venom. Now as an adult, I'm like, no, I want Salmon. I don't want Venom. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church delivers a really good performance. Yes, as I agree. Man. Yes, um, he does. I think he's, I think, like I said, if he was just the main villain he, of this movie. He is very much a 40s gangster character. Uh, adopted to <laughs> yeah. the time period, like like he's he is designed in that classic sense. He could also be Hammerhead, uh, like everything Thomas Hayden Church is giving. Yes, he could. Everything Thomas Hayden Church is giving is that like that that old like you know grizzled criminal who did it for like like just to get by what I needed kind I of thing. Like he's do. got that exact energy going. He's got that exact presence going. He's I like muscle, really just like pure he, muscle. Yeah, yeah. He's never been that stacked again in his life. Um, <laughs> like he's he's great. Uh, I I agree. Like I I wish that Sandman was in this movie more. Like his motivation um, of like he's got a sick daughter. Uh, like the, it's it's a good motivation for a villain. Sure. It's really it's really hard because this movie tries to juggle so much. Yeah. And it it doesn't come together as well as it needs to. Yeah. Um, because there's probably three movies in this movie that they're trying to do. And mm, when, I would argue too, but go ahead. And when you're losing, when when Black Suit Spider Man quote unquote kills Sandman. Um, and then Sandman shows up again. You're like, oh right, oh right. There's a Sandman movie here. So the editor's cut helps a little bit. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, it cuts 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it cuts 15 minutes, but it adds a scene that's not in Spider-Man Three mm-hmm. regularly, which is that uh, after he gets quote unquote killed, uh, Sandman washes into the bay mm-hmm. and he comes up into a park. Guess who happens to be at that park? His daughter. Oh. So he builds. He turns himself into a gigantic like sand a ten foot sandcastle for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she like enjoys it, and then she and her mom leave. And when they leave, he turns back to himself, and he says, "I swear, I'm not going to let him separate me from you ever again." Oh, and it helps to motivate why he would agree to join Venom mm-hmm. later in the film. It still doesn't sell me on it. I think that's a terrible, bad characterization thing. I'm like this this criminal you've set up Sandman to be up to this point in the film. 
I don't think he would join Venom. I don't think he'd be okay with Venom doing what Venom's doing. He, he's at not out for murder. Yeah. Right. He just he, he's the motivation in, in in the the theatrical cut of the film certainly seems to be like Spider-Man was a jerk to me and I want to kill him. Right. And in the editor's cut it, it, they try and take it more in the direction of I I, have a goal. I cannot Spider-Man was willing to murder me and he at least vocalizes that and like I I need to make sure that I can be around for you. Yeah. I also have a hard time. I won't say that I just flat out don't care about this stuff, but I because I I feel like that might be too harsh, but I don't give a shit about the Gwen Stacy crap in this movie. That's uh, fair. Yeah, I just I just lose all interest in in the Gwen Stacy plotline. It's interesting because I I do I find most well uh, the further we get the less I like it, but like I do like the drama between Mary Jane and Peter a lot right. because Peter is just so full of himself and Mary Jane's just going through it and he does not get it. He's just being a bad boyfriend right now. Yeah. And the Gwen Stacy stuff adds to that in a really like really dramatic way, but I just don't think execution is fully there all the time, especially with Gwen herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, all the ideas are there that I really like of like Peter does not realize the mess he is making just by being happy. Yeah. And it's so fascinating. All the stuff is so good. It's just like literally there's so much stuff yeah, see, around it. See, that's the thing. Like you say that and like that's all good and I'm into that, but the execution of it is just not there for me. Yeah. The execution of, of the character drama in the second film we talked about is so well done and I'm so invested, but here I'm not. Until Gwen Stacy shows up, like all the stuff with Mary Jane uh, leaving Broadway and Peter not like listening to her at all. Yeah. That's all, that's all good. That's I'm all good that shit. Stuff, yeah. yeah. It's when Gwen Stacy gets involved in like the stuff at like the, the diner and Gwen Stacy like kissing him. Or not kissing him, sorry. Um, I don't, that kiss, okay. It's am awful. I, am I alone in this? That kiss doesn't work on a, no, narr- on a narrative it's, level. It's, it ruins his character. It's the most uncharacteristic thing Peter Parker has done in this entire trilogy. Yeah. He is such, he is such a wife guy. His whole life's been about Mary Jane. There's no way in hell he would kiss another woman, especially with the kiss that he did with even, Spider-Man. Even with his like massive ego inflated head, like the fact that he's the person who like says, go ahead, lay one on me. I'm like, yeah. this is not Peter. Peter Parker no. would never cheat. He is not a cheater. I I hundred percent agree because every time every Peter Parker or addition Peter Parker I know, he is he if if he's whoever partner he's with be it Gwen Stacy be it Mary Jane, he's with that person. He's a good or, dude. Well, you just go to this movie, this franchise. Like we talked about, like Peter Parker. Like it's not Spider Man and Peter Parker. It's always Peter Parker, and it's always been Mary it's Jane. It's always been Mary yeah, Jane and Peter Parker. And so Mary like Jane. when 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 Peter puts on the Sp- the Spider Man suit, he's still Peter Parker. Yeah, we're still following Peter Parker. So I don't believe that there's any world where Peter Parker would be like ah, Spider Man would kiss whoever they want. Right, yeah. and yeah, like yeah. and like the only way that and you'd have to move it to later in the movie but like the only way I would believe it is if he's wearing the black suit and he wasn't. Yeah, yet. he wasn't. If he was wearing the black suit, I'd be like, okay, like I get it. I can get it on board with this because black suit Peter is Peter's id getting out of control. Yeah. yeah. And even they could have done something where what if Gwen Stacy like snuck a kiss on him and like Peter had nothing. Sure. Like, and he's like, like she very quickly did a thing and like Peter's like, I, I, I didn't want to do that. And like, that's a better counter instead of like, you're the instigator. You are the cheater yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Like there's the, there's this thing where like Peter can't figure out why, why Mary Jane is upset. And I'm like, really dude, here's, here's the yeah. other thing I hate though. Uh, Mary Jane kissing Harry, and the that's, reason that's actually here, bad. Here's the reason I hate it. I hate that like the the ass backwards logic of writing it to happen because it it doesn't work. Um, and by doing so, all you are doing is saying like, well, we had to make them even. And like, no bullshit. No. Mary Jane doesn't have to sink down because Peter did. Yeah, it, that lessens her character too. Like she. She doesn't need to. She doesn't need to retaliate. Every, everything about Mary Jane and Harry doing that that whole bit just doesn't the work oatmeal? for me. The, uh, yeah. the, uh, um, Harry's Harry's amnesia 
sucks because yeah. and and here's the only reason it sucks. Like I don't really have a problem with it. Contact like. I don't have a problem with it as an idea of how it could work into these characters and their dynamic and everything. My problem is that Harry's amnesia lasts for about 40 minutes of this movie and it doesn't further his character. It doesn't further Peter's relationship with Harry, nor does it further Mary Jane's relationship with Harry. It doesn't influence his hero. It doesn't influence his hero turn at all. No, all it does is put Harry on the back burner. So we don't have to think about him coming after him as Goblin. Makes Peter a bad guy. (laughs) Because he's the one who put him in and that I'm coma. Like, and yeah. I'm like, it would have been much better if Harry had just lost the fight and then decided to go after Peter a different way by yeah. like manipulating his world around him. So that like sometimes, yeah, Peter's the one screwing up, but sometimes Harry's making it You could it honestly worse. cut all the amnesia stuff and just have Harry d- just be like shitty in the background. When and Harry, everything would be fine. Because Harry because threatens Harry, Mary Jane to break up with her, to break up with Peter. I'm like, that shouldn't be a threat. No, but should, she should just do it. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. it should be, what it should be is that Harry learns that Mary Jane knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but not that he's the Goblin. Mm-hmm. And he uses that. And he uses that to his advantage. And if that were what we were doing instead, and he leverages against Mary Jane because of it, that would be better. That would be better than, like, the 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 way they go with the amnesia route. It just doesn't, it doesn't add anything. Yeah, the other thing that, like, we're talking about Venom, but we have to talk about Eddie Brock Jr., sir. Um, I, I feel so bad for Topher Grace. I really like that guy. That character's written he, terribly. He's the nothing. absolute worst choice to make your Venom character just a anti-Peter Parker. Because he's just Peter Parker, but not as funny, not as cool, just more of an asshole. And it's just like, I, there's nothing fun about watching this character at all, I don't and think. It, and Even, again, it's a villain turn because Peter was a jerk to him. Yeah. Although, like, like you want religion, go to church. Like, I do like that. He ends up at a church. Like, that's yeah. fine. That's yeah. all cool. But, like, the character himself, uh, the character, just lame. I just feel, lame. I completely forgot about whole, like, the whole, like, when Abrock tells Kevin Stacy he's dating his daughter, then they, they see each other at the ceremony. One, it's like, one date. That amazing thing. It's like, dude, we just had coffee. It's like, oh, right. you're. He's a loser, like Peter Parker. That's well, and thing. at the same yeah. time, like, even if that's the narrative he's created for himself, he was also hitting on Betty Brandt. At yeah. the same time, earlier True. in the film, mm-hmm. so like he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. So like you can't latch on to anything with him. There's no way to feel like bad about what happens with him. He's just yeah. somebody who like who like wants like the number one spot, but like there's no real per- character to that. There's there's nothing to him. All his lines are bad. Yeah, I feel bad. I do feel bad for Topher Grace. Like it's a nothing character doing a nothing presence yeah. just to get to Venom. I, I don't know if this is true, but I'm I. I was watching like you know like some video essay, and apparently the, the my spider sense is tingling. If you know what I mean, is him improving, and I just can't believe he would ever do something that terrible. Uh, no, thank you. I cannot. Be- I do not believe they would allow him to improv that. That has to be a line that they wrote. Uh, ben brought up something that I uh, I I actually find really funny. Uh, earlier, he talked about the desk. I think the desk is the desk gag with Jay Jones. Yes, uh, yeah. great funny. gag. Great <laughs> gag. Very funny. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> not that one. Yeah, it yeah. goes. He's, he's <laughs> really calm in this one. Really, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just. Or then he's trying to yell. I was like, "Are you serious? This is and your wife blood pressure. You can tell my wife to." Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's I love. I love. JK oh, Simmons. sorry. There's one part of Spider-Man Two I forgot to mention. When Robbie Robinson is holding Spider-Man. Oh yeah, that's a great and he's shot. Like, oh, does, I think Robbie knows he's Spider-Man because there's a line at the beginning. He's like, "I heard Spider-Man was there." And I'm like, yeah. "Robbie, do yeah, you he's know?" Looking right do at you know him. Like, yeah. Like, I think good I think character. I think they do a good job of like there are characters who definitely like have good reason to suspect and they lean into like the subtext like they definitely have thought of it. Yeah. They've definitely considered is Peter Parker Spider-Man. They don't know. But, but they, they got a hunch. But they're definitely wondering it. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I cuz I like that character a lot, yeah. Um Mag says 
I do like the message Venom makes referencing the 90s cartoon style, ti- uh, title style, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, like, come and get, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come Spider-Man, and get Spider-Man. Save him if you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the font of the 90s cartoon. And Grayson yeah. says, I wasn't really into the potential love triangle that wasn't really in character. Yeah, we agree. Um, Bruce Campbell's very funny in this movie, though. Yeah. I li- <laughs> Romance. I'm I am French. To, I, I really am French. <laughs> I'm trying to think which is my favorite Bruce Campbell it's thing. It's this one. Actually, I it's think it's the first one. one. I, I, it, it could be any of them, really. I mean, I like I like his appearance as the the wrestler uh, announcer, announcer, and yeah. I do like I do like his appearance at the theater. He's a p- real piece of shit, but I think there's something so good about the comedy, the physical comedy of him constantly thinking he's being forth, summoned yeah. for the ring, and yeah, he's, he's like, like mm, uh, "Go!" <laughs> and he's all mad at the servers, and yes. he's like, "No, no, sure, sure, sure," and he's like. Okay, okay, we got this, we got this. Again, Can we like, play this song? Oh, like, their favorite. I think that is a really good scene. Again, even uh, like even the Gwen Stacy scene, uh, like that scene works with her in it because like Peter is so oblivious. He's about to propose to the woman of his dreams, and he has no idea what she's going through. So he not only is about to propose, he also has the song of the Broadway play that she's not in yeah. about the play. And he can, is he is so out of it. It just drives me crazy. And you can have that scene without the kiss. Yes, you absolutely. Right. There's, yes, a, exactly. there's a yes. version of that scene that exists without that the, kiss. The hands, like she had her fingers all over you, works oh, just yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, man, I'm really glad. And that I makes more sense as something that Peter's oblivious of. Oh, yeah, 100%. totally. Because she's all like rubbing his shoulders. She's like, yeah, my lab partner is like looking at Mary Jane and she's like, uh, I'm going to take him from Bro, you. like, it's so, it is related, like, relatable in a way of like, Peter's like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Like, she's just my lab partner. What is, oh my God, what is happening right now? Like, it is, he is so good in that but moment. When, but when you have the context of the kiss, it's like harder to yes. accept him. It is. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of. Like, because uh, we talked about Bruce Campbell. Speaking of like great small I appearances, uh, the landlord has a excellent moment with Peter oh, in this yeah. one where he gets shouted at by Peter, and he's like, "He's good boy. Why he, he must, he must be in some wrong. kind of trouble." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. This damn door. I love that, Mister Dick. It's, that the same, it's the same same reason why I like the like the Goblin Jameson sequence. Like these people have been antagonists to Peter Parker, but like. They have heart. They, they, they have good they hearts. They have good hearts. Yeah. yeah. They, they like the thing. Is, the thing about everyone in in these movies is that it doesn't matter if like you know Peter Parker doesn't pay his rent or Peter Par- or he, I'm a hard ass. Like yeah. I like this kid. Yeah. Right. This kid this is a good kid. Right. Like the, the, because they know they can push him. Like, like, like they, they, like they could be nice to him. Like he's yeah. laid on his rent because, like, I can make fun of him for it. Like, it, yeah, it pulls on those emotional heartstrings in a pretty big way. Where you're, where when you feel that, where he's just like, he's good boy. Um, I really, wrong. I really appreciate that. I'm really glad that that moment is in there. Yeah, uh, I think it does add something to the movie overall. Um, mm-hmm. The the goblin bomb makes a makes an appearance again in a really fun way. Honestly, I think when to put some dirt in your eye when he when he getting ready to when. Harry throws the bomb and then Spider-Man Just without even thinking whips th- it back. Whips it back. It's such a good moment. Really? Like there's an this is the one where there's an over-reliance on CGI and it shows and some of the CGI definitely does I not told, hold up. The yes. the opening action scene is like as an idea is really cool and sometimes it is cool super to watch, rubbery but a lot of the time it feels like you're watching a, a 3D ride. Like a, or yeah. like a yeah. PlayStation cutscene. I could act in this movie I feel is like the most egregious with the CGI and what I mean by that is like I could definitely notice when I'm looking at a CGI Peter and I'm looking at a, a physical Peter. There's so much with the black suit. Like yeah. when he first puts on the black suit and it's the big reveal and then it's him. It's like you can tell like the textures are like it's like blatantly out there. It's yeah. like 
damn. So much more reliance on CGI. I do really, I do, however, really like when he's ripping the Venom symbiote off of him. Oh yeah, that's 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 really cool. They put great. They put a lot of money into making like the movement of the symbiote and its its tendrils and And its pieces look good. The Sandman technology, like they developed for this movie, of like the particle technology, uh, insane. Like looks fantastic still. There's another pumpkin ball moment that Mm. I want to shout out real quickly, Ben. Um, and it's and it's the the one that destroys Venom and Brock. Um, sure. is also no! just a really good good kind of visceral moment of the pumpkin bomb and you see the yeah. uh, uh you see his uh, skeleton explode in yeah. there yeah yeah uh, actually i know that was the first time i noticed that me too i, I didn't this. notice it first yeah. um the other thing i was gonna say is for a very hot second but i loved like the little the shadow art like when peter first gets the symbiote on him yeah like you see the symbiote you see venom's face and then the oh hand. yeah you see like the face and it turned into the hand i thought that was cool. really cool and also even the the time I, I normally don't like when we see when we don't see Venom and it's, it's Eddie Brock's face peel back. Yeah, but it's the teeth. It's yeah, the teeth. The teeth, the teeth are. But one thing I do want to give credit to the costume designers because that's a physical. Because I mean, yeah, there is CGI elements, but then there are shots where you can tell it's a physical headpiece. Oh, like and it's a physical suit. Yeah, and props to them because that still looks really good. Yes, I think the idea of the Venom suit sitting on Eddie in a way where it's like pulled back here, yeah. I think is really cool. It's the teeth the yeah. that bother me. I'm the like, te- there's just no reason to do it. It looks bad and it throws the whole thing off. Yeah, the teeth I do not enjoy, but everything else about that costume, it's pretty damn good. Uh, this is the first time, and there's, there's, there's something very specifically interesting about this movie, watching them all three back to back. And it is that you can tell that Spider-Man 1 and 2 are Sam Raimi's movies. Yeah. Like, regardless of how, of the different, whether he's not leaning too much into his style or, or whatever, they're, they're Sam Raimi's movies. This was the first time where I, where I was watching those, so I was like, I see Sam Raimi's DNA in this, but it's not as prevalent as, he, as it was. Yeah. No. And it's so crazy because he's one of the people who wrote the script for this one. Yeah. Because the producers yeah. are like, you have to put Venom. He's like, okay, like I'm going to write the script for this one. I, I, you, too many elements. Him, too many him, elements. Him and Ivan Raimi and then Al, Alvin Sargent yeah. coming back from the second one. There's too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah. And the, and Sargent I, would also work on the Amazing Spider-Man script, by the way. Interesting. The, the thing about this that I, um, I think probably because the elements of Spider-Man 4 were in them. The, the, yeah, yeah, the, the lizard, lizard. lizard stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the the same Raimi-ness is still there kind of like with the visuals of Venom and some of the stuff with the hate, Christian, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, um, same man. Um, but there's such a... This is the first movie that I saw where where, where like I I I noticed corporate energy. Yes, sure. Like yes. this was this was this felt like a movie that Sony was what had their hands in. Yes. Um, trying trying to mold this. When movie. I saw this movie midnight in two thousand seven, I remember this was the first movie I remember seeing being disappointed in, like a big big blockbuster. I was like, this something was wrong with this one, and I was like fifteen or whatever. I'm like, some this one wasn't good, guys. Yeah. Everyone else like loved it, but now you know the it, it, it was definitely one of those things where we tricked ourselves into liking it, and yeah. then after a while, it's like, yeah, that wasn't that. Good. But now I did but, not. But now fourteen years later, I it's not it's not terrible. It, it's not terrible, but. Yeah. Um, one thing I will definitely put against this movie is I definitely felt the length on this one. It's it's two hours and nineteen. Minutes, I one hundred percent. It's it's not oh. as it's not longer than the first two. Oh yeah. Um, but it it feels, it feels like it is. Okay. It feels so much longer full, than it is. Full disclosure: Ryan and I have alluded to it. We did not rewatch the original cut. We rewatched the editor's cut, which we know cuts like fifteen minutes out of the movie. Um, and at the same time, also added at least one scene. Um, it shortens like so, so some of the dancing stuff. A decent stuff. chunk is gone. It, sh- it shortens some of the MA stuff. Uh, it adds <clears throat> uh, the Sandman scene, which is good. So the 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 length of the theatrical cut, y- 
I never felt it in the first two. And the first two, I think, might be longer, but don't quote me on that. No, and if they are, they're all around. By, they're all around two thirty. Yeah. Um, and the and this one is is not the shortest. Might be the shortest, uh, but it's definitely not the longest. Mm. Um, and it feels like it is. It felt it feels like a movie that is going on for three hours and not in a good way. Like you're watching. It, it's honestly, I find this movie to be a bit of a slog. It is. Oh it yeah. Is, it is definitely. I. I don't. I don't know if I'd call it a slog. It's just definitely after watching those first two, you're like, oh wow, this definitely is the one that's like. I think we also are missing a, a decent chunk of the movie where we're not yeah. having it berate on us. Maybe, yeah, yeah, uh, <coughs> definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, the first two Spider-Man films, those are fun. They're a ride. It doesn't. I get done with Spider-Man one, I look at my phone, I'm like, oh wow, that much time has passed. It doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like that. And watching Spider-Man three, I'm like, can this be over so I can play? I Pokemon do. Again, finally? I think the action's really, really good though. Like, I think yeah, the oh yeah, specifically the the first. Um, uh, black suit side of Spider-Man, Sandman fights brutal. Like if Spider-Man did know any better, he is killing somebody in half those fights. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think the Sandman fights, both of them are really interesting. Um, and the one that um, I honestly I do like Harry's hero turn. Well, there it's not it's not utilized very well. I like it it's too. Not done very well. Yeah, but I like the idea that they are that they are teaming up. This, I, that's, a, that's a cool idea. This is a good summation. We we were overestimating the time difference. Um, this is a good summation though of uh, the editor's cut of Spider-Man Three. It only <laughs> it only clocks in at two minutes shorter than the theatrical cut. But the editor's cut of Spider-Man Three shuffles around the structure, extends one sequence, removes a handful of particularly particularly egregious scenes, adds three new ones from the cutting room floor, and swaps out three other scenes for alternate versions. Mm. Interesting. Maybe the next time I'll watch I, that one. I haven't seen the original in one full sitting since theaters, so I can't really attest it's to like how different or it's what been a while. It yeah. is, um, but I definitely felt like there was something breezier in watching the editor's cut it sounds, for me. It sounds like it sounds like the editor's cut fixes a lot of the issues, not all of them. Yeah, um, well, because you can't take venom out of the movie. Right. I think it's like and pacing it, stuff, and it's and it's and it's interesting to hear that. Like you know, you guys came out of the movie a lot more positive than Ben and I. Um, uh, that theatrical cut is is definitely a slog to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe uh, next time, if should I ever desire to watch this movie again, um, the editor's cut is the way to I go. Didn't even, I didn't even know it existed until Ryan mentioned it. Yeah. And I was like, well, if that exists, let's do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. why not try and watch a better version of this one that we know is the worst of the three? Uh, I de- it, to me, like knowing that there's an editor's cut, I'm intrigued and I kind of want to watch it, but at the same time, I don't. The part that the part that got me is that like I didn't I didn't know I I don't think you knew either. The fact that they said blatantly, yeah, they moved the structure of the film around. I'm like, oh, and yeah, that might that might be a big. difference. It's been like ten years, so I can't even tell you like how because because the structure felt pretty good, honestly. Yeah. Like uh, like even though the movie's overstuffed with elements, I didn't feel like the 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 way we were flowing from story beat to story beat or the pacing was bad. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, real quickly, uh, Mag. As a comment, James Cromwell as Captain Stacy felt yeah. not used a lot. That's right. Uh, I 100% agree with you. And when he was used, I hated it. Um, <laughs> I love James Cromwell, but like not used well. So James Cromwell's still alive, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I actually had to look He's up. He's in the multiverse. I also had to make sure and look up that Rosemary Harris was still alive because I was like, please so, don't be dead. Please don't be dead. Oh, she's, good. Yeah, she's, she's still she's still kicking. Which yay. She's I want to I want to start pumping out a few of these talking points. Um, yes. Uh, Bryce Alice Howard was not a bad choice for Gwen Stacy, but Gwen Stacy was a bad choice for this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Why Why not do Felicia? Damn. Why not do Felicia? Why not do Felicia? Bro, like, the behind the scenes, like, like they were going to set up Felicia too, and, like, she was going to be Black Cat in this fourth movie. Like, ah, oh, so much opportunity. That fourth movie, like... Lizard, there, Black Cat? That would have been killer. There was also 
Vulture. Remember, yeah. um, one one version of the script had Vulture, and uh, Black Cat was going to be her his daughter. Hell yeah, I'm into it. Um, this movie does a really good job uh, right from the beginning of getting across this idea of like Peter's on the upswing. Peter, everything's coming up. Peter, they love like me. everything's everything's coming up so good for Peter. It's it's a real good pivot from where we've had Peter up through from the first film okay. to the second film to the if third If you think film. about like the opening, like Spider-Man 1, you want to know who I am? I'm just an ordinary blah, blah, blah. And then like, the third one's like, it's me, I'm Spider-Man, I'm having a great day. Like It's such a j- drastic change. I love yeah, it. yeah, he's evolved so much. And then the second one, like where he's so melancholic because he's like, I'm Spider-Man, but like my life kind of sucks. And, yeah, yeah. and there I have to see the love of my life on a billboard every single day. Um, like it's, it's really good progressionally, like between the three films, I think it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Church, is t- Church is doing the work for the character. Um, I think he's really good. Uh, Aunt May's always top notch. I really love her scene uh, talking. <laughs> I really love her scene talking about the proposal, giving him the ring. Uh, Ben's very beautiful personal proposal that he does, and Peter's like, "Cool, I'm gonna take this ring and I'm gonna do the tackiest, most uh, cliche proposal in the world." I am French. <laughs> um, it's cool. Uh, I mean, but again, that's perfect for Peter Parker, that dweeb. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. Uh, we've covered a lot of these. Uh, Sandman's first reforming scene. So good. So good. So the, good. The, the way it takes its time of him, like, coming up, coming down, like, uh, how he has to create, the moment where he has to create the fingers so he can grab the locket, I think is really great. Like the furled brow, because he can't grab it. Right, like, exactly. It's, it's beautiful, uh, I, I think it's very well visualized. Um, I don't know what that, what they were trying to create out there, but they created a Sandman, so good for them. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a moment in there where Ryan and I were both like, man, what if Mary Jane became Venom in this movie? Oh, man. <laughs> where, where there's it. a moment where she's in the apartment without Peter and the symbiote's also like, in the frame and she's trying Sam to Raimi leave shot. because the door is jammed and she's trying to leave. And I'm like, yo, what if the symbiote just took her right now and fed off her negative energy? Could you imagine? And then it's like she becomes like a big Broadway star and, but through negative energy and like, oh, man, crazy. What a, what a wild turn that would have yeah. been. Um, science and model lady Gwen Stacy. I don't know why she had to be both. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, unsung un- unsung hero sometimes. Ted Raimi playing off J.K. Simmons is is also a big reason why Jameson works so well. It's hip. It's now. I made that one. And oh, wow. And wow. That's uh, Ivan Raimi. That's, that's Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi. They yes. got they got a whole bunch Sam of Raimi's brothers. Brother. I never knew that. I just thought it was just some random actor. He is in he? every Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, like Bruce Campbell. Ted Raimi. Yep. yep. Um. He. Uh. What was the? What was the? Nope. It's gone forever. Bye. Um, bye bye. The the basketball bit. Basketball bit. Oh, when they're in the oh. when they're in um, uh, Harry's uh, house. Oh, after yeah. the amnesia, and he's like, "Hey, man!" Like when we were in high school, and Ryan and I were both like, "I'm getting the room vibes yeah, out like of this room. one." <laughs> like they're so awkward with each other. Yeah. Like that scene just doesn't work. There, then uh, uh, the vase drops, and he's like, "Wow, I got super, I got super speed." It's it. That's that's a real bad bit. Um, just a a, a weird kind of arc that they're doing with Mary Jane in this movie. I don't think it all totally works. Like uh with I like with the beginning of it so much. The beginning of it is yeah. good, but like the, the it, it I get why Kirsten Dunch isn't a big fan of it. Like it, it yeah. feels a little directionless for her. It's a bummer because like it starts off good of like like yeah like her her partner not realizing what's going on, but then it's just the trip. Oh I just getting kidnapped again. Right. Blap blap. Yeah. Um yeah, the Peter kiss with Gwen we talked about like just insanely out of place. Yeah. Uh, I really do like though that Peter's ego is like out of control, and that's like a motivating factor for where he's it's at. It's the first in his time life. he's like, ever been like he's truly happy. never been cool. Yeah, he's finally cool. He's the popular one through through Spider Man. Like, 
I think that part is executed well. His ego being out of control even before the suit. I think that part is executed well. Like the kiss thing is too far, but but like that aspect of it, uh, I think is done. I love overconfident well. Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Mag wants to point out Bernard. Yep. Guests uh, or guests, guests. Uh, yeah, Bernard's Bernard's pretty good. Um, thankfully, the editor's cut cuts out the scene where he says, "Your father was impaled on his own glider." That's not in the editor's yeah, yeah, cut. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah, it um, actually makes uh, uh, Harry's turn better. Yes, because he does it on his own volition. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. it yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great action in the Sandman Spider Man first fight. Bro, uh, I think it's done real well. The tray? Oh I love. God. I love Spider Man w- fully riding on his ego train, c- encountering Sandman, being like, "I don't know if you've heard, but I'm the sheriff around these parts." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my God, Peter!" It's like time to get your ass kicked. Bro, he's surfing on the back of like uh, uh, car doors. It's great. Um, I, I do like the line where he like st- he's like takes off his mask and his boot, but the Sandman's like, "Where did they? Where did these guys come from?" Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a cool idea to use Sandman to dredge up and re-explore the loss of Uncle Ben and re analyze it but i definitely think it could have been executed better yep. into this yeah. film and like you can see where there's supposed to be like an emotional arc and connection thing for peter in this film but like it, it just gets so screwed up um i'm glad to have connor's in it more yeah uh but like you didn't th- put any of this stuff on you did you so peter the, so the thing about like like marco having been responsible partially for uncle ben's death like i really hate the scene where captain stacy brings them in and tells them about it yeah i'm like no nobody would ever do this. This doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just to motivate Peter getting upset about it now. Like, no, nobody would go like, hey, by the way, your uncle, turns out we found out, we caught the wrong, that, that wasn't the guy. We actually, we had the guy. We don't have the guy. He's on the loose. Why but we would, thought now is the time when we should tell you why when you he's tell on the loose. Why would you tell him, like, two when, days ago? It was like, two days ago, he broke out. I was like, you think you should have told him sooner? And, like, there's no reason that they, they don't even have, like, any bullshit reason to be suspecting that, like, Oh, he might come after the family for some stupid reason. They don't have that. Like they're just dredging up this traumatic pain for this family for no good reason. Like I hate that moment so much. It's such bullshit script writing that makes no goddamn sense. It's tying for like, it's tying the villain and the hero together in a way that's like doesn't. Really there would work. have been a better, more organic way that we could have gotten to here. And like this is just bad. It's Ab- just bad absolutely. writing. Yeah, yeah. I don't like this movie very much. I think it's fine. I think there's. I think it's there's there's certainly better elements than i remember uh uh i do like uh it's so weird like uh, peter parker's energy when he's doing the spider-man killed him and he's got that big old smile when he tells aunt may oh yeah Uh, yeah. and and like she does the this is the part where like they start to walk back that idea that like aunt may might think that he's spider-man because she says like spider-man doesn't kill people and it's not like peter you what did you do yeah uh i wish you imagine if that was her reaction then peter would but you can't do that because then peter wouldn't put on the suit he'd be shaken out of it yeah yeah. um god that'd be such a good scene like she's yeah i do think like it's not i don't think that that it's done very well that like as far as peter knows at two different points he killed two people like he killed flint and he might might as well think he killed harry too uh, and he just doesn't he carry blew up the weight that of that face. at all. He might as well have killed him uh, yeah, yeah. at any point, which is kind of strange. And he even kind of does like he he, he does. They do the bit where like he thinks, "Ooh, I maybe killed Flint Marco. I don't feel Ooh. so good." So he puts the suit away. But like it's timed improperly in the film because he ends up like picking it back up later when like everything falls apart with Mary Jane and all that. And he's like, "I guess I'll just be bad anyway. I don't care that I killed." Just live in it. Uh, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't totally land the execution. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bridge scene is some good acting, though. Yes, from both of them yes. of like that painful when she moment bre- when she uh-huh. breaks up with him. Yeah, uh, I you're gonna have to tell me if this isn't so cup, good. But I hope it is. But Peter in the lounge chair 
after uh, he figures out that Harry was playing him. Oh, okay. And so he shows up in when, Harry's apartment when and Harry's... he's laying in the lounge chair and he's like, that was quite a performance today. And Harry turns around. Yeah, how does that scene start for you guys? When Harry, when Peter goes to confront Harry when they have the fight? He's in the he's, he's in, in the, the window. He's in the window. Okay, so in ours, oh. he's sitting in the chair that his father was murdered in the same position saying, he's like, he's like this. He's like, yeah. He's laying on the same lounge chair he laid Norman down on, and he's looking at him and he's grinning. He's like, "That was quite a performance today." It's Harry, f- it's effed up. It's Harry su- turns around with this also same smile. He's like, "I thought you'd appreciate it." I'm like, "I want this to go on for like three minutes of them just like it's smirk bullshit." It's each so much other. meaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 basically recreate the shot where where Otto shows up in the window. Okay. Oh, uh, um, lame, lame. Yeah, the Ender's cut's way yeah. better. Uh, Spider Man. Bully Maguire is in full force in that. Yeah, he's scene. just he's just laying back on the lounge chair. He's like, "That was quite a performance today, Harry." And Harry's like, "Oh man." And I'm so glad you liked it. Like, that's I'm what they're doing. They're doing this shit-eating grin with each other. It Great really fight. works. Really good fight too. Good personal fist fight. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, like I wish fight. that. I wish that energy between them went on for like yeah forever. Yeah, I like the 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 scene the the scene where he like where Peter kind of gets wise and he just turns back and just like winks at Peter like hey you know what's up so good. <laughs> uh, I love. I really like Bully Bully Maguire. I do like, too. I I uh, like <clears throat> the stuff like that he does with Mary Jane later in like the jazz scene. Like I think sucks. That's the but like that's the part that Peter like embracing his dark dweeb is like so fun. And I like, love. I, that I accept it. Like the women on the street that he's pointing to are all looking at him and like, Ugh. dude. Some of them are into it. And some of like, them are into it. And like, some of them aren't. There's yeah. like uh, very few who are like, oh okay, but. Almost ninety percent of the girls, when he's like trying to show off, is like they're like, nope. When I was younger, I did not like the scene, but now that I'm older, I'm like, a hundred percent, that is Peter Parker. Especially he would so, do that. especially like the film building. You like this is how Peter reacts to having a massive ego. It also makes sense that like Peter's idea of like being the bad boy, being the cool bad boy, becomes <laughs> this. This is this version of Peter Parker thinking he's being cool bad boy. It's his internalized and generated and then exaggerated id. Yeah, like I'm. Or, or, even when he slips the waitress the money at the nightclub, sweet legs. and it's like, um, <laughs> buy some shade, thank you. And then she goes, right this way. And yeah. she, you could tell she's like, I don't like this dude, yeah. but it's like, F- again, fine. like taking taking this girl to your ex girlfriend's bar on a date. That is awful, but that is something like that is something Peter Parker would do. The everything else is like, I it's a little much. I think that might be a little much. <laughs> yeah, they just. I don't know. Um, so there was. I put up a poll on Twitter. Uh huh. Um, I asked what your favorite, what the favorite is. Um, oh, that's gonna be a shock. Forty-three uh, percent said Spider-Man. Wow. Fifty-seven percent said Spider-Man Two, and zero percent said Spider-Man Three. Yeah. <laughs> Surprising. Yeah. yeah. I have. Uh, yeah. I just always that forget tracks. to shout out. I always just f- always forget to shout out the the sure. the mm-hmm. stuff I do online. Uh, so I wanted to be sure that I remembered this one. Uh, there's a lot of good moments in the bullying McGuire stuff. There's the leveraging of Jonah. Flirting with Betty Brandt, the cake yes. girl, abusing the landlord's daughter. Oh, Jesus, um, but it all makes sense and it works. I think in the narrative of what they're creating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. Uh, <laughs> Harry gets hit in the head the same way like three times in this movie. No joke. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that poor boy. Oh, uh, I don't know what we call evil Harry. Like not bully Harry, but like the the confrontation scene where he's like, "I'm the other guy." <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so ju- it's so juicy. I wanted it to come from me. Yeah, I'm the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like when then the confrontation battle, he's like, oh, and her lips like strawberries. Yes, <laughs> God, it's so it's so thick. It, I love it. Like <laughs> I, I have such a good time with it. Yeah, I think that I think the the team up is 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 solid fun. I think the final fight has a lot of good emotion in it. Um, I like how Harry dies. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the same way that his dad does. His dad does yeah. cure it with his own glider. Mm-hmm. Poetry, um, yeah, I, uh, there's there's good things in this movie. It just doesn't come together. Yeah, uh, in any really in any real meaningful way for me. That makes sense. Um, sure. Yeah, I think I think that it's it suffers from. There's clearly like a good idea of like how to tie in Flint with these. The the thing that is that like I can see a good version of this movie where you did include the black symbiote suit and you did include Eddie Brock, but you didn't make Venom in this movie. Save that for later. Uh, so that Peter's like emotional distress stuff and him getting out of control with his emotions is tied to the black suit, but not to the point where we have to shoehorn Venom into this film. Yeah. Um, but there's clearly like good ideas of what was going to be emotionally important, especially between like Flint and Peter and Harry and Peter and that being the driving narrative of this film. And it's a shame that it didn't fully get to commit all the way to that. You could like, I'm like everything that they do with Venom just like the scene where where Eddie turns into Venom, have that be like the final scene of the movie. Yeah, and that's the and like that and he can still Goblin and, and Peter can still fight Sandman because he's a hundred foot tall sand monster. Right, like yeah. all that stuff could still work and to save Venom for like or not yeah. even yeah. not even have it be the final scene in the movie. Like uh, uh, honestly, that that would be one of those things where like you don't see it till like Spider Man Four and it's like a flashback to that moment mm, that yeah. Eddie was down there. Like you see him because you don't want the last thing to be. You want to have a full complete emotional arc of this film. So you have Peter like part with it at the, the first the post credit parts scene. with the suit. No, not no, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. but like he, he the parts with the suit, and then the third act is him like fixing up these things with the Sandman with yeah, Harry yeah. and all that and Mary Jane, and he handles all that. And then in the fourth film, you're like, what? Ha-? Like you you cut back to that moment and it's right at the bells and it's the suit falling onto Eddie, and now that is part of the driving and we don't know what happened to Eddie film. in the third movie and right exactly find out. yeah right. that works man let's just go back in time and make this happen Sam right. Raimi yeah um I do want to say like a final thought about the Spider-Man trilogy before Brandon starts the book club which I see he's raring to go um oh, no I just no I, I just wanted to say I thought we were winding down no we are winding down I'm, it's a final thing I wanted to say because this was a gr- great point that came up we were having a conversation with Forrest about the Spider-Man films and I thought this was a really good good thing that came out of that conversation which is that Watching the three together, like even with Spider-Man 3 being a little lackluster, there is something really incredible and powerful about seeing what they wanted the story to be across the three films. You watch as the films are uh, go from being about Spider-Man to really being about Peter Parker. Um, and like e- even then, we've talked about like it being Tobey Maguire is very much Peter Parker in Spider-Man. But like Spider-Man 1, you know, is about the journey of like becoming Spider-Man, being Spider-Man. But Spider-Man 2 is about like being part of... Peter Parker in conjunction with Spider-Man and does that work? Can I be Spider-Man and be Peter Parker? And the question in three is really, can you be Peter Parker? Like that's, that's the question that he's facing. Cause like you are Spider-Man. Can you be Peter Parker though, bro? Can yeah, you like, you'll never, that? you'll never not be Spider-Man. And I think that's really yeah, yeah. articulate, well articulated by the final shots of all three films, because the final shot of the first one is Spider-Man in front of the American flag, superhero. Great. The second one we've talked about is that shot with Mary Jane with like looking wistful, like complicated. It is now like you are Peter Parker and Spider Man. This is what that looks like. Not exactly the best, but but trying to do it. And the third one ends with Peter Parker in that complicated. It's on him, and it's him trying to like just make the best of what he's got right now. He's got to try and just do better uh, with Mary Jane, and that's it. And I think that's also a really good decision for a last shot of a movie it's them hugging right yeah it's yeah. them it's yeah. them in the dance club doing yeah. the dance like oh, that's I, good. Think that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good last shot for not a great film all the way throughout i still think the last shot has that same kind of poignant thoughtfulness about what arc are we driving peter parker through in all three of these films does ours end that way what does ours end that way with them uh, dancing yeah, yeah. together with them dancing yeah okay, with them dancing um, in the nightclub yeah and then, and then, like I, again, like to that point, I think Spider-Man Two really does hit into the middle of that really well because it's that beat with him taking off. Like, 
who do I need to be? I need to be Spider-Man. I need to be Peter Parker. Oh, I need to be both because I'm Spider-Man, but I am Peter Parker. And the only way Spider-Man can save Otto is to also say he is Peter Parker. Peter Parker saves the day, not Spider-Man. Yeah, and I think that that's such a good, like, there is such a good thoughtful arc even up into the third film that it's just a shame that it's not as artfully well-crafted all the way through. The the thoughts are there. Good films, though. Um, So... Have I said anything more? Have I said anything more? I covered it. I am happy to have rewatched these. I'm excited. Let's rate them. No, um, it's, it's 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 everyone's. It's gonna be the same. I uh really really happy we did this. Um, folks are sort of doing this uh, to get ready for Spider Man No Way Home, um, where a lot of these guys are coming back, and uh may or may not know there was going to be a Spider Man Four. Sam Raimi was signed on, kinda. Uh, to do a four Spider-Man film, there were rumors about Vulture by John Malkovich, um, but eventually it does look like they settled on the Lizard. Um, yeah, uh, real quick. So uh, on because I've been watching tons of videos, the Spider-Man Four was in pre-production. They were gonna do it, but the studio was making Sam Raimi or Sam Raimi was very uncomfortable by the studio because every time he would go to a new meeting, they're like, "Cool." You really want to make the Spider-Man movie, Sam? Because he was in a contract with them. Yeah, um, and he was just like, "Do you guys want me to make this movie or not?" So after like a year of them like bullshitting him, he just left the project. Yeah, the 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 other the other side of that, which is what I was trying to get at, was the um, the reason why a lot of this a lot of that fourth movie ended up in Amazing Spider-Man One um, is because um, Sam Raimi said he would he could do it, but it would take four years because he wanted to do something in between. So instead of the two year gaps, and Sony didn't want to wait that long. Yeah, um, and he. Uh, and they took that as an excuse to part with him. However, Amazing Spider-Man still came out four years after Spider-Man Three, so they still had to wait four years to get their Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So the next, the, ne- the other thing that really gets me about that is because, like, if you, you kind of knew in the back of your mind you want Sam Raimi for a Spider-Man Four or you want a Spider-Man Four in general, one way or another, like, why not take your time to build up Venom? I don't know why they felt like they had to just shove Venom into this freaking movie. It's a producer. Like you could have yeah. just taken your time and had Eddie Brock be a proper character just on the sidelines of the story you're telling in Spider-Man 3 and then get to Venom for the next one. Well, this is it's super interesting. Like we won't talk about it a lot, but like this is the beginning, really. It's Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3 is like the beginning of like the studio interference of big blockbusters cuz like before this we had like the Batman movies and Superman and like mm-hmm. and like the X-Men and like Spider-Man 3 is like, oh, they can interfere and really, really bad. There really is bad. a, there is uh, a lot. I, I said that watching the Raimi Spider-Man movies and all the Spider-Man movies throughout the or the two thousands, um, like you could see the evolution of comic book filmmaking, of comic book movie filmmaking, uh, through them all. Um, and Spider-Man three, in a similar vein to Spider-Man and Iron Man: The Dark Knight, like is a a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, in Spider-Man 3's case, uh, not a good one. Yeah. Uh, the Spider-Man movies were like the first like big blockbusters to like, X-Men made money, but Spider-Man was the first to like like make that like almost billion dollars. And they're like, okay, what, what, what will get more people? And it's like the big characters. And this is the first time like studio was like really like after Spider Man two the uh, the biggest quite the biggest thing that Sony saw was that people were were begging for Venom yeah and so that's why that's the primary reason why they forced Sam Raimi I'll to include him understand yeah I know yeah. it's it's neither will Sam Raimi and he's still mad about it so the third so the third film was going to be the lizard with uh, black cat uh, sorry the fourth film was yeah. going to be the lizard with black cat and there's Mysterio concept art there was concept art made but like I said. It was going to take him four years of the kingdom. Um, and so four years later, The Amazing Spider-Man. And that's all preamble because we're talking about The Amazing Spider-Man duology next week. Woo, the duology. Uh, Andrew Garfield, Mark Webb films. Um, so Web it up. So stay tuned for that. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Um, all right. Shall we get into our book club then?
All right. So I so this week uh, it was my turn, and I because it's December, it's the holiday season. Um, I decided that we should dip back into claws. <laughs> um, Klaus. It's Claus or Klaus. I've heard both. Klaus. Um, the Life and Times of Santa Claus. This is the third uh, hardcover that collects the last two one shots. Um, uh, the mel- sorry, what's this? What the Crying Snowman? The Crying Snowman and the Life and Times of Joe Christmas. Um, Did we skip anything from the last volume that we read? No. Okay. So we, we've at this. This is we've read all of Claus. Oh, it doesn't feel like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's four one shots in the seven issue miniseries. Oh, that's literally nothing. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so claws of the crying snowman. Um, so this is the, and as of now, the last clause for now. Um, because Dan Mora and Grant Morris, Dan Mora made it clear that Grant Morrison has not written any ideas for another one. I'm bummed, but Dan Mora is also hella busy. So yes. Um, so what do we think about the third and at this point Wee. final volume of Claws? Crying snowman. Wee. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Yeah, are you lying? Are you doing a bit? I thought it was all right. All right, Ben. No, I quite enjoy this. Um, I will not lie. Um, the crying snowman was a little hard for me to follow, but at the same time, all these books are just so fantastical, and they just take so many different twists on things. And it was the ending was really nice. I really enjoyed that ending because mm-hmm. yeah. especially when it's like. How is this about a crying snowman? And then it turns into like this giant cosmic war and Surtur and the Norse gods, like the Ragnarok's about to happen. The Norse again. gods are assholes in this world. The Norse yeah. gods are dead. The Norse yeah. gods are dead. And all this stuff is happening. And then you see the ending of the crying snowman and why he's crying. It's like, this is actually really sweet and his, really his powerful. Son, his yeah, I, I was bullshitting. I thought it was really good throughout. So. Okay. Uh, I just like to make Brandon anxious. Yeah. Right. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, these are my two favorites. That uh, uh, Claus has done, Grant mm-hmm. Morrison and, and Dan Moore has done. Um, it is no surprise why the Crying Snowman is one of my favorites. It, it deals heavily with Norse mythology, um, and really just goes buck wild with the concept of Claus. Um, this is uh, the first time we also meet his like side Santas in a talking role. The, the Yule Lads. The <laughs> Yule Lads. We know the Yule Lads. We hear about. We hear Father Fro- Father Frog's oh, yeah. character mm-hmm. and the Yule Goat, yeah. um, who's a uh, a goat who can turn into like a were goat. Honestly, yeah. I thought that was going to be a version of Krampus. I thought or that the Krampus. I think it's supposed to be. Well, he 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 defeated Krampus in the first volume. Oh, that's true. It's been a while, dude. I'm sorry. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Father Frost is the communist Santa, and he's just and he just kind of shows up and and um. But the the idea of like the what he, he's a he's I thought he was Jack Frost. No, he's the communist Santa Claus. Yeah, no, hey, things change as they must after the revolution in Romania where I was Mio Grillo. As, a, as the communist Santa, I'm being forgotten, replaced by a more traditional Santa Claus. Until oh. then, I will go where I'm needed around the world. Okay, yeah. then. Uh, oh, man, my favorite page is just Lord, Ragnarok. <laughs> I, I, was, I read this on my 50-inch television, and that was a very pretty page. This is a gorgeous page. You can see all sorts of fun uh, fun North Mythology callbacks. So what's cool about this, it's... Um, it, it's it's Ragnarok and it's like Surtur and, and that, but like they're th- the barge of the dead, but they're Normangander. but like the implication is like they're not actually the bad guys. The the Norse gods were the bad guys and they killed and murdered them and they're just getting revenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome because Norse gods were coming. Maybe they were assholes. And right. initially the uh, initially they hear about Ragnarok and what like the last time they showed up they killed the Norse gods, mm-hmm. um, and that was Ragnarok. Um, and then uh, because of that encounter. Uh, these people, the the these um, 
the, uh, the these alien monsters are are se- are sending like tree tree monster tree men to like destroy the Mars uh the clock the lunar clock. There's a lot the of Mars colony a lot of like fake big like fantasy nouns and verbs and like all that. And all it's that stuff, it's yeah. so Grant Morrison because it it just he's he's leaning into this idea that I really love with they. The, these they sorry um they they are leaning into these really these really uh excellent ideas with claws um the idea that there's this large science fiction fantasy everything world that claws is just kind of a part of and 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 is the protector of so something i for i didn't realize because i forgot i i for some reason i thought this took place in like not in the real world uh-huh. because because the snowman's like let me explain something chris kangle how about you call 911 and tell him i've been in an accident i'm like Wait, is this like is this a meta joke? And then I realized like no, it's there, it takes place in the modern times. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Um I love I love uh obviously uh Claws of Slay. Um anytime it's just he takes like we're going to go to the moon of Titan. We're going to go to Titan. Well, that's like light years away. It's like an hour. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour by Slay. Um th- uh, just going to the ending of uh, uh Sam is really doubting himself and then Santa Claus is like I've been around a long time. Sam, I remember you. Once upon a time, mm-hmm. you were a nice kid, too. Oh, God, and yeah. he starts crying, ah, Claus! Brandon's flipping through the book right now, but I just saw the flying bagpipes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. flying bagpipes. Yo, saviors, the, the eagles from Lord of the Rings. Uh, they're, they're, they're the protectors of the, um, hold on, what's the clocks? What's the, what's the clock called? The cosmic clock? I'm trying to remember. It was, it's, oh, it's like the, gla- it's, it has something to do with the universe. Or, uh, the, the, uh, the Mars yeah, place. the cosmic clock. The it's cosmic a, clock. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Uh, there's some really terrific, like, gross monster work on like that Mars planet where they're like they're like scr- basically like giant scrap yes. monsters. Like yeah. Dan Mora's like creature design is always ex- exceptional. His tree monster was absolutely scary. Hell yeah, that looked like something I you fight in a video game. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to yeah, fight I, in a I, video I game. I love the. I, I really love the whole thing. I think the art's great. It's another great claw, claws adventure. Both of them. It's um, cool because like he's doing like the Hellboy thing where like he just this is like a one shot like every so often I'm like I, I I'd like more I'd like I would like more I would I would 100 percent like more we're um uh we're too late they're heading for Earth Father Frost is dead without belief to sustain him in battle he he as your Gander attacks you'll go too late so I, good I didn't believe in him yeah yeah so good um the and then just the idea of, like the snowman is like let's turn back the clock an hour. Yeah, let's just go back in time. We can right. do so that. We right? do some time travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I like how it ages. Claws. I love the shot of his like crew, because mm-hmm. like at this point we don't know who like the Gandalf dude is. We've never met him before, mm-hmm. uh, or the or the girl. We've mm-hmm. never met her before, but we've met these two. And I just love, I I love this book so much. Yeah, it's it's it's. I just go to Hellboy because that's my closest reference. It's like it it brings you into a world where everything is established. And like you just you you learn the bits of it day by day, yeah. um, and like it's fully realized. Um, yeah, it's, it's this first this first uh, one shot very fun. I love how Klaus is like, or Klaus Klaus. He's like, we're gonna change your minds, and they're like, there's no need for vengeance. Just take what you need, and with our blessing. Yeah, you want the sun? Go. Take it. Oh yeah, they, they just have a conversation. You like, just we don't want, have to you fight. just you want some of the energy that the sun gives just naturally gives off. Go for it. Go in peace. You have our blessing. Surda's design is excellent. See you in 1500 mm-hmm. years, dude. Yeah, I love Sarda and Jormungandr's design. They're all they're all well realized. Yeah. Jormungandr was scary, and I saw when I saw a big giant splash page. I saw Jormungandr and Thor fighting. I'm like, Bran's gonna hate that part. I I don't find Jormungandr too scary when he's drawn like a monster. Mm-hmm. It's when we see him as like a 
like a actual snake. But yeah, like I can watch the basilisk for a similar reason. Oh, okay. Um, and also I can't hear it, and most True. of my phobia comes from the hearing of oh, snakes. Okay. So it's not like Scarlett Johansson singing as Ka in the Jungle Book, right? Look, if I if, if I close my eyes, I can do that. There you go. Okay. Um, but that is still watching a photorealistic snake sing. Yeah. And I'm not okay with and that. Hi- and hypnotizing Mowgli, but you're right. Um, yeah. yeah, there's there's so many cool bits in this Ragnarok page. Look, when I first saw it, I was just blown away. Uh, Thor fighting Ormengander, the Barge of the Dead, uh, Fenrir versus Odin, and like it's Woden, Woden in this. Yes, mm-hmm. they call him Woden in this. Um, I. Hold on. Is it because Woden's a woman? No, that's a guy. He's got okay. a beard. Okay, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I don't know if there's too much I want to say more about this book. This is um, a really cool, action-packed book with always gorgeous with with some beautiful artwork. It's honestly one of these books where like this is one like you should definitely read for yourself because like we could say a bunch of cool fancy words but like really this is one you should really experience for yourself because like it's really it's definitely like it's a good imagination out the asshole mm-hmm. yeah and i really the at the end was like you're so sure you died we turned back time we turned back 24 hours i saved you sam and mm-hmm. like smash cut to him saving sam from the tree monster um i love that yeah, yeah. so much very nice um yeah Love this book. Um, Good emotional stuff. So then the second the second one shot is all done um, horizontal pages, large splash page pages. Um, one page uh, essentially is one day. So it's uh, kind of like an advent calendar. A little bit like way. an advent calendar. A reverse done. advent calendar. And it's all and it's completely silent. So so it's Dan Moore's art. Um, it's Dan Moore's imagination running wild. Um, it's I just also it's it's it's. 30 days of, of the 20, life. 25. 25. It's, it's 17 days of uh, Christmas with with Joe and Klaus. And Klaus Joe's say. wife. Oh, yes. And a cat with a one eye. That's oh, my favorite. That poor I, cat. I love it. There's a, there's that a whole cat page. was an adventurer. That cat had a life. That <laughs> cat did, but still a little sad when it's I like, saw it. It's like all setups for like, not all, but like some are setups for like, Comics. Oh, wait, I want to read that. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I love. How, I kind of like how it goes backwards. I do too. Because it tells a story. It's him yeah. being a happy uh, old man, seventy-one years. Old. It's like I, it doesn't just give the date; it gives his age, the year, and how old he was. Right. And it's I Benjamin really like that. Yeah. He gets his own sleigh. It looks like with like robot de- with robot reindeer. Um. The my my one of my favorite pages is the is this one. Um. Where it's him and his wife. On this cosmic bike, yep. riding through space. What is this? I want this. He's like sixty years old, and his wife is having the time of her life, and he's uh, just holding on for dear life. The ones that I took pictures of that I really liked were him helping the Beatles with a car. Mm-hmm. A car that was very I funny. Um, that. John Lennon's asking for an autograph. Yeah. Uh, uh, Klaus and Joe. Days, uh, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past absolutely is beautiful. Um, uh, Joe and Klaus. Santa Claus is watching you. Have who- forks in hand, ready to attack it like a giant Christmas meteor. No, uh, uh, fruit like it's a fruit it's cake. A fruit cake. Fruit cake. Right? I don't fruit eat cake fruit cake, so I don't know what that looks like. Um, who is Santa Claus? You can ask. Yeah, who's Santa like Claus? An evil, Santa evil Santa Claus. Claus. Okay, because that, that the names. the League of Super Pets, which is an inferior, inf- infinitely better looking one than the one. I one love how we got the one where it's like the um uh, March of the Toy Soldiers, mm-hmm. kind of like a Godzilla. Yep, on their wedding on day. On their wedding day. On their wedding day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, and Claus is like, oh, I'll save you. It's a very interesting approach to make a comic, yeah. Yeah. Telling it backwards, too. To, like, you realize, like, oh, they, the first day was him it feels, meeting it feels, uh, yeah. it, uh Some of this comic stuff, like, and it, I think it works very well for Claus. Uh, I'm not drawing too many connections here, but, like, 
uh, both this and the the other one. And I think in general the one shots they work in the way like Doctor Who, good Doctor Who singular stories do, yeah. where like you have a context of like a wider set of ideas about like what the universe has done, what the Doctor has done, what he's encountered, like you know these wars I fought and these kinds of things, and like it fleshes out the world. And then you have things like this where it's like the one shot with like the person who the Doctor got to know over their entire life, yes, because he can do that in a single episode, mm-hmm. and like this Claus can do the same. Yes, uh, very similar. Uh, you see, like I guess they were on TV. All the Santa Claus uh-huh. Legion, sure. just on TV with Joe Christmas. What year? What year is that? That uh, was 1951. Yep, sounds right. Um, there's the cat with the one eye who definitely had an adventure. Mm-hmm. They're dry- writing trees, writing Christmas trees through the sky. I mean, that's not the craziest thing. It looked just all the stuff like Sparks. You said it earlier. I want to read that story. I'm like, I can't tell you like how many stories I'm looking through. Like, I want to read that. Where is that that's, story? That's the idea. I bet they fight Nazis with a giant cat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, I lo- I really like this book. And then like, all the fantastical stuff kind of goes away to realize that this was the reason why is Joe Christmas is because he was found by Claus. Right. For a, some a baby was left on a, on a, on a, like a, on a steeple. A yeah. Step on on Christmas, Christmas day. On yeah. Christmas day. And I think that was a really beautiful moment to kind of, uh, reveal it on. On Christmas day, he was found by Claus and then he had a family, and I think the year with the Model T, I think this could be the year his family passed away in a car accident, maybe? Maybe. Oh, Cause, maybe. Because yeah. that's, that's why I interpreted it. Because, I mean, the page next is him with his family. I mean, they don't have much, but they are able to give him this toy action figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, that's it, a good point. And then, of course, it's him meeting Klaus, and Klaus taking him on his wing and becoming essentially a mentor. Robin. Like Robin to his Batman. Yeah. And just having years worth of adventures until he's finally done adventuring, but he's... Being a mall Santa. <laughs> I want to see like the Joe Christmas era when he goes from being Bucky to the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, there is definitely like a Bucky outfit he's wearing. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Especially when he's fighting the Nazis. Mm-hmm. I I really love Claus. Um, I love these these two one shots are my favorite by far. Um, I love that. I love the entire series. The, um, go ahead. The thing I also love about Claus is how it just. Grant Morrison, they have such a talent of taking a beloved character, a beloved figure, a beloved person that we've known our whole lives and just changing them in a way that doesn't stray far from the path personality-wise, but makes it so fantastical that you would... Like, if you were to put a traditional Santa Claus next to this class and you say, hey, they're supposed to be one and the same, you would go, oh, hell no. This guy's got a giant sword. The sleigh is rain... The, the reindeers are He's wolves. The inspiration. Everything is just badass and I love that sleigh design but though. everything about like Klaus like it like when he's talking to Sam in the Crying Snow is like gift giving and giving gifts and helping people is good it makes you feel good yeah why would I why should I do that because it's nice it's nice because that's the it's nice it's the right thing to do <laughs> and also I, I know who's naughty I know who's nice and the whole time he's talking and like when he's telling Klaus is like look I cheated on my wife I I skipped out time on my son and I was a bad person. I don't deserve it. He's like, dude, you were a nice kid and nice people make mistakes and yeah. I'm giving you another chance. And what I like about that is that he, he was like, you know what, your kid only your kid only asked for Christmas that he well, wants. Well, th- he says your son is a is a nice kid and your son deserves that second chance. Yeah. yeah. So all he asks for don't. Christmas is you. Yeah. Yeah. And so like he by by giving him a second chance, he also uh, gave his son his Christmas wish. Right. And I thought right. that was gorgeous. Two for one, baby. It was, yeah. Klaus, every time you, Brandon, every time you pick Klaus to read the books for the book club, I'm like, yay. All right, Grant Morrison, get on the next one so I can do it again. Please. Um, hopefully someday th- they do return uh, to Klaus. Um, next Christmas. I would, I would, Really like to see it. I also understand, like you know, if you don't have an idea, don't don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just don't just do it just to do it. Um. But I 
do really love it and it does feel like there's ample imagination to do anything yeah so okay, I, I to, hope that they do return to, to, to bring the world. Hellboy again. It's like that's a comic that's been going on for twenty years. So like I def- absolutely see Klaus being a comic that Grant just comes back to every every year, every couple of years, just like I got an idea, poop, here it goes, boop, boop. It doesn't have yeah. to be a long thing, it could be a one shot. Yeah. I would one hundred percent read an ongoing. But I on I do get the appeal of just doing these kind of ones. Especially because like how much like thought and like especially Dan Moore's art, that's not a dude who you can be rushed. Like he needs like extra time to make these pages as beautiful as they are because they yeah. sing. Um, yeah, like this is a book where like as much as I would love to read it every month, like the quality level is too high. Yeah, you just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd have to do it kind of like how they do once in future, which is they give Dan Moore like a month or two break. Yeah. Um, which hey, I Grant Morrison, whatever you want to do to return to Klaus, if you want to do it, I'm always gonna he, be there. For not it. this year, guaranteed. It's probably a one shot next year. Hope so. I feel in my bones. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was really surprised because normally it, the trajectory has been, since they started doing the one shots, has been one shot, one shot, hardcover, one shot, one shot, hardcover. Yeah, yeah. And then this year was the first year, nothing. Yeah, pandemic. So it could be pandemic. could just be no ideas. You don't know. True. Mm-hmm. Um, Grayson has something in the chat. Uh, if that's the message this conveys, that's so great. 100% enjoying giving more than receiving presents. Thank you for sharing this book. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah Grayson, you should totally check it out. It's very much worth the read. I am not a Christmas person whatsoever, and I think this book is great. Yeah. Um, should we get out of here then? Let's get on out of here. Uh, go, Web, go. Time Fly. to go. So, of course, Shit. next week it is Sparks's book club. Do you know what it's going to be, Sparks, or do you want to wait? Uh, no, I don't know yet. Okay, uh, so we will we will wait to reveal that at a later date. Um, as I mentioned before, we are going to be doing the two Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, so watch those. Stay tuned for that. Um, cool. All right. So till then, make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to this channel and check out some of our other shows. We have conversation, which hopefully I'm going to start working on soon. Um, we have. You said January. I did say January, and I'm reaching out to some people to to make that work. There you go. Um, and you can check out our other shows on this channel, such as Fake Nerds Watch. Um, there's currently two Fake Nerds Watch going. We have recorded Hawkeye. So Hawkeye will be coming soon. And Star Trek Discovery is going concurrently with Downright Annoids, uh, Downright Nerdies, Michael Carls. Um, of course, Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu. New episodes are here coming soon. Yay. So stay tuned. Fake Nerd Book Club and Animation Station. Maybe a little bit later till those, those shows come back, but we'll see um, when they do. And of course, Crafted by Z has some masks still going on. You know, there's still a pandemic going on. I hear it's almost over. <laughs> if you want to buy, buy some masks, they're still there. I'm not going to take them off, off offline. Um, so the link is going to be there. You know where to find it. You can check out our Patreon. You can check out our Public to support us financially, get some merch. Um, end of the year is coming. Maybe you want some gifts. Maybe someone wants a fake nerd podcast shirt as a gift. You never know. I mean, uh, that's true. You'd never know. You'd never know. Um, and of course you can check out all of these links uh, in the description below as well as our website at www.fakenerdpodcast excuse me com and thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who watches thank you, thank you to all the people who chimed into the chat who watched the, the live stream who watches the rewind when this comes out uh, tomorrow uh, thank you to everyone who listens to the audio thank you to Jeremy Vellucci who does our music Woo. Um, you can find him at Jeremy Volucci Keyboards and of course his podcast Suburban Proctologist on Facebook at Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Suburban Podcast of course you can subscribe to it on iTunes and other uh, audio things uh, you can find Mike Matola who does our logos and has collaborated with us many times uh, you can find him on TikTok and Instagram at Mike Matola 
You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FickNerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me still posting pictures of my cat at BenMacca27 on Instagram and Twitter, and also writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. Like we said earlier, the newest article about buying video games, retro video games specifically, post-pandemic, is up right now, so go ahead, check it out. Ryan. You can find me giving you that rant when you fix this goddamn door at DJ Tony Snark. And Sparks. Uh, you can find me at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Uh, and Ryan, DJ Tony Snark on Instagram. Listen, yes. Listen, okay. if you type it in, mine's the only one that's going to pop up. So okay. don't worry about it. I'm not going to fix it. Uh, so also, I'm, I'm more engaged on Twitter with nerdy stuff anyway, so just follow me on Twitter. If, uh, who cares about Instagram? <laughs> um... Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to us. Like this video, subscribe to our channel. And until next time you see us, finish it! Finish it!